Very good. Um, Maria, I think we have everybody, uh, including Brendan and Sergio. So do we want to proceed with uh, uh, to start at 630? Are we all set? Recording in progress. Let me let the public in and I hand it over to you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Okay, the public is in. Uh, thank you, Maria. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the January 25th, uh, 2023 Planning Commission meeting. Uh, with that, can uh, Brandon, can you do call to order? Chair Luxembourg, certainly. Thank you. And uh, just some opening remarks before we begin. Good evening, Planning Commissioners and members of the public. This regular meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953, subsection E. And in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Planning Commission on January 25, 2023 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. With that, I will move to call roll. Commissioner Saad. Here. Commissioner Graff. Here. Commissioner uh, Feller. Here. Vice Chair Junius. Present. And Chair Luxembourg. Here. All commissioners are present. Uh, thank you. Uh, next item is approval of the agenda. I'll make a motion to approve. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay. Uh, can we call roll? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Feller? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Uh, thank you. Uh, we might move on to public comments uh, on items not on the agenda. Uh, Director Phipps, can you give uh, instructions to the public, please? Yes, thank you, Chair. This is the time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda. Except in very limited situations, state law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject to be agendized at a future meeting. Video or public comment participation is limited to two minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a frown, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. And uh, just for the record, if we could reduce the timer from three minutes to two minutes, um, that would be appreciated. Worst case scenario, we can um, we can stop members of the public at one minute. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you for that, Maria. Uh, I'm not seeing any uh, members. Are you seeing anybody? Uh, Sorry, I, I, we don't see the hand here on uh, on, on our side, but is the, the question also regarding the tree on Buchanan, or this is a separate, you're taking separate comments on that uh, tree? Uh, Antonella, we're taking comments uh, for items not on the agenda. Okay. That item is on the agenda, okay. so right. you'll have Thank an you. opportunity to speak at that time. Thank you very much. Seeing none, Chair Okay, thank you. Let's uh, move on to item four. Uh, the Planning Commission minutes. 
I believe that those are going to be available for the our next meeting. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Um, based on lack of staff availability of the particular staffer who generally puts together these minutes, uh, we do not have them before you this evening, but uh, the minutes from the previous meeting, in addition to the minutes from this meeting, will provided will be provided at the following meeting um, for you to vote on. Uh, yeah, so if I could request that that be at the next regular meeting of the uh, Planning Commission and not the joint meeting that will occur on Monday. Certainly. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Okay, uh, we're, we're now going to move on to new business. Uh, before we start any business this evening, uh, I would like to have planning commissioners note any ex parte communications for any item on the agenda this evening. Uh, I'll go to Commissioner Fellow. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, I just want to report that I did drive by uh, several of the properties, including Buchanan Avenue, uh, the Sausalito Boulevard, and also Santa Rosa, although I did not speak to anybody and I did not see any of the owners. It was just my own, um, doing my own homework. I would also like to declare that regarding item 5C this evening, I am within, I'm not within 500 feet of any uh, of the subject properties, but I am within a thousand feet of sites uh, two, uh, 202 to 206, also known as 125 Bulkley, and also within sites 207 to uh, 210, which are 911 to 917 Bridgeway, 931 to 933 Bridgeway, and uh, 927 Bridgeway. I am also within a thousand feet of item 6C, 145 Santa Rosa Avenue. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh, Commissioner Sy. Thank you, Chair um, Luxembourg. I did the same um, separately as Christina, but the same practice. I went by myself. Um, I did not speak with the property owners, but I visited um, Buchanan, um, Saucedo Boulevard, Santa Rosa, and had one more look down at um, Gate 5. I did not engage in any correspondence. I also am within, regarding um, item 5C, I am within 500 feet of site 52, and I am also within 1,000 feet of site 47, which is 300 locust. And um, that is all I have to declare at this moment. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Um, <clears throat> no ex parte communications. Um, I am within 500 feet of Site 52, City Hall, and Site 47 on Bridgeway nearby. So those two items, I will recuse myself uh, during discussion of those. Um, other than that, nothing else to declare. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Graff. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. No ex parte communications, and thankfully I'm not uh, within the 1,000-foot radius of any of these properties. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, I myself uh, uh, looked at 145 Santa Rosa Boulevard and the property owner, Peter Johnson, allowed me access to his backyard, but I had no ex parte communications. Uh, I did go to look at um, the 118-120 Buchanan, and I was given access from uh, the property owner, Antonella, at 127, 
uh, tamales, uh, but I didn't have any ex parte communications. And uh, I also uh, looked at the uh, other side on the agenda. I'm sorry, let me just uh, scroll down. Uh, the uh, one, uh, 215 Sausalito Boulevard, uh, I went by, but there obviously is a vacant lot, so did not talk to anybody, so there were no ex parte communications there. And I also went by again, 265 Gate 5 Road and had no ex parte communications. I just looked at the site. Uh, and I'm I'm not within a thousand feet of any of the opportunity sites on the agenda this evening. Uh, with that, that concludes the ex parte discussion. Uh, we're going to move on to 5A Zoom meetings. Uh, I put this on the agenda. This came out at the end of our last meeting. Uh, the plan has been and continues to be as long as we're legally allowed to provide Zoom meetings. Uh, we are, uh, we have been doing them. We're subject to uh, both a state emergency action and the city council to be able to hold Zoom meetings. I think in our case, given materials, uh, doing a hybrid meeting of some in city hall and some on Zoom makes it hard to see some of the materials. So my recommendation would be to continue Zoom meetings till we can't uh, and then go in person when we're required to, but not to attempt to do hybrid meetings. Uh, but I'd like to survey uh, commissioners on their preference as well. But my permission, uh, we're going to get to a discussion of permanent meetings in a minute. But uh, before we do that, uh, your preferences on uh, given three choices, either Zoom meetings, hybrid meetings, or in-person meetings, while we're allowed to do uh, virtual meetings, what, what is your preference? So I'll, I'll start with Commissioner Saad. At this point, I would prefer to stick with a Zoom meeting and agree that a hybrid meeting um, would be a bit distracting. Um, so I would prefer to stick with a Zoom meeting until further notice. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Commissioner Feller. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I would prefer Zoom meetings at this time. I believe the hybrid format is, is a little bit disruptive and it's very difficult um, particularly during public comment to either see exhibits or understand um, folks in uh, in the city hall uh, hearing room. So I think we need to stick with Zoom for now. Thank you very much. Uh, Commissioner Graff. <clears throat> I concur. Um, uh, I, I think we should stick with the Zoom meetings until we can all meet in person. And then I think we should do that. So Thank yeah, you. stay with Thank the Zoom. Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Commissioner Genius. I concur. Let's stick with the Zoom meetings until we uh, should be all meeting in person. Okay, thank you. Uh, with that consensus, uh, we'll continue to do that. I do need to make everybody aware of the following. Uh, the Zoom meetings are a result of AB 360, which was adopted in 2021 under an emergency order, uh, um, both from the legislature and an emergency order by Governor Newsom due to the COVID outbreak which allowed virtual meetings so as not to spread the disease. That order uh, is slated to end at the end of February 2023, although that could change depending on the conditions at the end of February. However, in anticipation of that, the California legislature adopted AB 2449, which took effect on January 1st, 2023, so just a few weeks ago. 
Beginning with January uh, 1st, 2023, AB 2449 allows individual board members to participate in meetings remotely uh, only during quote-unquote emergency circumstances, such as a physical or family emergency or for just cause, including child care, caregiver needs, contagious illness, a disability, or travel on an official agency business. This is an additional way, in addition to the teleconference rules that were in effect under government code section 54953. And those exist as well, uh, but if you work remotely, you have to post uh, and it has to post that at your remote location, allow the public to access your uh, remote uh, location. The intent of this new law is to make that those things a little bit simpler. However, it has a number of new rules and I'll quickly run through them and you all can uh, at your leisure look up 2449. Uh, you have to have at least a quorum of the board to participate in the meeting in a single physical location. In our case, that would be City Hall. The agenda must have an option for members of the public to participate in the meeting remotely by phone or internet in addition to public participation at City Hall. So the public will still be able to uh, go through Zoom, uh, but members will have to will have to have at least three members there. Uh, commission members using AB 2449 must notify the city at the earliest opportunity, uh, even, at, uh, even at the start of the meeting as possible. A separate request and disclosure is required for each meeting. The disclosure must include a general description of the need to participate remotely, provided they don't need to disclose any medical diagnosis or disability or personal medical information. At the meeting before any action is taken, the board member must publicly disclose whether there are any adults present in the room with the board member uh, and the general nature of that person's relationship uh, to the board member. Uh, the board member must participate remotely by audio and video if you're using AB 2449. Uh, a board member may only participate remotely for just cause for two members two meetings per calendar year, so a maximum of two meetings. In addition, you can't participate under that statute for more than three consecutive months. Um, and if the broadcast for the for, of the meeting is interrupted uh, for any reason, and so call-in uh, or internet options are not available, the, we cannot take any further action. So those are the new rules. Once we're meeting in person, again, we're still under the Zoom meeting, uh, um, but I wanted you all to be aware of this new law, uh, just because it's uh, will it will affect the next item on the agenda. So as you look at uh, the proposed meeting calendar, realize that if you have to do a meeting remotely, it's a maximum of two for just cause, and you can combine that with the emergency thing. But but I mean, just practically speaking, just keep that in mind. Uh, with that, I don't think we need a vote. We're, we're, in, we're doing Zoom meetings. We'll continue to do that. Uh, so I don't think we need to have a vote to do that. Uh, let me just add, ask a question, Sergio. Uh, one, I don't think we need a vote because that's where we're at and we're not changing anything. And number two, I should take public comments on this item. Is that correct? Yes, you should take public comment. And no, I don't believe you need a vote to continue Zoom meetings. 
Thank you very much. Uh, with that, uh, I would like to open it up for public comment. If you can raise, raise your hand in the Zoom application. Uh, I'll scan through this. I'm seeing one hand. Uh, uh, Sandra Bush, uh, Sandra Bushmaker, uh, the, the floor is yours for up to uh, three minutes. Thank you. Well, I'm not going to take all that time. Good evening, commissioners. I'm relieved to find out that you're going to still have Zoom meetings for the public, uh, even after the end of February. So I'm very relieved because that gives the, the public an opportunity to participate more easily than than before when it was re all required to be in person. So I'd really uh, encourage that. I'm glad to hear it. And uh, and I thank you for allowing that to proceed. Thank you. Um, thank you for, for your comments this evening. Uh, with that, uh, we will move on to item uh, 5B, the proposed uh, meeting calendar for 2023. I will turn it over to uh, uh, Director Phipps to share his screen and show that schedule. Thank you, Chair. Give me one moment to share a screen. And here we are. This is the proposed Planning Commission meeting schedule um, as recommended by staff. I'm not sure, Chair Luxburg, if there was any particular method with which you wanted to review this. Um, you know, the, the largest summary that we can get is, uh, is this sheet here. Uh, that that would be great. I want to flag for the commissioners that normally we were meeting first and third uh, Wednesdays of the month, but the city councils decided to meet first and third Tuesdays of the month, depending on the month. So we've uh, the the general rule was we're not going to meet in the same week as they are, unless uh, for another, you know this week we are. But as if we can avoid it, we're trying to avoid that. So the calendar has been set up to do that. Uh, and the other highlight was uh, one meeting in December, no meetings in August. That's the same as 2022. Uh, and then certain months, the, the first Tuesday and the first Wednesday are in different weeks. So we had to adjust to that. So uh, if anybody wants to go back to any particular dates or any, uh, we also have, we're suggesting uh, three meetings in March because uh, we were doing them every two weeks. So uh, we could take out the March 29th if people felt that was too much for March. Uh, but with that, I will open it up for any questions of any commissioner. Uh, actually, just a show of hands rather than going around on this. You guys said you didn't know. So I, I have my hand up here, Chair Luxembourg. Okay, thank, uh, thank you. I didn't see that. Uh, commissioner Fellow. Um, I'm, I, I would be ready to make a motion to approve the schedule. I just want to make a quick comment and something for consideration of my fellow commissioners, but also the staff. And that is uh, even on the heels of uh, submitting the housing element to, to the state, there's a lot of additional work coming up for the Planning Commission City Council this calendar year. And so we should look and try to reserve uh, some joint hearings and meetings and uh, special meetings with them to discuss issues regarding ordinances and because that's going to be a very heavy lift and we should try to reserve that time early rather than last minute. Otherwise, I'm ready to make a motion to approve. 
Commissioner Fellow, that, yeah, that comment is well appreciated uh, and we should uh, allow for as we're doing next week, but we will need we will need some other meetings as well. You are correct. So that's that's a good comment. I will entertain a motion. That would be helpful. And Chair, if I may interject here. Yeah. Um, so as, as I understand it, one of the uh, precipitating factors in the Planning Commission changing the schedule was the City Council changing the schedule the first and third Tuesday of uh, uh, as its regular meeting time. Unfortunately, I have a conflict with that meeting schedule, so I will be requesting that the City Council change those times. Um, so, you know, as a practical matter, that will be something that will probably be coming before the Council uh, sometime in the next week um, or two. So, um, to the extent that the Commission wants to adopt a schedule now, I just wanted to let you folks know that you may need to revise it at a future future date. Uh, thank you, Sergio. Uh, I guess uh, uh, until, we, until they do change it, we, we're sort of at their, their mercy, so to speak. So I, I would suggest we adopt the schedule and then if we need to, we'll agendize and, and adjust accordingly as as we've had to for this month anyway. So um, uh, let's see how it goes. <laughs> um, so I, I'm happy to make a motion to approve the calendar as published here. Um, of course, taking into account this might change due to what Sergio has just mentioned, but I, I think we should go ahead and approve this tonight. Uh, thank you, Chair Fowler. Is there a second? Second. Uh, have Maria? Maria? Maria, we can hear you. Second. Uh, wait, who seconded? I, I seconded originally, if you guys heard me after okay. Commissioner Feller. Uh, all right, I didn't hear you, but I, I now hear you. So let's go back to yours since it was first. Uh, can you take a roll call, uh, uh, Director Phipps? Certainly, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Feller? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Next item on the agenda is review of the housing element uh, recommendation on element and the CEQA exemption. For this, I, I'm going to outline what the process is going to be this evening uh, so that the public's aware and the commissioners are aware. We're going to get a, a, a report from both uh, Beth Thompson from DeNovo as our consultant on the housing element and our own working group of Commissioner Feller and Commissioner Saad. Uh, and then after that, we're going to get a motion to put a recommendation. Uh, tonight, we are giving a recommendation to the city council, and then we all are meeting jointly with them on Monday. So everyone needs to understand that that's, that's the process. Uh, we will entertain a motion after that presentation to get it on the floor. And then uh, we will look for any suggestions or amendments from other commissioners. If needed, if we start to talk about specific sites, we will need to segment the motion and individually discuss sites. Uh, if we are, if we have discussion on sites, if that's needed, uh, we will then, uh, once it, it's clear, I will open it for public comment, and we will allow people to comment for up to two minutes. I will encourage speakers that if uh, something has already been said, 
you feel free to just say I concur with what so and so said, or I concur with what the planning commission has recommended, rather than fully reiterating it, depending on how many speakers we're going to have this evening. But everybody will get a full chance to to be heard, and also we've received a number of written comments, and those are all being posted to the public record. So those are out there as well. Uh, and you can refer to the fact that you've sent that previously. I will then close public comment. Based on the comment, we'll entertain additional amendments or discussion from the commission. Uh, and if it relates to specific sites, we may have to segment that, but hopefully we've accomplished that before that point in time. And then we will vote on our recommendation to the city council. And then on Monday, we will uh, have a joint meeting with the city council uh, regarding adoption of the housing element. Uh, so with that, uh, uh, I don't know if uh, uh, Director Phipps, you have any further comments or should I just turn it over to uh, Ms. Thompson and our working group? Uh, Chair Luxembourg, that was wonderful. Um, I, I think that, yeah, I, that's all that we need to do. Um, Beth, I will let you take it away. Or, or excuse me, actually, Commissioner Feller and Commissioner Saab, um, I'll let you take it away. Great. Thank, thank you, Director Phipps. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, we have about 20 uh, slides or so to go over this evening, so we're going to walk everybody through uh, where we are, uh, how we started, how we got to where we are. So um, Beth has been kind enough to share her screen here, so I'll ask her to move on to the first slide. Um, and level set everybody in terms of the purpose of this agenda item. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to read some of this into the record. Um, the purpose of this is to is um, for the Planning Commission um, to endorse a comprehensive housing element plan that refines the draft October 27, 2022 uh, document that was issued to HCD, uh, which is the state housing that is responsive to uh, the preliminary state feedback, which we received orally only. Uh, and there are a couple slides on that later on, so we'll get to that. We want it to be reflective of the Sausalito General Plan, the state legislation and mandates, public comment consideration, and industry best practice considerations of urban planning, master planning principles for the built environment, for the city council to approve and adopt to issue to the state HCD no later than the statutory state HCD deadline. I just want to add in here that Sausalito has not formally received written comment from the state as of this evening. So we are anticipating additional comment from the state. But tonight, again, back to the purpose, we'll receive uh, public input and comment to provide revisions to staff and to the consultant to draft an adoption draft housing element that would be considered for recommendation to the city council by the planning committed commission at a notice public hearing on january 30th uh 2023 so that's monday this coming monday uh and our hearing starts at, at 3 p.m and it has been uh formally noticed so if we can move on to to the next slide beth I uh, want to just give a little bit of background so everybody understands sort of how we got to where we are. Uh, back in February, March 2021 um, is when the housing element working group was actually established and that was comprised of two city council members and two planning commissioners. And those four individuals, I, I was one of them, uh, I still am one of them. 
um, the city council and the planning commission are the two bodies that have to weigh in and uh, formally approved and also city council to ratify <clears throat> send to the state. So that is the reason that there are two city council members and two planning commissioners. Um, at that time, we started uh, to uh, develop an RFP for procurement to find a consultant and we have de novo consultants with us um, tonight and throughout this whole process, we, we have had them. Uh, so that was one of the reasons that this working group was put together. We scoped that. In addition to that, we also um, queried the public and asked members of the public to volunteer um, and uh, to become a, a member of what ultimately became the Housing Element Advisory Committee or HEAC as we call it. Uh, there are um, 10 members uh, with an alternate um, uh, that uh, developed the draft plan uh, that was issued in October. Um, we had a number of different meetings. I have them all listed here, including three town halls and 10 different uh, HEAC meetings. These were all Brown Act publicly noticed meetings uh, and we received an enormous amount of public input and public comment and participation. Um, and I'm, I was, we went back through, the working group went back through a lot of those comments um, and Commissioner Saad and I, I think we counted over 850 written comments that doesn't even include the oral comments. So I, I think that's an incredible amount of public participation and more to come. Um, there are some additional noticed housing element meetings, which includes the meeting that we're in this evening, a regular planning commission meeting, and also at the special joint session uh, scheduled for Monday the 30th that I mentioned. I will also mention that the state changed some of their deadlines midstream uh, as we were developing uh, this housing element. And due to that fact, um, it was the recommendation of the CDD director, uh, the consultant, uh, myself as chair, uh, Commissioner Saad, and one of the city council members to actually engage the working group again to work in parallel and in more invasively with the consultant to develop the final opportunity sites. Um, that was a schedule recovery and acceleration strategy that we felt was reasonable since the working group was still technically in existence as well as the HEAC. Uh, that did not get passed through city council, unfortunately, but uh, the two city council members assigned uh, did spend more time working uh, with the consultant to develop the ultimate opportunity list and, and help develop the draft. Uh, so that's just a little bit of background to give you some color how we got here today. Uh, so let's move on, uh, Beth, if we could to, to the next slide here. Uh, we talked a little bit about the public input and I want to um, just again reiterate that we got a lot of written comment. We got a lot of comment and responses uh, from surveys and mailers. Uh, there was oral comment at notice meetings in addition to the town halls. Uh, and if those of you who were part of the town halls, there was a lot of interactive questionnaires within those town halls. And there was also outreach workshops um, to uh, 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 focus groups here in Sausalito. 
employers, uh, property owners, et cetera. Uh, we developed a virtual binder uh, that is still in existence on the city website and uh, continue to populate that and are continuing to populate that as we move forward. It's important that there's so much information and so much legislation, it gets confusing very easily. And it's really important that we're all looking at the same information so we all have the same baseline. So let's keep going, uh, Beth. Okay. There are a lot of different elements that are part of uh, the housing element. Programs um, are part of them. There are 31 of them. Um, we're going to go. We're going to go through them very quickly here. We're going to um, really report by exception only. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, we've got opportunity sites. Uh, we have to look at uh, units per acre and a number of other things. So we're going to go through each one one of these. So the first seven programs here, as you can see, there's really no further comment on most of them. And just some small comments here, which I'm not going to read out or anything like that. Um, but these are the comments that Commissioner Saad and I are recommending that we amend in uh, the draft October document. Let's move on to the next, next grouping graph. Um, uh, I just wanted to point out in particular program nine, because there was a lot of discussion in our general plan as we were updating the general plan about water-based housing and also, you know, how to outreach and work more with BCDC, who ultimately um, is the authority over um, water-based water development. Um, so I just think that it's important to be clear with that because we did identify water-based housing as, uh, um, as an option in our public policy document. Uh, as you can read the rest of these, um, we're just including additional uh, groups within the city that need to be take pr uh, primary responsibility for some of these programs, mainly because they deal with um, funds and how to assist with housing and, and so on and so forth. Um, so let's keep going, uh, Beth, through the rest of these. As you can see, include finance department, it's it's. Uh, and then uh, program 17, we're looking at sort of the density uh, in terms of affordable. Um, let's keep going on here. Okay. Um, additional uh, comments about uh, how to handle the displacement protection um, and how, to, how we should be partnering with South Sleeta Village and so on on senior housing. Um, the, uh, there have been comments on looking at program 26 about universal design and accessibility. Um, I want to clarify and be clear that, uh, California building code, the CBC, uh, and the Salcedo municipal code, the SMC, um, are both pretty clear on that. And, um, the California building code, uh, really is the authority over accessibility throughout the state and, and we follow that as well. And then pretty much uh, no, no, no further comment for the most part in, in terms of the programs. Um, I think next we will go uh, into the sites. Um, I think I'm going to hand that over to you, Beth. Um, the one thing I just want to mention is that we also referenced what's uh, called Appendix C, which is a site suitability criteria. And Beth can expand on this a little bit more, but it's a point and rating system on, on the uh, criteria and desirability of sites 
Uh, and so I'll hand that over to you, Beth. All right, thank you, Commissioner Feller. So in looking at how the housing element accommodates the regional housing need allocation or RENA, we have identified several modifications to the housing element to continue to accommodate the RENA, but to refine the approach to calculating the units per site and then to modify some of the sites included in the RENA. And I won't go through all the details, but uh, 160 units total would be added by the sites recommended to be added. And then there's some sites identified for removal or modification, and those would reduce the potential units by about 210. And these unit counts are based on the realistic capacity, which is the reduced unit count that's calculated based on some reductions. It's not the total units allowed under zoning, and it definitely isn't the units that would be accommodated with a density bonus. So in going through the approach to modifying the opportunity site overlays, as you'll recall, there are three types of opportunity site overlays. There's the opportunity site multifamily 49, and that overlay would allow densities of up to 49 units per acre. And we would establish a minimum density of 43 units per acre. So sites um, that have this opportunity site overlay would have to develop with a minimum of 43 units per acre. This allows the city to get more credit, more units per site than would otherwise be counted under the realistic capacity assumption, which would only be 39 units per acre. So this helps the city get some more credit per site. Similarly, the opportunity site mixed use overlay, which is also the 49 unit per acre overlay, would establish a minimum density of 43 units per acre. And when we also make an assumption that there would be 85% of the site used for residential uses, that would allow us to use a minimum density of 36.5 units per acre in the calculations, as opposed to the 24.5 units per acre used for the realistic capacity assumptions. So by establishing these baseline requirements, the city will ensure that the sites are developed to a higher use, and then also that the city's getting more credit per site in the inventory, and it reduces the total number of sites that the city needs to identify. And then we've also made some adjustments to the income assumptions, and particularly for privately owned sites, we've increased the number of the assumed above moderate income units. As you may recall, when the inventory was initially prepared, there was a shortage of above moderate income units, and we had anticipated that as, as we received HCD comments and that sites were adjusted, some of the sites would convert to above moderate or we would have to make higher above moderate assumptions. So we've, in advance of getting the HCD comments, we have adjusted the above moderate unit counts for some sites. So now I'll go through the sites site by site with the recommendations for removal and modification. And there are some um, commissioners with, with potential conflicts. And I don't know if at this point in the presentation you want to recuse yourself or if you want to wait until there's discussion. So I'll pause for a moment. Beth, if you can just continue with the Go whole through all of that. Okay. So site 52, which is the city hall site located at 420 Letho is recommended for removal. And this would reduce the city's um, potential units by 37 units. And basically the justification for this is that the city hall site is needed to support, you know, to provide city services to the city's residents and the existing population and units that would result from the arena. So rather than developing the city hall site, maintain that as a governmental site to continue to provide services to the community. And it was also noted that there was a, an error in what was submitted to the state and that the city council had voted to only look at the parking lot. And regarding that, I will note that the 37 units could be placed just on the parking lot, but the housing element did not clarify that. 
Next, there's site 47, which is located at 300 Locust Street. And this site is below the minimum acreage required to be a lower income site. So we're just recommending that the unit count be adjusted to moderate and above moderate income units. So there's no change to the net development potential on this site. And it's just adjusting how the units are counted in terms of income levels. There's some new sites that are identified to, to be added. So sites 207 through 210 are located at 911 to 917 Bridgeway, 931 to 933 Bridgeway, 925 Bridgeway, and 927 Bridgeway. And 925 Bridgeway is already in the inventory. So this grouping of sites would be added to accommodate some additional growth. This would accommodate about 14 additional units, six um, moderate and eight above moderate. And the owner is interested, the owner of three of the parcels, three of the parcels are contiguous or close to one another. And the owner of those three parcels has expressed interest in development. There's one additional parcel kind of right in there. And so that's also been included just to provide more potential for development as a block of parcels. A site 202 through 206 is the Altamira site. And this is currently um, the Altamira facility. And this includes the this site is an unusual site and that it looks like a single parcel, but it's actually six separate parcels. And so this would take five of the parcels. So the hotel site would not be included, but it would take the three parking parcels and two of the other parcels on the lot and designate those as opportunity sites. And the owner has expressed interest in developing five of the six parcels. The site is currently leased and there's an option this year coming up to extend the lease for another five years but it's anticipated by the owner that the site would be available during the planning period and that they are interested in developing the site. So this would give the site an additional 64 units with 27 very low, eight low, six moderate, and 23 above moderate income units. There are also some additional sites that are being recommended for inclusion. Site 211 is located at 2660 Bridgeway. And this site is immediately adjacent to the Avatar site that's also been discussed. This would add about nine, the capacity for about nine units. Site 201, the Real Napa parking lot, has also been identified to be added and the owner is interested in development. And this site would have capacity for about 20 units and it's not anticipated that it would replace the real Napa use, but that the parking lot would accommodate some residential uses. And then there's a lot on, it's actually not an existing lot, but there's Caltrans right of way along ebb tide that is part of, it appears to be the old right of way for the highway when it actually went through town. And so it's owned by Caltrans, but it's no longer um, being used as part of the right of way. So working with the state to have that declared surplus property, and that would yield about 25 units. And that's designated already in the inventory as a backup site. So it would just be converted to being an, an active opportunity site. Uh, the site at 330 Ebb Tide, which is a also an existing backup site that has about two units on it, converting that also to an opportunity site so that it's an active site and that would accommodate about 29 units. There's also a vacant lot along a Sausalito Boulevard just north of Sunshine. And so that site was identified as an inventory site and converting that since it's a vacant lot to an opportunity site would also yield an additional unit in capacity. Then going through some of the sites recommended for removal or modification. Uh, site 14 is located at 300 Spencer. That's the, um, fire, the second, the uh, old fire station site in the city. 
And that's recommended for removal due to the uh, disproportionate fire risk and some deed restrictions and concerns with the actual availability of the site to be developed, circulation concerns and evacuation concerns. So that's been identified for removal. Site 100 located at 66 Marion is also identified for removal from the inventory. And it would be noted that the site does have the potential to develop under the existing zoning as an underutilized site. So that the ability to develop under the current zoning wouldn't be removed. It would just no longer be identified as an opportunity site and wouldn't be counted toward the inventory. Site 84, located at 100 Eptide, um, the MLK site, is also identified for some modification. And this site would have an increase in a total of 12 additional units. So to accommodate some of the shifts for the other sites, this site would increase by 12 units. And there were also... When we had looked at this site, there were three different sub areas identified within the site. And so it's recommended only that the sub area one within the site be developed. And that would be the site with the tennis courts and adjacent uses so that that only that portion would be considered for development. Um, and there's some adjustments to increase the very low and low income units, decrease the moderate and increase the above moderate income units on that site. And then site 67 and 68, which are adjacent to one another, and they're both located in the Marin ship, are identified for removal. Site 67 is a vacant site. It would accommodate about 47 units, and it has the existing office designations. And the reason reasoning for removing this would to be to maintain the site for the city's maritime activities to provide more economic development, economic growth for the community, and then also to recognize that the site is designated for industrial uses. And so it's less, um, less appropriate for the city to consider residential development on this. And similarly, Site 68, also located in the Marin ship, it's the site that's developed with the two existing office buildings, also designated industrial and recommended for removal, similar to Site 67. That would remove or reduce the inventory by about 106 units. And so with um, that, let's see, I'll, I'll also go through the city has recently reviewed its approved projects. And so currently the city has approvals for about seven accessory dwelling units and two single family dwelling units. So nine total units that can be counted toward the inventory. And we are working with the planning department to review all of the building permits issued since June approvals and make sure that we've um, adjusted the inventory accordingly prior prior to submittal to the state and getting as much credit as possible for all of the approved units in the city. So with all of those discussed changes, the net result of those modifications to the sites would be to continue to provide a surplus of units. So the city has a regional housing need allocation of 724 units. With these adjustments, the city would exceed the very low allocation by about 21 units, the low income allocation by 32 units, the moderate by 40 units, and the above moderate by three units. So you would have a total buffer of about 94 units. So you would still have capacity to meet your allocation and some potential to exceed it, which would give the city some, some capacity to make adjustments to the sites in the future if needed. And with that, I will turn it back over to Commissioner Fowler. Oh, thank, thank you, Beth. Um, and just a quick note on your last slide, the buffer of 94 doesn't include consideration of the nine units that already count towards the 724. So in other words, you'd really have more than 94 units. You'd have 103. 
Right. And we do have to just double check that those haven't already been counted as pending projects. So we're, we're confirming that. Okay, great. All right. So let, let's keep going and let's go through, let's go through some of these, um, the verbal comments that you received from HCD so far. Um, and if you want to explain any of these, uh, since you were part of the conversation with Director Phipps, um, that's fine. The Planning Commission Working Group has provided some, some comment and input here uh, that we can go over as well. All right, well, so I'll start off. The uh, state did mention that the city should include a general program in the housing plan to address infrastructure to ensure that the city's addressing the additional demand that would occur with the 724 units to ensure that master plans are updated to address the sites, prioritizing high-density, low-income sites, and then also to seek funding to expedite improvements. And there are a number of um, funding sources, the SBT REAP and LEAP funding sources, as well as the state's infrastructure infill grant program. So um, the, the planning commission, you know, feedback here, direction to the consultant is recommended to be that the infrastructure is addressed throughout the 2021 house, uh, general plan update, and that we should include that in a, that assessment and the housing element. And we should add the program to address updating the water and sewer master plans to ensure consistency with the housing element and general plan, as well as ensuring the city coordinates with Marin Water and the Sausalito Marin City Sanitary District to address that increase in growth associated with the arena and recognizing that those entities aren't only affected by Sausalito's arena, but that they're affected by the other areas they serve outside of the city as well. So they'll be seeing some increase in demand beyond just the city. Regarding program four, which is, was this uh, program that identifies the rezoning of the sites, and it includes the need for an election for sites that are affected by the fair traffic initiative, as well as an ordinance in the city restricting uh, modifications to certain city-owned sites. Uh, the state recommended that we look at the city of Yorba Linda and city of Newport Beach special elections programs. And so the um, direction from the planning commission there can just recommend that we revise that program to address this comment. And we have reviewed those programs and they really don't involve a, a significant changes, but mainly outlining a timeline for the special election. Um, Table one of the housing element, just addressing whether the lower income units are deed restricted and those would be the lower income units included in the approved projects. So we'll, we're reviewing that with the community development department and we'll make sure that that information is clarified in the element. Right. Great, let's keep, keep going. Excuse me, Beth, I think you're on mute. Sorry about that. So table 45 of the background report, I'm requesting that the city address development standards by zone, including for the historic overlay and Marinship specific plan, and then also addressing whether development standards will be superseded by the odds. So the recommendation here would be that we clarify the historic district standards and requirements. We revise the housing element to reflect that the membership specific plan was incorporated into the 2021 general plan. And it's anticipated to have limited applicability in the future um, following revisions to the housing element and then the, having the zoning ordinance updated to reflect the um, incorporation of the MSP into the general plan. And also to clarify that the odds will initially be a parallel code to the zoning ordinance, but it will ultimately supersede the zoning provisions in the municipal code as they relate to the specific housing types addressed by the odds. Yeah, regarding, Sorry, Beth, to, to interject here, but I just think it's important for everybody, um, the, the public listening in as well as the commission, 
uh, just to reiterate that the objective design and development standards that 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 we have that the city council heard last night and that that we are finalizing for their ratification is specifically for multifamily and that's why it will initially be a parallel uh, code uh, until such time as we can update and uh, meld together the existing Sausalito Municipal Code uh, with the objective standards uh, into actually one, one code. So I just want that to be clear to everybody how we're doing that. Thank you. Regarding residential care facilities, the state asked that the housing element analyze the approval findings to um, clarify whether approvals were discretionary or non-discretionary, and then whether there are any unique requirements, such as the requirement for a conditional use permit for group homes that serve seven or more residents or clients. And so we did note to the state, we understand that the element has to ensure that there are no discrimination or constraints for group homes. And so just revising the housing element to address that comment, provide that clarification. Um, the state also asked for more detail regarding the city's reasonable accommodation process, including identifying the findings of the process. So the housing element needs to include some additional information regarding the city's findings for the reasonable accommodation process. And the state does have a model ordinance that they like the like cities to mirror. So looking at that in terms of the findings and whether the city's findings have discretion or subjective nature to them that would potentially constrain a reasonable accommodation requests. The state also asked that the city ensure that the potential flooding and sea level rise issues regarding existing slips and permanent housing opportunities be addressed. And Director Phipps mentioned that we should reference Galilee Harbor specifically since looking at affirmatively furthering fair housing concerns. And that is at a, one of the affordable housing projects and specifically our residential community along the waterfront. So ensuring that we reference those findings and reference how that would affect housing, including permanent housing along the waterfront. I, I think that, you know, we have a very capable sea level rise and subsidence task force that has already uh, presented and done a lot of mapping uh, uh, with the city council. And um, there is a lot of reference throughout the 2021 general plan about sea level rise, uh, about subsidence, about sustainability and resiliency. Um, uh, so I, 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 I think this is a, a well-founded comment to reference that um, um, in, in this housing element portion of the general plan. And yeah, that definitely makes sense to include all that effort that the city's put in. And then going back to the, the proposed amendments and comment, did you want to cover these, Commissioner Feller? Well, I think we can cover these together. I mean, I, I think we've sort of outlined throughout this presentation what the proposed amendments are. Um, we, we know that there's already um, uh, the exemption that's being prepared uh, for the environmental impact report. Um, and that we want to focus on the preparation of, e of an EIR that's specific and targeted to any ballot measure. Um, we, the Planning Commission recommends the approval of the objective design and development standards to be considered separately. Um, we've already uh, touched on that a little bit. And that we will also uh, separately develop uh, SB9, which is for single family uh, objective design and development standards beyond what is already in the ordinance uh, that was recommended by uh, the Planning Commission Legislative Committee to the City Council and the City Council ratified, uh, but we will take that further. 
Um, we have amendments to the proposed site inventory uh, list uh, and to achieve equal or net gain uh, to those numbers. Um, and then we're also reducing the critical mass of sites within some of the northern neighborhoods to increase the probability of approval of, of these voter initiatives um, uh, and the fair traffic initiative in, in, in particular. Uh, so we want to achieve those sustainable, resilient neighborhoods, and we want to thoughtfully incorporate housing opportunity sites throughout the city uh, in a manner that that will not inadvertently create issues uh, uh, further down the road. Uh, we've gone through the 31 recommendations. Um, those sort of stand as as we've explained them. And, um, you know, we just want to ask one more time that we we would like funding for a citywide master plan. Uh, it's critical for any of the future uh, moves that we're making here. Uh, what is not on this slide is what Beth referenced earlier, and that is an additional proposed amendment uh, to the units per acre, um, which uh, really helps us achieve a, a very uh, thoughtful, viable, justifiable uh, proposed amendment to the October 27th draft HCD plan. And um, so that sort of, I think, summarizes most of this, unless Beth, you have anything to add or Commissioner Saad, you have anything to add? I don't. Nothing to add. Thank you both for presenting our thoughts so eloquently. So let's move on to the next slide then, which is really the draft direction. Um, so the planning commission requested the staff and the consultant, Beth, that, that's you, DeNovo and your team, prepare an adoption draft housing element that addresses the identified revisions and provides the adoption draft housing element to the planning commission and city council as soon as possible and prior to our Monday uh, joint hearing or meeting, um, which is January 30th. Um, and to the extent feasible, the adoption draft housing element should also address comments received by HCD anticipated tomorrow, close of business. So that, that's really where we are here. And, and uh, based on how uh, Chair Luxembourg has laid this out, I would like to put a motion on the floor to approve the plan, the comprehensive plan as we've walked you through uh, this evening here. Uh, thank you, Chair Feller. I will second that motion. And uh, so I understand that the program changes that are outlined, the opportunity and the density changes that you outlined, the opportunity site changes and the comments that uh, Beth has addressed so far for HDC are all part of our recommendation that's going to this recommended to go to the city council on Monday. Uh, with, a, with a motion on the floor at this point, first of all, I wanna thank Beth for all of, all of her work on this and uh, as well as her work with HCD, because I think that's been a, a, is going to be not only a critical part now, but as going forward to get this ratified. Uh, and that's very helpful. I want to thank uh, the HEAC uh, public members who volunteered their time through this long process. I especially want to thank uh, Commissioner Speller and Saad for not only helping uh, with this presentation today, but for spending almost two years on this effort. Uh, with both as a working group and part of the HEAC. So uh, with that, uh, we have a motion on the floor 
And at this point, I'm going to open it up for uh, other commissioners other than the working group, because uh, I'm assuming you, uh, Commissioner Feller and Commissioner Saad, this is your recommendation. Uh, if, they, if people have comments or questions uh, regarding uh, what our recommendation is for, to the city council, we will, uh, or questions of, of Beth or the, our working group, we will take those. If, if we get into a discussion of opportunity sites, we will have to segment this and do some recusals. Uh, and so I'm making co uh, commissioners aware of that. So at this point, uh, if we could, I guess, uh, stop sharing screen and I will go to uh, Commissioner Graff if you have any questions or comments or amendments. Uh, you're 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 uh, you're muted. You're you have to, you're muted, uh, Richard. Richard, you're muted. <laughs> Zoom team, can we help, Richard? Uh, is is Richard unmuted? Uh, Zoom team. There we go. Richard, try again. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. It wouldn't let me do it. I, I know. That's why I told the Zoom team to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, I just want to thank everybody for putting that presentation together. That was very helpful um, uh, and, and getting a, a big picture. Um, I don't have many comments on the... Um, on the proposed... Um, um draft but i i did have a question in one of these uh programs uh what what is meant by reasonable accommodation um i've seen that mentioned uh, several times and i don't know what it means and that would help me understand that can somebody explain oh best because you're sure. Reasonable accommodation means that a person with a disability can come and ask the city to waive or modify um, standards and regulations in order to accommodate their disability. This allows for a more straightforward process than coming in and requesting a variance or a use permit or some other some other more um, formal and lengthy process. So it's a straightforward process for someone to be accommodated who has a disability. And separately, it's required by law that the city accommodate folks with disabilities in its zoning and change its zoning to the extent required to do so. Okay, thank you for that. Excellent. Uh, I definitely support that. Um, I, I don't have any further comments right at this time. As I mentioned before, um, if, if we discuss specifically site 47 or 52, I'll have to um, shut down. Okay, thank you, thank you, Commissioner Graff. Uh, with uh, Vice Chair Junius. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. And I'd also like to echo your your um, kind words to Commissioners Fell and Saad. Incredible work, Beth Thompson. You've done an incredible job to get us here. Um, it's an it's an impressive document. It's uh, I'm very um, very happy with uh, with it for the most part. Um, but I do, I, I am concerned that we're taking sites off at this late date. Um, I, I don't really don't have a problem with the, with the city hall coming off that there's some very special reasons why that probably, uh, makes some sense, but the other sites are relatively high density, large sites. And I, you know, I, I would have thought that 
to the extent that the fire danger up on Spencer or the, the other comments made with respect to the Marin ship, the two Marin ship sites, you know, would have, that would have been debated um, a while back. Um, I mean, this is where we're, this is a housing plan. We need as much housing as we can. This is a long-term plan. 94 units of cushion, I don't think, is nearly enough to accommodate the, you know, ups and downs of real estate development, the various permitting challenges, uh, labor challenges, um, economic challenges, interest rates. It's a it's a crazy world out there. It's going to be tough to build anything. And in my opinion, we should be looking at every site and, and overdoing it by a big margin um, in order to make sure we even can come close because um, it's it's very difficult to develop out there. Um, I, I'm not sure I agree with the, the comment that we need more office or that the office buildings that don't seem to be very heavily utilized down on the east side of, of Bridgeway um, need to be office buildings anymore. You know, this is a, we live in a tourist town. There's certainly um, marine activity, um, but the office buildings are, I think, past their prime. I don't see a huge future as Sausalito as an office site. There's tens of millions of square feet of office space that's vacant right now in downtown San Francisco. Um, but I think my main comment is I, I would just like to um, hear a little bit more or again, offer up not taking those those removed, those larger removed sites off the list. So those are my comments. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Um, at this point, I uh, appreciate your comments at this point. Uh, I think maybe unless Commissioner Feller or Commissioner Sai have additional comments at this time, we might want to open up for public comment and then come back for further discussion. And then at that point, we decide if we have to segment this. Does that make the commission good with that approach? Yes, I have okay. no further comment. Uh, all right, at, the, at this point, uh, I would like uh, Director Phipps, uh, if you could inform the public how to raise your hand in Zoom what, yet again. Uh, and then uh, we were going to have a, I believe you, you had indicated a two minute, uh, two minute time for public comment uh, for people that want to do that. Director Fix, I'll turn it over to you for this, uh, the, for a description of how to raise your hand. Thank you. Thanks very much, Chair. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to two minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application. You'll be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Thank you. And um, at current chair Luxembourg, I am seeing three raised hands. Okay. The first one that I saw is from Keith Diggs. And uh, I'm going to request Keith that uh, you unmute yourself. And um, you can, you can, we'll, we'll start your time. Uh, so Mr. Diggs, uh, the floor is yours. Okay, sounds good. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm uh, Keith Diggs. I'm an attorney with EMB Law. Um, I am deeply concerned that the city is planning to remove site capacity amidst a housing crisis. Um, I don't think this is funny. I got priced out of Arizona because my rent went up 30% because so many Californians had to move into my state because it was impossible to find a place to live in the Bay Area. Um, and there's a large movement that's going to keep advocating for more housing until we get it. So you can get with the program now or later. I have some specific concerns I want to raise to your attention because uh, we are considering litigation about these issues. Um, number one, the city of Sausalito has yet to receive comment from ACD, as I understand it. Um, section 65585, subdivision B 
of the government code has some specific requirements around the adoption of revised draft housing elements. One of them is that you have to let a, sorry, I'm busy right now. Um, one of them is that you have to allow a uh, subsequent draft housing element to be open for public comment for seven days before submission to HCD. After that, HCD has to be given 60 days to comment on it. Now, I understand that a lot of cities are um, planning to take the self-certification route under subdivision F. That has some problems with it too. Um, subdivision F allows you to either change a housing element in response to a rejection from HCD, which requires going through all the procedures, or you can adopt the current draft without changes with findings as to why you think HCD is wrong that your housing element is out of compliance. Um, I do not think any of those possibilities will go well for you. And I would strongly encourage the city to take its time and get the housing element right before adopting. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Dix, thank you for your comments. Uh, next speaker, uh, uh, Director Fitz, I have Jenny Silver. Is that correct? I'm seeing that as well, Chair Luxembourg, and I'm going to um, request that Jenny Silva begin speaking and we'll start your time. Ms. Silva, the floor is yours. Uh, hi, thanks. Um, and I will do my best. I'm actually quite upset seeing all of this. Um, as Keith Diggs mentioned, there is a problem with the process that Sausalito is undertaking. I will not repeat that, but I will say, you know, I find it a bit offensive. Um, and I find it really problematic what is being proposed tonight. The revisions to the site inventory are substantial and the timing of changing the site uh, inventory is questionable at best. We have not yet received the EIR or the comments from the state. And these revisions are swapping out over 10% of the sites and are proposing a major reduction in the previous buffer, which wasn't extensive as it was. There is no new information that you have today that justifies these changes. The number of people being served by City Hall hasn't changed. The noise levels in the Marinship haven't changed. Uh, these changes were not announced to HEAC or those who commented on the housing elements, um, which is really upsetting, frankly. Um, the previous site inventory went through an extensive process. This new one has not. I've sat through many housing element meetings for many jurisdictions, and I've never seen a jurisdiction make this many changes this late in the stage without a good process. Um, this is also not what was submitted to HCD. The comments that you're getting tomorrow is gonna to be on a different site inventory. So they're not valid to this one. Lastly, thanking the HEAC feels like a joke. It honestly feels like a slap in the face. Um, Commissioner Syed and Feller tried over and over again to remove City Hall and these other sites and they could never get the support of the HEAC to do so. So now they are taking this back route um, process that was not announced to the people in the hack to try and do it um, in a process that's not compliant with the state. Um, it's frankly, it makes me feel like I wasted hours and hours and hours of my time. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Ms. Silva. Uh, the next comment I have I'm seeing is Chris S. Is that uh, Commissioner Phipps? You concur with that? Yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, I'm going to request that Chris unmute themselves and we start your time. Hello, uh, Chris Sullivan here, a resident of Sausalito. I, I think I, I'm a, 
first of all, saying, well, congratulations for all of that work, um, getting 885 comments. It's a, it's a vast task, and I, I, I know it must have been a lot of work for all the people involved, Brandon and, and all the, the commissioners. Um, it's a it's a monumental project. My experience in planning and and uh, in planning, but I I have a question which addressed to the chair. Um, most likely would go to Sergio Rudin. Um, a number of people that I'm in contact with in the community in Sausalito also shared these thoughts that having put such a huge and good effort into this rezoning effectively um, of the city to accommodate the requirements. I have a question, please. Section 65585, section one, says that for any subsequent draft revision, the local government shall post the draft revision and email the link at least seven days before submitting the draft revision to the department, i.e., of course, of course, it's a democratic process. B1, that was. B2, the planning agency staff shall collect and compile the public comments. This is a follow-on from one. Regarding the housing elements received by the city and provide these comments to each member of the legislative body before it adopts the housing element. Mr. Sullivan, if I may, uh, your time has elapsed. If you could please... Um finish up your public comment, and we would appreciate it. Because Mr. Sullivan's uh, uh, muted by the Zoom team, you have to unmute again. Or... Yeah, is, Zoom team, can we can we just um, unmute Chris Sullivan briefly to let him finish his statement? Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Um, so one, B1 and 2, so these comments will be provided over seven days from the public, then considered by the officials and electeds, and then adopted. So there's a minimum seven-day period during which time residents and other interested parties can comment. My fear is, and I have a horse in, in both races on the housing element rezoning, some would possibly advantage me, others would seriously disadvantage me, but that's what it is. But the thought that applications that are put in under the new rules could be taken down by the court because the housing element was not effectively adopted or legally adopted would create, in my opinion, potentially hundreds of millions of dollars in lawsuits. Folks, you've come this far. Just follow the end of the process so it's done forever. Mr. Sullivan, thank you very much for your Those comment. Are my comments, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sullivan, for your comments. Uh, we'll move on to, uh, let me see what, who's, 
Ms. Uh, Sybil, but, uh, help me with the pronunciation, Brandon. I believe Sybil Boutier. Yeah, um, I apologize uh, uh, for not getting the name right. Uh, Sybil, uh, the floor is yours. Thank you. Uh, you're muted still. Um, uh, Sybil, you're still muted. There we go. Can you hear me now? Now we can. Thank you so much. Okay. And you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, First of all, I just want to say something um, about my role here. I, I'm chair of Age Friendly South Salido, and I'm chair of the Marin County Commission on Aging's Equity. Um, I'm, I'm the equity chair for the Marin Commission on Aging. And so I have a my, my primary mandate, as you both of you know, is really to advocate for seniors. And, um, and that's what I try to do the best of my ability. And um, so um, I don't, uh, you know, I, I I think it's kind of exciting to have the opportunity, you know, to have the offer on um, of one of our landlords to look at the possibility of doing a continuing care community um, um, facility in our community. It's so needed. Um, I would I would just add that um, forty two percent of the population of South Salido is over sixty. 34% of the population of Marin is over 65, and 73% of people over 65 in Marin live alone. So these are people, many of whom will eventually be looking for something other than single, you know, living alone in a, in, in a home, uh, you know, a, a full house, or having to um, have some kind of community support around them. So I just think it's a great idea, and I want to say that. But um, beyond that, um, just you know, one thing I don't quite understand the comments about the noise because there's actually a very serene place down there. I go personally to sit under this. There's this knoll with this beautiful big tree and a and a bench, and I sit there to look at the bay when I'm not actually going out in my small boat that I keep right there at the. Um, at the um, model. But I just want to say two other things. I'm really glad HBR mentioned um, the six comment 63 um, because the law did change about group homes, so, uh, residential facilities um, to go beyond uh, six beds, seven and more. And so that was an important change. And also in, re in, regarding, in regards to the reasonable accommodation, um, I think it'd be really great to make sure that we, you know, continue to um, highlight our building permit waiver process, which makes it more affordable <laughs> for um, landlords of uh, multi-unit facilities, for example, as well as homeowners to make accommodations to their homes. Thank you very much for your comment. We, we appreciate it. your time. Their building. Uh, Sybil, thank, uh, thank you so much for your comments. Uh, we need to move on, but we appreciate your comments. Uh, at this point, uh, Peter McGuire, Mr. McGuire, uh, if we could bring Mr. McGuire up, uh, Zoom team, that would be good. Okay, can you hear me? Uh, yes, we can hear you. Well, let me take a little different tack with the uh, Planning Commission, and I want to focus on a relatively small site at 66 Marion. Uh, I represent 
the homeowners uh, of that area. And many of these residents, we've opposed the inclusion of 66 Marion as an opportunity site for dense rezoning for quite some time. The reasons that we did this are pretty obvious. Uh, it's bisected by a GGNRR creek that reduces its buildable site and all sorts of soil conditions. It's on a narrow dead end street representing a hazard to public safety. I could go on and on. We trusted the planning commission would sooner or later take a close look at this site and with its expertise conclude that 66 Marion site 100 is a terrible choice as an opportunity site. You did not disappoint us. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. McGuire, thank you for your comments. Uh, next on the list, uh, Ms. Bushmaker, welcome back. Uh, can we unmute uh, Ms. Bushmaker and the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to uh, tell you how much I appreciate all the work that has gone into uh, the program tonight and, and trying to meet the deadline, which has always been January 31st, 2023. And so I appreciate the push, the effort to get this done because the consequences are so huge uh, for Sausalito and Sausalito will lose local control unless we get this thing adopted. Um, I, I submitted a letter today uh, basically taking the position that there should be no housing south of Harbor Drive in the Marin ship for the reasons stated in the letter. And I will not go over them because I'm gonna stay within my two minutes, which I hope everybody else does too. Um, there's, there's plenty of opportunity for housing in the north part of Bridgeway, and we can talk about that sometime if you, you've already identified some. Uh, with regard to the amount of mail that was received in the public record, I just want to bring to your attention that my letter of September 13th, 2022 did not make it to the public record, and it was addressed to HEAC and it was addressed to our consultant. I know of another instance where letters did not make it to the public record. So I just wanna say that I think we can do better in the future with making sure our public comment gets into the public record. Um, and lastly, um, I kind of had to laugh at HCD wanting us to do infrastructure and sea level rise and everything on top of the 724 units. I think they're being completely unrealistic and they're, uh, it's gonna cause some serious problems in our culture. Uh, with regard to the clarification of the date changes, I would like to hear them. Um, I, this is the first time I've heard that there were date changes by HCD and I would be curious to know what those were. Thank you very much. Ms. Buffmaker, thanks. Uh, thank you for your comments. Um, next on the list that I have, um, Director Phipps is John. Uh, John, uh, if you could identify your name and address for the record, because you don't have your full name there, but the floor is yours. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, my name is John DeRay. I am a member of the Sausalito Working Waterfront Coalition. Uh, we submitted a uh, email um, that we had submitted in the past, and we uh, included more signatures about uh, the some of the sites in the marine ship. I won't go over that again because it's uh, it is in the email. I wanted to thank the planning commission for the uh, work that they did, um, and uh, I understand that the HEAC did a lot of work. But the HEAC is uh, 
the housing element uh, committee is 10 people um, and we represent uh, over a thousand people. Um, we uh, included 277 uh, signatures on our open letter to city council that we forwarded to you. We have uh, many others that we're compiling and we'll get to city council. Um, and I also wanted to make a comment that um, I have heard uh, from some property owners in the last week that uh, they had never been contacted by uh, DeNovo and that they are interested in housing on their property. Um, and it doesn't look to me like they were included yet in this uh, list of housing. So um, I advise them to talk to the city and city council. So hopefully they'll do that. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say is there was a comment from HCD related to Galilee and sea level rise. I just wanted to, and I could be wrong, but I wanted to make sure HCD understands that Galilee Harbor is a floating home community and sea level rise does not affect uh, Galilee at all. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your comments. Uh, I'm not seeing any additional uh, hands raised. Uh, Director Phipps. Uh, I see one now. Uh, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing two. I'm seeing two more now. Yes, thank you. They were just there, so that's fine. Uh, the first one I see is CB. Uh, if you could identify your name and address for the record, uh, and the floor is yours. Hello, everybody. Carlito Berg, representative of Site 67 and 68. Thank you guys very much for having this meeting. Um, I think a lot has been said about um, the legal inadequacy of uh, of the process as it sits, um, but I I really don't want to talk about that. What I really would like to talk about is um, is something that's close and personal to me, um, which is on on this day a year ago, my my father passed away from Alzheimer's dementia. And he passed away in a facility, a memory care facility in Santa Rosa. And he passed away in that facility because there are almost no options. Um, we took care of him at home for two years, but when his condition got sufficiently advanced, it wasn't possible to do that. The reality is, you know, we're all gonna get old and die. And in the time on this earth that we have, it's there's nothing more important than being together with the ones that we love. There's nothing else that matters more than being with each other. And the built environment facilitates that. 10% um, of all people are going to have memory issues or Alzheimer's dementia. And if you look at the demographics in Sausalito, by any metric, that means several hundred people um, of our substantial senior community are going to be afflicted with that condition. Currently, most of those folks are living in single family homes on the hills in 40% grades. If there was a natural disaster or something else of that nature, um, tragedy would be terrible. Um, there's opportunities to, uh, with our site and with other sites, to not go forward and do that and to look at some um, beautiful, beneficial things for the city. I hope that it's possible um, to maintain our sites and keep them in. Um, for no other reason than the seniors of the city need it. Thank you. 
Uh, thank you, Mr. Burke. Um, next on the list here is Craig, Craig Morales. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Mr. Mor Morales. Hi, this is uh, Craig Merrilies. I Merrilies. work with oh, the sausage. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I, I want to thank everyone involved tonight, including the members of the commission, for slogging through a, a, a long and difficult process to try and come up with a way to try and address our, our housing needs. Um, those, these needs are going to be addressed, and myself and others will continue to push for senior housing on city sites where more of it can be built that's affordable than on private sites. Um, and I want to remind folks that the last time we took a major survey of seniors and their preferences, uh, most of them wanted to stay in their own homes. Um, sometimes we, we hear other ideas, but that's, that's a pretty sobering fact. Um, we've heard threats of lawsuits tonight. We've heard disappointment from people who served on the housing advisory committee, but it was an advisory committee and the democratic process is, is before us here. The planning commission is weighing in, the city council weighing in. I don't know what's going to happen, but it will be a process that tried to look at all these sites and come up with where the best place for the best sites um, in the city can be. And some people will agree and disagree, but it's it's a difficult call. Um, I will say that we have over 100 additional sites beyond the 724, which was probably an unfair number to begin with, but we have over 100 additional ones. So, um, you know, kudos to people who took this challenge and made the hard decisions, tried to think, deal with all the complications and came up with their best judgment. So thank you to the to the Planning Commission for doing your best with a difficult situation. Uh, thank you very much for your comments. Uh, let me see. Uh, I'm uh, Director Books Steps. I'm not seeing additional numbers at this point. Are, are you seeing anybody else? Chair Luxenberg, seeing none. Thank you. Okay. So at this point, I'm going to close public comment on this item. And I want to bring us back to what what are we what are we doing here tonight? We have a motion on the floor, which has been seconded, and our our job uh, as part of this housing element process is after the committee process and after the work of the HEAC and also uh, our working group and the members of the council was to bring it back to this planning commission and give the city council a recommendation. So what we're doing. This evening, this isn't the final step, but we are making a recommendation to the city council. And so at this point, uh, we have a motion on the floor, and, uh, which has been seconded, and I will open it up to the commissioners if anybody wants any changes or amendments to the motion on the floor. If we get into individual sites, we will need to segment this conversation. But uh, before uh, seeing if we even have comments on uh, we'll wait to figure out how to do that process if it's even needed. So at this point, uh, I'm going to ask uh, the two commissioners that were not in the working group uh, first. Uh, Commissioner Graf, do you have any questions, additional questions or comments or recommended amendments? Um, not not much. I'm, um, I'm, I'm seeing the process working here. 
Um, I did. I did have a question. Um, there was mention in the reports. I forgot where it was. Um, that 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 uh, referenced parking sites, and I'm not quite sure what is meant by that. But if one were to turn a parking lot or a parking site into housing, where would people park? It's just it, it may be a rhetorical question, but uh, it did it did sort of uh, jog me a little bit, and I I didn't understand it. So if I could get a quick explanation. That would be great. Um, otherwise, uh, I, I, I want to uh, reiterate and support any efforts and uh, everything uh, for a senior housing. Uh, I think it's really vital for our community. So I want to support every uh, aspect of the plan that, that supports that. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Graff. I don't know if that was a question for uh, Beth or Commissioner. Probably. Was that related to the city hall parking lot? Is that related? Well, the, 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 um, well, no, that's that's an obvious one. But I I did notice that uh, uh, parking sites were mentioned in a two or three. Um, and I I didn't write them down. Which which. Uh, which sites they were, but I was just unclear as to the meaning of it and, and what the implications might be. I, I'm happy to chime in. So there are two contexts for, for discussing parking and the housing element. And one is there are sites that have existing parking, such as the Altamira site that are anticipated for redevelopment. And it's expected that if housing was developed there, it would incorporate parking. There is a separate component of state law, AB 2011, that allows sites that are retail office and parking uses to be redeveloped with residential uses. And that's a mandate of state law. Eligible projects have to be accommodated. And so the parking there could, could be lost conceivably. And so yes, your rhetorical question of where would the parking go is a good one, but one that the state did not fully address in AB 2011. Okay, thank you. Mr. Graft, is, uh, that was a good question. Is that, help, is that helpful? Are you, are you, are you, do you have any other questions at this time? Oh, um, no, I, I, I just am amazed that, that um, this, this group, the HEAC and everybody was able to come up with, with a plan and a, and a surplus uh, uh, under the circumstances, and I just can't say uh, how much I appreciate what they've done. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Graff. Uh, Vice Chair Junius, uh, any uh, questions, uh, amendments, comments uh, at this point? I don't think so. I, I think um, the public comment was very interesting, and I um, Still, I, I'm wondering if any of the commissioners would engage in a dialogue about putting these removed sites back on uh, as they were taken off at a late date. But if that's if that's not in the cards, um, I don't have any further questions. Okay, uh, Commissioner Saad, any additional comments, questions? Uh, thank you. Uh, your floor is here. Thank you. Thank you. Can you hear me? 
Yes, we can. Okay. Please. No, um, I wanted to to say thank you to the to the public. It's all um, wonderful to hear from the oral to the written comment. Um, it is important to note if there is missing public comment, like we heard tonight, the virtual binder um, should be uh, hopefully up to date. Um, if there's anything missing, I'd be happy to help with that effort. As a member of HEAC, we should have received those emails um, to find them for, for public record. And I would hope that this presentation would um, be added to our virtual binder as well for the public to continue to review. Um, you know, of, of course, I'm supportive of this presentation, and um, I I just would like to um, note, you know, for the public that we we are in this position. Um, it's it is part of the planning commission remit to be able to make some changes. Um, again, it's also a recommendation. We have to look forward um, and note to what HCD is going to say. Um, to us. And so there's still opportunity, but I don't have any further comments um, to add. And I just really want to um, thank DeNovo um, for their, their assistance with us tonight. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Commissioner Feller, any additional comments at this point? Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. I, I appreciate that um, putting plans like this together that are citywide are always difficult. And there is a lot of toing and froing, and you're going to make some people happy about some of it and some people not as happy about it. It affects all of us, no matter where the housing is. So I just want to reaffirm that the, the site suitability criteria in Appendix C is a really critical piece of looking at sites. Um, and for the city, even, even if we get an approved housing plan from the state or when we get that approved housing plan from the state, the work is not done. We have to have a viable, bulletproof, justifiable plan uh, that is actually achievable. So it's not a group of people just looking at where are all the blank sites around town. That is not what this exercise is about. And uh, the site suitability criteria is key to it. And so I fully endorse uh, this plan uh, based on that and based on the uh, viability of uh, what we're putting forth uh, to actually come to full fruition um, uh, with the city. So um, I have a motion on the floor and I, I still support it. Uh, thank you, Chair Feller. Uh, I mean, Commissioner Feller. <laughs> Uh, not used to this. It's only about a couple of weeks. Um, so uh, again, we have a motion on the floor. I want to I want to make one additional comment. It is subtly in, in some of the program elements. There there is a lot of 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 reporting requirements for CDD throughout, and one of the recommendations was uh, including some others beyond CDD and the requirements that the for some of those recording requirements. I would like to see as part of this plan, and it is in the items that are as part of this uh, recommendation of the city council, that CDD's staff resources go to the creation of housing, creation of senior housing, creation of affordable housing, and less so into lots of reporting requirements that uh, although maybe important are not as pro uh, major priority as the actual 
creation of housing. And, and that was part of some of the programs that uh, we're, we're commenting on. And I just wanted to flag that for everyone. With that, we have a motion on the floor and I'd ask uh, Director Phipps to take roll call vote. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, regarding the motion on the floor, I will call roll. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Brown? Yes. Commissioner Feller? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Thank, Thank you. you all, and we will we see all uh, all of us again on, on Monday on this uh, issue again at a joint meeting of the City Council. At this point in the meeting, I would like to excuse Andrew, who I know is not feeling so well. Uh, so we will, we will still have a quorum and we will still continue. But Andrew, thank you for uh, going through the, this item on the agenda. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg, and we'll see everybody next week. Thanks, Vice Chair. Uh, with that, uh, let's move on to item six, public hearing. Uh, Director Phipps, if you could uh, outline for the public uh, the way we do uh, the steps in the, a public hearing, and that would be appreciated, and uh, calling the first item as well. Certainly. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. So for um, regular hearings, generally we start with a staff presentation, followed by planning commission questions for staff, followed by an optional applicant presentation, of 15 minutes per team. Planning Commission will offer questions um, for the applicant. There will then be a public comment portion, um, an applicant rebuttal portion uh, with a reserve time, if applicable, and then a Planning Commission discussion, deliberation, and ultimate decision. Uh, thank you so much for that. The, the first item uh, is 118 to 120. Uh, Buchanan, and if you could introduce uh, 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 Kristen, I guess. Certainly, yeah. I think that um, this is one of the first opportunities that you've had to um, work with Kristen Taiki. She is a member of our All-Star Planning staff, and uh, we are very lucky to have her in CDD. Um, Kristen, I will turn the floor uh, over to you. Thank you. Um, I do not have a PowerPoint presentation for you tonight. We, since I'm working part-time, we're trying to manage my time in the most efficient way possible. So I'm gonna give you verbal reports. I want to also acknowledge that we received three late mail items for, in response to this application. All three were submitted by Antonetta Olivia on January 19th, the 23rd and the 25th of 2023. All three of these emails were forwarded to the commissioners and attached to the agenda on the city website. The commission should note that the information in the, these emails was not part of the record when the staff report was drafted. So if there's new information you wanna consider, certainly that's appropriate. Um, the applicant, Steve Clements on behalf of Prandy Real Estate is requesting a tree removal permit to allow removal of one coast live oak located in the southeast rear corner of the property. Uh, the applicant has stated that the wish to remove a falling oak tree to proactively resolve the situation. An arborist report was prepared on behalf of this applicant and a certified arborist named Zach Svot. The report confirms the tree in question is a single trunk coast live oak standing approximately 25 feet in height and 17.8 inches in diameter. The report further indicates the foliage of the tree 
canopy trunk and branches are all in good condition, appear normal and healthy, and the tree is vigorous. The trees growing adjacent to a fence shared with 125, 127 tamales, and pri previous efforts have been made in the fence design to accommodate the trunk. Although the gaps in the fence construction were uneven on either side of the trunk, the arborist could not conclusively state the tree had shifted uh, in this opening or if the fence maybe had been built unevenly. However, if the tree were to fall, he estimates it will impact the fence and backyards of 125 and 127 tamales, which will result in minor to significant damage. The report also indicates that the arborist was informed that the soil at the bottom of the slope is prone to saturation. However, this condition was not present during his inspections and he could not conclude that the tree was in process of failure. The report provides the following conclusions. The coast live oak is a species with a large growth potential and this tree is still young and has lots of growth left in it. The future growth would encroach further into the fence and damage the fence and um, may cause property damage or uh, create management issues. The subject tree is poorly located near the property line and is a tree with questionable stability due to the possible change in its orientation with the fence. Removal of the tree will have a negligible impact on neighboring vegetation or slope stability. To approve the removal of the protected tree, the Planning Commission is directed to consider the criteria for approval under 1112030B of the, of the Sausalito Municipal Code. Based on the submitted arborist report, the tree was determined to be in good health and condition at the time of inspection in April of 2022, and the arborist did not identify any factors that would conclusively indicate the tree was in decline or in the process of failure. Therefore, staff was unable to identify any eminent health and safety issue regarding the tree. Further, the proposed tree removal is not necessary to accommodate new development, and because it's relatively small, it appears that the property below at 125, 127, uh, Tamales has access to adequate sunlight and it doesn't impact a significant view. Although the tree does impact the design and placement of the fence separating 118-120 Buchanan and 125-127 Tamales, this is a common occurrence around Sausalito and is not meeting the criteria for removal. Lastly, there's no indication by the arborist or information provided in the application record demonstrating the tree removal is necessary to ensure good professional practices of forestry or landscape design. However, since the drafting of the staff report, staff had, was informed by the property owners of 127 Tamales that there is a shared sewer lateral running through the rear yards of the lots above their property, which they believe is impacted by the tree. Uh, staff checked with the Department of Public Works who confirmed there is a private six inch clay sewer line that runs through the area. DPW is unaware of any damage to the pipe as it is private and they have not been provided a current conditions assessment of this line. This assessment is typically only required when a property is being sold. So it's not something we just do routinely. Further as noted in the report, Marin County um, is currently experiencing above average rainfall. Healthy trees can fail due to oversaturated soil conditions. If the commission's concern regarding the stability of the tree or its possible impacts to the sewer line, it may be appropriate for the commission to continue the application and request either a more recent arborist report that evaluates the tree stability based on the site conditions today after all the rain, and an inspection of the current conditions assessment of the clay sewer pipe. 
Based on the available information in the record, staff recommends the Planning Commission deny the tree removal permit. A draft resolution of denial was provided for your consideration. And that concludes my report. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Uh, I want to thank you for a very thorough uh, report. Also, I want to thank Director Phipps for now bringing staff reports back into the CDD department rather than having to use consultants for all of them. So I think that's an excellent thing. And Kristen, we really appreciate your report. At this point, uh, other I want to ask other commissioners if we have questions of Kristen at this time before we get the applicant's presentation. Uh, rather than going through one at a time, if people can just raise a hand or either in Zoom or physically. Anybody have specific questions? No. I'm not seeing any. Okay, with that, uh, we who uh, who is presenting, Kristen, who is presenting for the applicant? Do you know? I'm not even sure if they're present. I can't see all the, uh, who's all here, if, let's see. If the applicant is uh, in the Zoom, if you could raise your hand through the Zoom, um, that would be appreciated. There we go. Antonella is the neighbor located uh, below the property. Uh, uh, so I do not should... see the applicant, um, Chris Clements, in the audience. Uh, is... My understanding is that uh, Antonella um, encouraged the, the submission of this. To, should we allow them to speak under the thing, or we would have to do that under public comment? Public comment. Okay. So what we will do is uh, there is not a um, uh, applicant here so i will uh, open it, uh, open it up for public comment is that uh, let me check with sergio are you are you still on yes i'm here if we do not have a applicant uh, 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 pre presenting do i just open it up for public comment i just want to confirm yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, hopefully the applicant, the applicant obviously still can have the opportunity to show up anytime before the close of the agenda item. So okay. we can keep an eye out for them. All right, with, with that, I'm gonna open it up for public comment. Uh, if you uh, wanna make public comment, you can put uh, raise your hand in the Zoom application uh, or go star nine on a, on a telephone. Um, uh, and Antonella, uh, the floor is yours. So can I share a small presentation, just a few slides? Uh, yes, the Zoom team, can you allow Antonella to be co-host so she can share her uh, presentation, she can uh, share her screen? Uh, there you go. I, I think I shared it. If, let me know if you cannot see it. Thanks, Nello. We can see your presentation. Uh, just would like to make one brief comment. If you could attempt to keep your presentation under the three-minute public comment mark, that would be appreciated. Thank okay. you. Sure, no problem. So um, here I have everybody from pretty much all the residents. Uh, so myself, my husband from 127 Tomales. I have Bob Gibron from 125. And I also have Marion Ramnussen, who lives, uh, uh, shares the fence with, uh, with Bob. Uh, so we're all very worried about this, and that's why we are here as a community uh, for and hoping for a positive outcome. Um, so, you know, I just want to make the same point I made in the email I sent out. Uh, we read your draft, 
and we read your requirements, the uh, city requirements for granting permits. So there are four points, A, B, C, and D. So I would like to go over that. And we believe we meet all of them. And, uh, and, and, and therefore, you know, you should be able to grant uh, the removal permit uh, for this tree. Now, even the Arborist report, if I read the conclusion based on plain English, and, you know, I'm outlining and redlining uh, the key conclusions, he says that the tree has questionable, uh, questionable stability uh, due to the change of orientation uh, with the fence. And for this reason, it is my opinion that removing the tree is a reasonable action. This is the Arborist concluding this, right? Um, and then he's also saying that removing the tree is not a big deal. Um, you know, the vegetation is not going to impact the vegetation or the slope stability. So again, these are conclusions from the arborist, which is supporting removing the tree. Now, you know, back to the four points, uh, four requirements from the city. A is that the tree could pose an hazard um, to uh, the property or the people or proximity structures or it's, it's near utilities or sewers. So number one, uh, if you just look at one of the pictures below, right, you can see the tree leaning towards 125, but also partially uh, towards 127. Uh, the bedrooms, the windows you see upstairs here, these are our bedrooms. That's where we sleep. Okay. And if the tree, the tree is actually more than 25 feet, this 35, 40 feet, we estimate. If it falls, it's going to fall on the roofs. I mean, you can also see from this picture, it's a fairly simple to see. Um, and also you can see the tree in question here on the rightmost picture, uh, it's in a very tiny alley. Uh, it's about 10 feet wide near the sewer line. I think uh, Kristen also mentioned that. Um, so it's really leaning. And it's leaning, exactly. Right. To an extreme angle. Right, exactly. So, so anyway, so we believe this tree meets your A condition, um, you know, unless I don't know how to read English. Uh, the other one is uh, sun exposure and mental distress. Um, so B, also the requirement is that doesn't allow the enjoyment of the property, including sunlight and the right to develop the property. When number one, our backyard, so the 127, uh, is constantly in the shade of that tree. And I've attached some pictures. I can send this presentation to you. So you can see here, this is the, the tree. This is our backyard here at 11 a.m. in the shade from downstairs, also the bedrooms upstairs. You can see Bob's backyards in the sun because it doesn't have the, the tree. We are in the shade. Same, it's happening later in the day around 2 p.m. Uh, we are also in the 60s, mid 70s. Uh, we have a lot of mental stress coming uh, from the risk that this tree may fall during a storm. We were pretty much up all nights during the, the atmospheric river of uh, the past. I'm sorry? I think we're out of time. Yeah. So, and then the other, I think these are the, the main thing, right? So basically the sunlight uh, also and the ability of solar, right? Being able to install solar panels because of the of the shade. Uh, and again, the mental distress. The views, right? Back to reasonable views. We don't get any views of the sky. All, we only see that tree from our bedrooms. Um, and then, uh, you know, you talked about the, the, the landscape, right, and the, and the forestry. The, the canopy is 60% our property. So we don't have access to the tree. We cannot do anything about it. So I'm not sure that, you know, we can, we are allowed to do any reasonable. Um, so that's all we have to share. So in other words, we really hope that you can grant the removal of the tree. Uh, we also have a lot of uh, coastal trees in the front yard 
that we are grooming and we really want to grow. And if the decision is negative, we want the city to take full responsibility. Okay. Uh, Antonella, I think uh, the Zoom team uh, turned off the, muted the, uh, your microphone because you've gone beyond the time. Uh, thank you for that presentation. I will send you the presentation. Yes, uh, if you could send that to to uh, to, uh, to Kristen at City Hall, that would be helpful. Um, at this point, are there other uh, people uh, that would uh, we're, we're in public comment? Anybody else? Uh, raise your hand in the Zoom application or star nine on your star. Is it star nine or star six? Uh, what's the star nine? Correct. Star nine. Um, um, I'm seeing Antonella once again with raised hand. I, I don't know if that gentleman is that her, is that person at, is that at your house or is that your neighbor? Uh, property that has the tree directly behind it. And what I wanted to tell you was, is that I've lost two trees on that uh, on that slope already in the past 10 years. And this is the third one that I would be losing. And, right, what's, your, what's your name and address for the record? Uh, my name is Bob Gibron, G-E-B-R-O-N, okay. and I'm the homeowner of 125 Tamales. Okay, so you're a separate homeowner, so we'll give you three minutes also. Yeah, I just want, just, I'll be quick. Um, I just want you to realize that underneath, you know, our ground swell there, you know, in that, and where I've terraced it in three different areas because of the loss of those trees. You know, I've done as much as I could to, to protect my, my, my land, but that tree is leaning so far over that it's bound to, you know, coming, be coming down in the very near future. Secondly, underneath in the groundswell, we've got incredible amount of really bad pipes. The material that those pipes were made from have deteriorated. They no longer exist for the most part. And no one's come in my yard and said, well, let me take a sample. No one from Sausalito has come in my yard and said, I'm going to dig in and let's find out about this. It hasn't been done. And uh, being a former property manager in San Francisco, I saw a great many pipes and that were demolished, you know, because they just wore out. The pipes that are down there now were, were designed for 30 years, maybe. And they've been down there twice that long. They were in a lawsuit. So, you know, and, and we've had to file a lawsuit, uh, you know, eight years ago to, to try and get the, the city to look at these, you know, these pipes and, and look at the damage. Because we had an incredible amount of sewage come up from the ground and, you know, come all over our yards. Caused a lot of mold, caused a lot of problems. We just want what's fair, all right? When I'm not, I'm not asking the city to, to go broke, I'm just, we're trying to get the city to do the right thing. Because if these trees, if this tree were to fall over, you know, who's gonna be the, who's gonna be in charge of that? Who's gonna, who's gonna be the one who has to make you know, the payments for that? We don't want to, to, to cause the city any more funds to go out than, than, than necessary. We just want what's fair. You know, we're, we love our city. We don't want you know you guys to take a bum rap, but this is beyond the pale. You've someone's got to do something about this. Uh, and being a seventy-five-year-old man living alone, 
you know, and seeing that tree looming over us every day, it's, it's not easy. It's not conducive to pleasant living. I don't go in my backyard anymore, yeah. you know? And I like to plant and do all that stuff, you know, in the backyard and all, but man, it's dangerous back there. Mm-hmm. Just look at the tree, look at the side, look, look at this angle that it is, it is on. It's coming down soon. I don't know when, you know, if, if I had my choice, you know, I would say, I hope it never comes down. I love trees, but this has put us both me and both my neighbors in, you know, in a precarious situation. It just needs to be, you know, something needs to be done about it. You know, we just want peace of mind and we want what's fair. Okay. Uh, uh, three minutes is up, but I, I thank you for your comments. Uh, I don't see any additional public comments, so I'll close public comment at this time and bring it back up to the dais. Uh, at this point, um, looking for recommendations from the commission, uh, start with uh, Commissioner Fellow. Well, I think, uh, thank you, Chair. I, I think it's a little unfortunate that the the actual applicant is is not here. Um, I, so I'm not, I'm not, and, and staff has recommended this for denial. We have an arborous report that reports this tree to be healthy. Uh, heritage uh, oak trees um, or live coastal oak, you know, are part of Sausalito. They're everywhere. It's part of what defines the character. Um, I'm not sure that where the the fear of going outside is. And based on some of the photos I saw, there's quite a lot of blue sky. So I would make a motion to support the staff report and deny this project or the the request for removal. Is there a second? And uh, Nastasha, you're you're muted. If you're saying you look like you're saying something, but you're muted. I I was going to just echo um, Commissioner Feller. It 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 would be best, of course, if the applicant was here. Um, I do understand what the neighbors are saying, and I'm sympathetic to their fears. But I do think that the arborist report is is weak at best, given that this is a heritage coastal live oak protected tree and would support a, a motion for a continue a continuance um, based on what staff had mentioned at the beginning, getting that late mail. Um, I, I did not have a chance to read it until now. So I appreciated the neighbor's presentation to bring me up to speed on their concerns. But with, with that in mind, I would support a continuance um, to either to get a more recent report, um, understanding that we did have a very big storm, it, it was worrisome. Perhaps those soil changes um, have have shifted. I, I'm not an arborist, and I don't want to speak uh, for them. But it would be worth an updated report, and I'd, I'd rather consider an updated report given our weather events. So I would support a continuance um, with an updated arborist report. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Saul. Commissioner Graff? Um, thank you. Um, yes, uh, I concur with Commissioner Saad. I, I uh, initially was inclined to uh, lean towards a denial, but 
I think uh, there are circumstances that really need to be looked at and I'm not comfortable making a decision at this point. So I support a, um, a continuance. I think um, uh, Commissioner Saad outlined what we would be looking for. Uh, I might add to that uh, a, a further uh, investigation into the uh, pipes and sewer condition that may or may not be affected by this uh, tree. That's okay, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Um, I, uh, I, I echo Commissioner Feller's comment about it would be helpful if, if the arborist or the applicant was here because uh, I have the, the words minor to significant uh, did concern me because I did go out and see the tree personally and it is leaning. Uh, but if it's totally healthy and it's never going to come down, uh, coastal oaks tend to lean. But but <laughs> it definitely, if it leans, it hits, it hits the roof and it hits the house. So uh, so I understand the, the, the concerns, but I understand we're in order to make the findings that we have to, that uh, uh, we can't do it with a healthy tree and this arborist report is not very detailed. So uh, so with uh, that, I, I'll look, uh, I heard uh, a motion to support the staff report. I heard a motion for continuance. So uh, what, uh, what, what do we prefer to do here, Commissioner Feller? So I'm willing to rescind my, my motion, but I, I think I'd like to add to some of the conditions that we have to hear. I mean, if if there's concern about all these pipes that are private pipes, then the onus is on the applicant or the neighbors to to actually come back with some information about their pipes. Uh, they don't appear to be city pipes, as mentioned um, by staff. Uh, so I, I think that that that's important. I'd also want to understand you know, who who is maintaining this tree and what is the regular maintenance of it? I mean, like many trees, uh, it likes to be, you know, species like this like to be trimmed, maybe not topped, but trimmed. They like to, they like that. They, they thrive in that. Um, and um, again, th this species is all over Sausley, though. It's part of what makes uh, lovely landscape around here. So uh, this is not an unusual or unique situation. And I, it, I I worry that this is not being taken seriously if the arborist and the applicant is not even here. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Fell. Are you suggesting that maybe in order to increase the light for the abutting residences? I mean, the problem here is that this tree affects the abutters more than it affects the applicant. That's probably why they're not here. But and, the, and my understanding is the the abutters asked the applicant to submit this. Uh, if the if this tree were topped or trimmed, do you think it it might help with the light and keep the danger if it were to fall not to hit the house? Is that you think it could be trimmed enough to do that? I mean, I am not an arborist like like Commissioner Saad. We are not arborists, but right. um, you know, having uh, this species, you know, in on my property and around my property, I know that they do enjoy that. So uh, what I would just ask is if we're going to continue this anyway, which I, I can support, I want it to be clear, you know, what some of these caveats are. I mean, if, it, if the tree is just never maintained, well, maybe some maintenance will, will help the situation. Um, you know, removing a healthy tree 
is a, is an absolute last resort, particularly when there is no no development going in its place. Okay, uh, thank you, Commissioner Fellow. I, at this point, I would uh, uh, I'm hearing that we would like somebody to make a motion to the effect of. Uh, as much as uh, I try to avoid continuances, in this case, we would continue this to a date uncertain uh, and uh, request that, um, uh, oh, Kristen, I'll get you in a second. Let me just put the concept out there and then uh, I'm guessing there's some technical reason why that's an issue. Uh, we, we would uh, continue this to a, a date uh, uncertain um, and ask, uh, uh, for the arborist to determine whether this tree could be trimmed in order to address any safety or other issues uh, and uh, address the issue about the potential damage it's doing to the sewer line. Um, let me, before I go to Commissioner Sog, uh, Kristen, is there, a, there, is there a technical issue here or something? Well, first I see a Chris Sullivan in the audience. And if this is the Chris Sullivan, who's our applicant, we may want to ask him to speak okay. to see if there's anything he wants to say or agree to. Secondly, uh, I'm, I neglected to discuss this with the city attorney, but I, I typically consider all discretionary permits to be subject to the Permit Streamlining Act. And if that's the case, uh, the applicant should grant us the one-time 90-day extension of the processing time limit in order to be sure they have time to get these things done that you're asking for. Uh, okay, and who, uh, who who do we think is the applicant? Uh, that's Mike Chris Andrew. Sullivan. I, I believe no. that. Might be on the next oh, line. I'm sorry. That's the next application. No, Steve Clement. We're looking for Steve Clements. Um, maybe Sergio can weigh in on that legal issue you've raised, Kristen, real quick, um, so we can move this along. I don't think yeah. we need to worry about the Permit Streamlining Act at this moment, yeah. uh, absent the applicant trying to invoke remedies. Um, okay. So. Let's let's move this along without that at this point. Uh, okay, uh, I'll entertain a motion uh, uh, to uh, either to the effect of what I just described or some other motion if somebody wants to make a motion. I'll make a motion to continue this item to a date uncertain uh, and ask for uh, additional information from the arborist. Um, including any history of maintenance to the tree, including any information that any applicant or a butter has on their uh, un underground piping or sewer lines that they can provide that might support uh, this application request. Um, and Commissioner Saad, am I missing anything? No, thank you. I was going to add the history of maintenance. Um, I I would be interested to know if we'd agree to an updated arborist report from. Yeah, is that is that the intention? Yeah, we're looking for additional information. So yeah, it has sure. to be. It has to be okay. I just wanted to clarify that. That okay? Yes. Um, no, I don't think you're missing anything, and I would second that. Okay. Okay, we have a motion on the floor and a second, uh, Commissioner Graff. I just wanted to add to the um, <clears throat> uh, request for continuance that uh, a new arborist report might, uh, if it was appropriate, make uh, recommendations of what might be done 
to uh, prevent any damage from the tree or to uh, uh, to make the tree better, you know, to to uh, whatever might the things might be done to mitigate the circumstances, Perfect. such as such as trimming the tree or something. Whatever, right? willing to accept that amendment. Willing to accept. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, all right, we have a motion on the floor. We have a second. Uh, Commissioner um, Director Phipps, can you take the roll? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Son. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yeah. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Uh, moving on. Uh, uh, 615 Sausalito Boulevard. Uh, is um, uh, is that is that Kristen also? Yes, all three of these will be me tonight. Okay, Kristen, uh, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Do you see this screen here with the civil plan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'd like to acknowledge again that that we have received five late mail communications on this property. All of these late mail communications were attached to the agenda and were forwarded to the commission. Um, <clears throat> the project applicant is requesting uh, tree removal permits, design review, and an encroachment agreement to support their plan to remove 23 trees located in the Sausalito and Marion Avenue rights away and on site of which seven are unprotected and 16 are protected trees. Uh, and one additional tree, number 24, is located on 107-109 Marion Avenue, and it's also proposed for removal due to its proximity to grading and retaining wall construction. They've also proposed to grade the street frontage in the site and construct retaining walls to support a driveway entry and future building paths. No residential structure is proposed under this permit. Based on the civil plans, the work proposed includes 1,840 cubic yards of cut and 155 cubic yards of fill. The retaining wall design includes stacked walls in the Sausalito Boulevard right-of-way separated by approximately one foot. Each wall will range in height from six to 10 feet for an overall combined height of approximately 20 feet at the highest points. A stacked wall system is also proposed in the rear yard um, and the combined wall heights would uh, reach approximately 14 feet. The project site's an undeveloped, heavily vegetated, steeply sloping parcel with an average grade of about 60 to 70 percent. The total land area is 5,622 square feet. The lot was previously a portion of 109-111 Marion Avenue, and the subdivision map separating this lot was recorded in, I believe, uh, 2016. As the paved uh, right-of-way does not match the full width of the, the real right-of-way that is Sausalito Boulevard, uh, the lot is separated from the improved roadway by about 26 feet of unimproved right-of-way that's steeply sloping. As discussed in the staff report, the subject application and civil design was deemed incomplete by the city departments, including planning, fire, and public works. However, the applicant noted that we provided them comments after the 30-day review period required under government code and required that we continue with pub the public hearing process on this application. So this is why this application is before you, even though it's not complete. I'm gonna move to the second page. 
just so you can see the design better. The subject application proposes to construct accessory structures in the form of a driveway and supportive retaining walls, but has omitted a proposed primary use or per permitted use for which these walls and driveway would support. The applicant's been informed that the proposed accessory use is not permitted unless there is a primary use or a primary use proposed for the site. In order for the Planning Commission to approve, to approve the proposed application, the Sausalito Municipal Code requires a series of findings under the design review chapter. Staff finds the scope of the proposed work would circumvent the whole purpose of the design review process. Planning Commission ch charges to consider an entire development that ensures um, that both the residential development and supportive features, including the driveway access and finished grades of the proposed building pad are best suited to the site, minimize impacts on the neighbor's views, et cetera. To make findings of approval of the design review permit, permit, all of the design elements, including a residential development should be included in this application. More specific to the project is filed, the project's not consistent with the Sausalito general plan as required under finding one, as the applicants not proposed a permitted use as consistent with the general plan designation. In addition, project design was determined to be deficient by fire department, required correction, <clears throat> and clarification regarding the driveway grade and width. Therefore, the applicants failed to comply with finding 10 in that the details and configuration of the proposed driveway design <clears throat> will not provide an appropriate level of traffic safety and emergency access to the site. The applicants proposed the removal of 24 trees and grading excess of 1,840 cubic yards. In the right of way and on the site, within, um, which has an average grade of 60 to 70, but has not applied for the necessary grading permits and provided supportive geotech reports to demonstrate the site conditions can adequately support the design. Therefore, the pros project does not meet the findings of conditions number 11 or the finding number 11 in that the evidence is not provided to demonstrate the proposed design preserves protected trees and the natural features of the site to a reasonable extent or minimizes site degradation due to construction activities. Lastly, the applicants failed to provide evidence that the property owner at 109 and 111 Marion Avenue has supported the proposed removal of tree 24. In evaluating the findings required to recommend approval of an encroachment agreement, staff finds that the subject application does not meet the criteria B or C. Based on the project record, approval of an encroachment permit for construction of an accessory structure or use absent a proposed permitted primary structure or use, and without completion of a design review application to fully evaluate the project would establish an undesirable land use precedent. Further, there's no evidence in the record to demonstrate that the proposed encroachment in both Sausalito Boulevard and Marion Avenue is reasonable or necessary to enjoy reasonable use of the property to determine that the extent of the requested encroachment is justifiable or to, um, with regard to the required findings for tree removal permits based on the project record, the applicant does not meet SMC 1112030B1A. As the submitted arborist report indicates that the majority of the trees, the protected trees are in fair to good condition. And there's no indication that removal is necessary to ensure the public safety. Further, the application does not comply with finding 1112030B3A as the removal of healthy trees may be avoided with redesign of the proposed driveway, access and modification of the building pad and supportive retaining walls. 
None of this can be determined because we don't have adequate information. Or 1112030B3D, as the value of the tree in the neighborhood is greater than the inconvenience to the owner. Lastly, there's no evidence in the record that the property owners of 109-111 Marion Avenue have authorized removal of their tree. Staff recommends the project be denied as, as demonstrated in the staff report and we have provided you with a resolution of denial for your consideration. Uh, Kristen, thank you very much. Uh, that, I, I want to say uh, your one year staff report was extremely thorough and also I really appreciate your full understanding of the Sausalito Municipal Code. So uh, that is well appreciated. Uh, at this point, I'm going to have qu uh, questions from commissioners of the staff report. Uh, I'll start uh, with Commissioner Feller. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, I do not have any further questions for staff at this time. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Saad. I just had one question. I wanted to echo that. It was an excellent report. Thank you very much. Um, did, did staff receive any further correspondence or updates to the notice of incomplete or, or from anything more submitted from fire, any response to any of the concerns that were raised by the various departments? To my knowledge, I have no new information provided. They did not respond to our email inquiries as to whether okay. they'd like to take a different tact. Okay, thank you. That's my only question. Thank you, um, Chair Luxembourg. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Commissioner Graf. Um, uh, no questions. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, I don't have any uh, questions either. I do wanna make a just a comment on uh, public mail comments. Some of the ones are coming in with uh, an Adobe problem and then uh, they got reposted and whatever, but I don't know if that's coming from outside of city hall or something in city hall but um even some of the stuff that got posted uh i'm not necessarily on this one but had this weird adobe thing and that might have been my computer versus the posting but i i had it happen on both my phone and on my computer so i just flagged that for you to to check you know with a, another computer just in case with this uh do you know who uh for the applicant is here this evening Kristen? I saw Mr. Sullivan in okay. the list of uh, attendees. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Mr. Sullivan, uh, you, you'll have a 15 minute window to uh, provide uh, your presentation. You do not necessarily have to take all of that at, your, at the first part. If we will then open it up for public comments and you would, if you reserve some of your time, you could also make those comments, uh, you can make additional comments. So uh, with that, if the Zoom team can uh, set a timer to 15 minutes. Uh, Mr. Sullivan, uh, do you need to share your screen? Uh, Mr. Sullivan needs to be unmuted. Uh, Zoom team, if you could help with that. Yes, I do. I do need to share a screen, please. Uh, okay, you, you've been made co-host, so you can share your screen. Uh, the floor is yours. I'm not familiar with the way you folks may use Zoom, so I have... It should be on the bottom uh, a green thing that says share screen. Yeah. Thank you. Yep, yeah, on my Zoom it's not there, but it's going to share anyway. Um, yeah. Thank you anyway. We can see it. Yeah, you just see the screen. Yes. 
do you see a screen um, that says one new home to your family? Yeah. Uh, yes. Just just one screen or more than one screen? Just one. Just okay, one. great. Great. Well, thank you, commissioners, for the opportunity to make a presentation. Very important to me for um, my new home um, at 215 Sausalito Boulevard. The proposed agenda background, our application, the process as it's happened so far in the city, um, Sausalito Municipal Code and uh, uh, other texts, uh, followed by comment, no doubt. Um, is my screen showing uh, showing well? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so background, I, I think some of you are familiar. Um, the lot was created uh, by a minor subdivision action in 2016. The lot's in the R2 2.5 uh, zone, um, essentially medium to high density. Um, there was a planning permit issued to the prior owner for ostensibly a single family home or was it dual family? Um, that permit was extended through to about 2020. Um, a mitigated negative declaration was recorded in the registry for the, for the site um, and the home in December 2009, when the prior applicants started the process. Um, as the lady who presented, who uh, I think I've met briefly one time uh, for a couple of minutes in the city office, um, is correct at 5,622. Of course, as we all know, the majority, over 50%, much more, of available residential lots and sustainable to our steep slope. Um, our application is to build a home, homes, whether they be dual family plus an ADU or a single family plus two small ADUs. Um, we entered into a lot purchase agreement with the prior owner in June 2018, some time ago. Um, our family moved in April 20. I moved my office here from where I'm speaking to Sausalito on Bridgeway. And um, after some time during the pandemic, we got our sons into uh, local schools, local school. Uh, <clears throat> the family's objective is to create stability. Um, we've moved a bit before now, but so that we could have one stable home location through the school years of our, of our children. The Duff family, um, are to occupy the other part of the dual family. Um, a little bit of history, which will be relevant to the um, participants. Um, we couldn't close until the adjacent lot, uh, 109 Marion, above us, uh, uh, had its mortgage balance paid. So um, a year ago, um, Mr. Tan um, bought that home and lot on the same day, at the same hour, we closed on 215 Sausalito Boulevard, which is further down and uh, off Sausalito Boulevard. Um, so we had to close together. Everyone knew about the previous planning permits and proposed construction. We mutually assisted each other. Mr. Dixon, who I see has written comments, was the agent for that transaction, at least Mr. Tan's side. Um, as well aware of all of the things going on, at least 
I hope it was because he could have should have probably told the owner sure he did the new owner so we think to build driveway and a home with uh, ADUs or a uh, single family dual family in one ADU um as advised and required it seems to uh, um and go through this process, um, we, um, and we wanted to, we sent a letter to all neighbours uh, last April um, within 300 feet, uh, which is actually quite a lot of people, in fact. Um, the great majority of the feedback we received, which majority I had in writing, was, I have to say, almost overwhelmingly about not adding parking on Sausalito Boulevard, um, as there are three or four parking spaces, and those are all right up against an unprotected drop. Um, and at any one day, it seems 10 or 12 cars coming and going and needing to park. So we took we took those comments <clears throat> very much to, to heart um, because we had considered a, an underground uh, garage, we had considered uh, a mechanized device to get up 30 feet, maybe. Um, that was going to be um, about half a million dollars, I think. Um, we continued on. Uh, David Solmaz, uh, who is to our east um, on Sausalito Boulevard, um, at that time said he will support the driveway. We haven't heard anything different, uh, but he wants to a small retaining wall placed between his house and the driveway side, which is about 25 feet away approximately. Uh, and we agree to that, um, given there might possibly be a disturbance from the build activities. Um, we met uh, Lovely Hancocks, um, hello, um, and received a letter of support, but I do note it, I do note, and I'm sure importantly, um, the following discussions with absolute neighbours and maybe, um, uh, of course, very much has his own mind, uh, decided that the driveway, in his opinion, was not such a good idea, subject to his comments. Um, we received feedback from our, we have two neighbours above us, Mr. Tan and the uh, Jeffrey Michelle, the Dumont family. Uh, Mr. Tan asked that we pay his architect and engineering fees to provide all feedback um, and a guarantee um, and bond that if anything went wrong, um, that we would pay him forthwith. Um, the Jeffrey and Michelle Dumont had, had at that time many questions, and we did uh, a Zoom meeting spanning really across the whole range, um, architectural, structural, civil, geotechnical, uh, Stacey Cray, I will not speak for her. She's the next house past the Dumonts. Um, was mildly, mildly supportive, subject to view confirmation discussion. And we, of our own volition, installed some story polls to help with that discussion. We'll come back to this, but a, a driveway, which is the principal complaint of um, Ms. Tiki, I believe I. She says she's uh, our planner, but we've we've never spoken with her. The first substantive communication or any communication we had was something we found on the city website with a denial drafted 
for the commissioners to approve. Yes, indeed, our home, and we have not heard from the planner for four months and at all. How does that work? <laughs> anyway, strange things happen. What drive, and we could have discussed all of this prior to this meeting. A driveway is not an accessory use, nor an accessory structure, including specifically in Sausalito, California. I'll say more about that. It's important. It is obviously a threshold subject in the opinion of the people who have presented to you from the city side. So it will be time consuming and significantly reduce the time that I have to explain our application. Sorry, that's a large file, so I'm going to open it elsewhere. Quite, quite simply, uh, we need to have uh, access to, to our lot. Can people see the civil plans? Yes, yes, we can. Yeah, thanks. We, we need to have access to our lot. We, we currently repel, a reverse repel, up the side of the slope to get to it. Um, and um, that that obviously doesn't work. Sorry, I'm having a, a technical issue here. Is the civil plan once again? Uh, for yes, us it is. yes, it is. So uh, standing at Sausalito Boulevard, which is pretty narrow at this point, um, it just about allows for a car to park and one to pass with about six inches spare, maybe a little more depending on the exact spot. So standing here at Sausalito Boulevard, looking up at the hill, it, it seems clear, uh, and for reasons I will go into, that a driveway to get up to, we propose, a 165-foot elevation would be sensible, common sense, and part of any any good design to, to access this lot. There are a number of subjects. One is we, we don't actually front onto the graded Sausalito Boulevard, uh, so we, we have to get over and up to the lot. A, an important subject also is that the, the further this way that we move the house, which is proposed to be here in the dotted line, in the dashed line, the, 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 the uh, here, in fact, the, the, the closer that, that we move in this direction, the more it, uh, the, the more it presents itself for the two homes of the Dumonts, Jeffrey and Michelle and Stacy Cray over to this side, because their view is out through here. The more we move it, and just to create space and attempt to keep excavation somehow reasonable um, or reasonable is, is, is a related subject. So in our proposal, we have conceived a 13% uh, driveway grade uh, up to 165 and to essentially stop at the corner of the lot. Um, if we were to have a driveway coming up into the lot, we, we would lose essentially all of the, a good portion of the limited building space 
this this width is with the setbacks is, is about 35 feet um, only. I can't see a clock because I have so many screens. Oh, three, three minutes and seven seconds left. Sorry, I'm at 10 minutes? Three minutes, three minutes left. Three minutes left, okay. So um, the coverage grade calculation is, is 180, the, the points below the proposed structure. That takes us up 32 feet to 212 feet. Uh, the demands here are at 225 foot on this survey, certainly pretty close. Uh, Mr. Tan is here and his views really go east and north across the bay. Uh, this goes back into the hill, essentially up here, which is where some where any of the height would be around this area here. Um, folks, it's impossible to turn into and out of a garage on Sausalito Boulevard. It, it simply couldn't be done. Um, there would be no there would be no sight line, and we found no engineer prepared to propose it. Um, this driveway design is good for, for any house. It doesn't impinge on the lot really at all. Um, the driveway can, can accommodate any of the future house designs that you would care to comment on. So far, uh, we had a pre-application meeting with Rosalind Thompson, neighbor engagement we submitted. We advised that day that our investors will need to comply with the PSA. Uh, we have not been able to reach a planner. Um, we've had some occasional very useful communication with uh, Brandon Phipps, helpful. His central message was about accessory uses, but he took a conciliatory and, and helpful tone in general. Um, we submitted, uh, we booked uh, to have a meeting for intake with a planner, but no planner showed up. We wrote multiple emails. Um, I wrote to Miss um, Teak on November the 8th to follow up on a meeting that we'd had for about three minutes where she said she was busy. Um, we saw the application had been assigned to Adrian and Mas Mascural. In utter exasperation, we asked for an agenda item in the council meeting. That was the first time we heard from a planner. So we'd had three months of silence as we all know, the city offices are only open for three hours a week. As to the law, um, in the code of the city, an accessory structure means a detached building on the same lot. So the drafted staff report and denial, which I sincerely hope we're not paying for, had to put that in, which goes to accessory uses is incorrect. The accessory uses are listed here, second column. If indeed the driveway were an accessory use or an accessory structure, it would be listed above and it's not. Um, I'd like to use Williams for accessory uses. Uh, he's got a compendium of um, 
all active cases and appeal cases. These are the five uh, I would. So, Mr. Sullivan, if you can just wrap up, you've gone yeah. through your full 15 minutes. They must be located on the same lot. They must be customarily incidental, which, of course, a driveway can never be. Here's the problem we have, folks. Um, my sons are seven and eight. Uh, this is a tabulation of the single family, dual families approved. Uh, in Sausalito, um, it's circulating around at the moment. Um, I've personally checked each one. The average permitting time for a single family in the city of Sausalito is 6.8 years. My sons will be 17 and 18 by that time that we would finish development, which we approximate to be two years and two months for certificate of occupancy. Um, Maddox goes to the same school as the owner of the daughter of the owner of um, the large developments just off Bridgeway, um, Valhalla. Chair Luxembourg. Okay, yeah, yes. Uh, Mr. Sullivan, you're you're getting off subject to all right. Uh, I'll stay on subject. So your, the, your concern about building your house and getting your children in it before they go to university. Uh, that's that's very clear. But uh, at this point, I think we're going to wrap. And up that's it. I have I have finished. So I'm asking for the assistance of the plan. Okay. Okay. Uh, so at this point, if you can stop sharing your screen and come back to your video, uh, we will. Um, uh, there we go. So uh, basically, we're going to have this will be the time for questions from commission members. I'm going to take the opportunity here before I go around to ask a couple questions myself. Uh, it is clear you, you want to build a house or a duplex uh, or, a, or a house in a duplex in an ADU or something like that. If uh, in order to uh, answer questions like, does it create a shadowing effect or how you turn around or, uh, you know, uh, you need a geotechnical report. All of these things are needed. Traditionally, we need to see what you're proposing. This is a driveway to nothing at the moment. We need to see not just the lay, not just the dotted line of where a house might go, but what the house is. And without that, we don't have a complete application. So I guess my question to you, because you do want to get this built for your children, is when when will you have the plans for a house? Uh, you're you're muted. Can Zoom team? Can we unmute Mr. Sullivan? Hold uh, on one second. Thank you, everybody. Okay, thank you for the um, empathic statement about our family's home. It's the first one I've heard since we started this process. Um, though Brandon has been helpful. Be because the proposal for a house involves so much elapsed time, and because the city code does not disallow it, we wish to build the access to our future home. Our plans to submit, and we'll commit to this, for a home or homes on the site, we will do in the next couple of months. And I'm prepared to swear, affirm, 
our intent and for you to condition this on that use and submission. But I'm very scared that as we go into this, and there are other documents now that talk about architects not receiving for single families, including on this street, right around the corner, any responses from city planning for five months and others going on for so many years that we ask for your assistance. And clearly that's partly because of the process of going back and forth with all constituents and the time and effort required to draft documents and explain them in a meaningful way is that because the code does allow it and because of the historical enormously long times to get a house building permit that we be allowed to at least start the access for our home i i understand what you're asking i will tell you that uh, there have been examples where somebody uh, starts to take out part of a hill, builds construction of driveways, and then can't get funding for their house, and it, and, and it destabilizes the environment. Traditionally, if you were to come in with a complete application, we would, we would process it forthwith, and in doing so, we would uh, uh, approve, uh, tell you that you can't start demolition on the driveway until you're ready to go with the house because we don't want a situation where it's half built. So uh, quite honestly, the issue here, uh, I mean, you can give examples and uh, you know, I can apologize on behalf of the city for some staff turnover that we had in CDD, but we are, well, but that is, we're moving forward now. And so, uh, but without knowing what you're going to put there, it would be very difficult to uh, approve this and about three quarters of what you're asking to build is not on land you own. It's, it's, on, it's in the city right away. So we, we need to know what the house is gonna be quite honestly, in order to approve this. And if you have us, you know, you don't want, I, I wouldn't even think you'd wanna build a driveway to nothing without having the approval of your, of your house. So, uh, I don't know. With that, I'm going to open it up other questions of commissioners. Uh, I'll start with uh, Commissioner Graff. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, I, it's, it seems clear to me that the whole process is just not being followed correctly. Um, uh, there are just too many... Uh, too many unknowns in the project. Uh, I, I just can't imagine uh, approving this particular effort. Um, uh, I think that the territory has been pretty well covered. Uh, I just simply think that it, 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 we, we need to see the whole project um, and, and that's all there is to it. That's all I have to say. Okay, well, thank you, Commissioner Graff, Commissioner Feller. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg, uh, and uh, thank you, Mr. Sullivan, for your presentation. Um, it, it's clear what you intend to do here. 
Um, I, I think you need to focus on your project and not anybody else's project and what's happened on their projects. There's always a lot of reasons why things are delayed. Uh, sometimes those are on property owners, sometimes that's on funding, sometimes that's a combination of a multitude of things, but let's focus only on your project. And I, and I, I would love to see something built here. The problem that we that we face and and the risk that's involved is and this is meant to sort of help inform maybe a process that we can get through with you is you're asking for quite a lot of excavation you're you're looking for removal of a substantial amount of trees that that are should be looked at almost collectively not singularly because it's a whole habitat. And your your this commission has to make a recommendation to the city council to approve um, easements and so on uh, and encroachments into city property. We cannot make those informed decisions. We cannot make those recommendations um, to the city council without the proper information in front of us. And this commission has that that you're in front of tonight. Uh, and our our uh, our vice chair, who is not with us due to an illness right now, we've very commonly um, uh, conditioned approvals, as the chair was saying, where you will not achieve a demo permit until you achieve a building permit. Uh, that is particularly important on this site. It is, I believe, subject to the heightened design review standards, which are higher standards than design review. And you've got substantial slope in a city that um, has a number of findings based on the Landside Task Force in how to handle these sort of, these types of situations. So engineering is quite key. So so what we have in front of us tonight, um, I, I don't believe that we can make any motion to to approve because it's incomplete. So I hope that what I've described to you will help inform a process and what we're looking for and why. And so when you come back to us, you'll have that information and we can have those, those discussions and talk through uh, how, how you're actually going to uh, achieve your, your family home. And, and we will all advocate for that, you know, obviously within the confines of the Sausalito Municipal Code and ordinances and and all of those sorts of things, but um, you know, we're, we're we're looking forward to seeing what you envision on this property. So I I I, I would not be in a position uh, to move forward with what you presented to us tonight, but I am looking forward to what you come come to us uh, with in a complete package. Uh, thank you, uh, Commissioner Fowler. Uh, Commissioner Sutton. I just would like to echo everything um, Commissioner Feller just said. I'm in complete agreement um, with her comments, and I want to make sure that the applicant hopefully does understand those. The only question that I had um, was in relation, and I'm sorry because I'm having a lot of lag time on my end of my laptop, but um, for one, the, the fire um, prevention uh, conversation. Um, I believe it is, I, I'm not confident of what attachment it is, but it is part of the packet from November 22nd. Um, if they've had a chance to review and digest and any response to those that they're either prepared for tonight 
or or hopefully in the future, um, I'd ask I'd ask that of Mr. Sullivan if he's had a, received those and understands what the fire um, force is asking for and if there are any concerns around how they're deeming it incomplete. Did you have a response there? I think Mr. Sullivan might need unmuting again. Can we unmute? There you go. I think yeah. I yes, on the fire, you, you, you joined along with uh, the fire. The application is complete. By law, it's complete. Now, it can be subject to further information requests by um, the city to amplify and clarify, and I have received none of those requests. But under the Permit Streamlining Act, the, the application is complete. There's a difference, of course, between completeness and, as it were, corrections. As to the fire subject, in my conversations with Southern Marin, they will accept a 14-foot width because the truck will be able to ascend on the basis that the 17-foot width higher up of the plan I'm looking at now will allow the fire doors to open. So clearly, there are many, many, many existing lots that don't really are not able to conform to every provision. So therefore, as is the case here, the fire department has noted the exceptions that they would be prepared to make. On the point of geotechnical, the geotechnical report has been on file with the city of Sausalito since 2009. And upon a check that I made a few days ago, it remains on file. And Mr. Jane Nelson, geotechnical engineer, has stated that of the 800 sites that he has surveyed in Marin and over 100 in Sausalito, that this is in the top two stable sites in the entire city of Sausalito. There's rock, it's very stable. Uh, we proposed a drainage plan. That's my answer to your your questions. Thank you, thank you, Ms. Uh, Mr. Sullivan. Uh, additional questions, Commissioner Sullivan. I do not have additional questions. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, for example, uh, you're going to drive up this driveway. How are cars getting down the driveway? Are they going to turn around? Are they going into a garage? What do you, what is your intent? Yep, we could we could go into a garage and turn around. Sure. Well, see that that this is the issue that we're having that you could, but are you? So we we need to see, you know, uh, I mean, we need to see what you want to propose for this site. You can't build a, you know, twelve foot structure to get to no place. I mean, you've got to if you're going to turn around in the garage or you're going to turn around before the garage. How far is the garage set back? How high how high does the building go? Some of the, uh, I don't know the specific examples you said about other things taking so long, but part of the problem we've had is somebody comes in without a plan of whatever, uh, of what they're actually going to build and doesn't have all the information that's needed in order for it to be re reviewed so we can make the findings. 
So we want to help you build your house, but we need you to come in with a set of plans that says what that house is. And then this driveway gets you to your house. And then we can figure out uh, the encroachment permit you need from the city council. But without knowing what it's going to, it, it, you know, it, it's it's an accessory use to a house that hasn't been submitted, basically. It, and I, I don't know how we're, we're trying to it's help. It's not you. an accessory bit. use. It's not an accessory use. So, so it's a parking lot. And in essence, what you're doing is you're building a parking area. Yeah, uh, I'm building a driveway. We can't. A driveway is a parking area. I, I look for examples in Northern California of debates over terms and what the appeals court decided. And do you know what? The one that came up was the city of Sausalito. And the judge in San Rafael ruled that you cannot ask me, city of San Sausalito, to give meaning to your code or define words. They're obviously either defined in the code or in general planning convention. And this is another example. And and the city's defense was struck down. Accessory structure and use are defined in the Sausalito Municipal Code. And we can't rewrite that. Additionally, I will need you to point out what it is in the city code that does not allow you to make findings. I would also well, I, like I think I think the staff report has done that. I'm gonna to go to Commissioner Saad has another question. So I want to have her ask that. Commissioner Saad. All right. I, I want a point of clarification, Chair Feller. If we're at a uh, point of deliberation here, or are we asking, are we still having open conversation? I mean, open questions with the applicant? I, uh we're 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 not deliberating. We're trying to ask questions. So I think we need to get back on asking questions uh but i i'm trying to figure out a way to help this applicant uh come in with what he needs to come in with but i guess uh, at this point uh we're not going to get into a, or the, the staff report is fairly clear so yeah i think you are correct commissioner Saad. so uh, uh do you have an additional question or i i personally do not have any additional questions okay thank you any other commissioners have any additional questions before i open this up for public comment no additional questions thank okay you. so we're going to now take public comment and then we will deliberate uh, uh mr sullivan used this time uh didn't reserve any time so that's the plan of attack uh at this point uh i will look to my list here and see i have one hand raised uh mrs bushmaker uh welcome back um, <laughs> i can't seem to get enough so i'm back uh, good evening, everybody. Good evening, uh, Chris Sullivan. I've met you before. I reside at 317. I'm the immediate next door neighbor on the same side of the street as 215, uh, but there's nothing between us. Um, my concerns are about traffic, the narrowness of the road, and the hill stability, because I do see quite a bit of chert in the road uh, when I walk by there daily with my dog. Uh, and the narrowness of the road. Uh, the There are cars parked immediately across the street from, from this residence or from this property. Uh, and so the road is, is indeed very narrow there. With regard to the trees, I just want to say I have a personal uh, 
opinion that I think those trees could be, uh, some of them could be removed and cleared up. It's a very dense foliage at this section of Sausalito Boulevard. And as I've said, it's on a very steep slope, as you've already pointed this out, up to 60 some degrees. And I do know that the property I have observed, uh, the property at 119 Sausalito Boulevard has had uh, a mini uh, mudslide or landslide into their carport from the adjacent property. So the, these are areas that are of concern to me. Uh, obviously, I, I'm not gonna speak for or against the particular application. I just wanted to bring up these elements as a neighbor of this particular property. And this street has plenty of traffic uh, and it is a little challenging for pedestrians and their dogs at all times. And so I just hope that we can take those kind of things into consideration. But I'd like to see another look-see at the trees. Uh, there's lots of thick vegetation overgrowing uh, Sausalito Boulevard at this site. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Mushmaker. Uh, we're going to move on to Ms. Uh, Ms. Dumont. Uh, if you, uh, the Zoom team can uh, unmute Ms. Dumont, uh, uh, we, you'll have, are, are we doing two minutes or three minutes, uh, Director Phipps? I think for for these particular public hearing items, we've been doing three minutes, so let's stay consistent. Can stay consistent. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Ms. Dumont, the floor is yours. Uh, Hi, um, yeah. uh, thank you, Principal Planner Kristen and the Planning uh, Planning Commission. Thank you for your time on this. My name is Michelle Dumont and I live at 514 South Street and my home is adjacent and uphill from 215 Salsalito Boulevard. Um, I extensively annotated the civil plans that Chris provided and I thank him for sending these to me. I won't go through them all, but I hope you have time to review them. Tonight, I'll keep my comments uh, to three points uh, based on the limited information that we have. Number one, it's been said uh, the property is extremely steep at 65%. That's the slope. Half of my property is at the same slope and I've actually never set foot on it because it's unwalkable. So even imagining construction on this site is really difficult without the full picture. Um, the hill cut calculations are extravagant. I'm an architect, I design homes, and we aim for equal cut and fill. It's really the right thing to do. It's minimal impact. Um, it's not always possible, but it's always the goal. This project has 1,840 cubic yards and a tiny 115 cubic yards of fill. Um, it's just not even close. And the concern here is that this construction will or may destabilize the hill and the older homes all around it. Uh, we're on post and pier uh, constructions with so stilts. Um, and even though we are, I believe, on rock, I, I don't have a geotechnical report to prove that, um, the, the houses move, you know, when we walk around. It's older construction, they're, they're not up to code. Um, and then the last one is the driveway. Uh, it, it's it's huge. <laughs> and I didn't even realize how much of the public way it's going into. Um, and then all the retaining walls. So uh, I included a sketch. I hope that 
Uh, perhaps uh, Chris can consider parking off of Sausalito Boulevard with some excavation and a retaining wall that could help stabilize the hill rather than destabilize it. Um, and ultimately uh, try to minimize unnecessary hillside excavation impacts. And that's it. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you, Ms. DeMont. And your, your information was received. So, and that was added to the agenda. Uh, the next uh, speaker is uh, Hunter Hancock. Uh, uh, Zoom team, if we can unmute Mr. Mr. and Mrs. I'm not sure if Hunter, uh, 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 Hunter Hancock, I uh, guess. Are you unmuted? Can you hear us? Yes, we can. Thank you. Hi there. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for your opinion so far. We we share uh, a lot of the concerns about single project. You know, being able to assess the whole thing together. Tell them what um, I will. We live. Uh, we have sort of the opposite concern of Michelle. We live directly below the property. So we're at 244 Sausalito Boulevard. And uh, if you go out our front door and look at 215, you look right into a, a green wall and then upward. Uh, the 65 degree slope, that's an average slope, but it starts off at maybe 80 degrees. Um, uh, last, let me just sort of start with, with I, I feel there's a, been a little bit of misrepresentation about our opinion. Um, we met originally with Chris. He asked us to uh, not write a letter of support, but to just write a note that clarified our concerns. And uh, what we said in that note, uh, I actually put in the note that I sent to the commission yesterday. Um, we were concerned with the aesthetics of, of the site because the wall all along Sausalito Boulevard is rock covered in foliage. And we really didn't want a large retaining wall situation like I believe it's 37 and 39 Crescent Street. Uh, if you guys know that property, it's it's very artificial. We didn't want that. And so what we said to, to Chris in our note back last summer was uh, a retaining wall and a driveway sounds like a lot. And let's let's see what that looks like and try to make it natural. Um, we haven't heard anything back other than an original sort of friendly note, but uh, we first saw the plans yesterday and- uh, From a neighbor, not from Chris. From a neighbor. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we didn't, quite the opposite of a letter of support. We felt like it was rather unresponsive to our concerns because the driveway is even bigger uh, it, you know, it's quite a large structure and essentially between the driveway and the home, you're sort of paving the entire lot. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're not against there being a home over there. We, you know, we, we would point out that in Sausalito, there are many very nice homes that have difficult lots and that have stairs from the street uh, that have, a, say, a garage on the street or sometimes just uh, just parking on the street. And an elevator up. So a lot of people have elevators as well. Yep. Uh, stairs or a elevator. Um, I can point out a number of them. I'm sure you know a number of them. And um, if I could just speak to Chris for a second. Chris, 
the process here. Mr. Hancock, I, uh, your, your three minutes is up, but also I don't want to get in a situation okay. where you're, you're really giving public comment and we're not, it's not a okay. dialogue between you, you and Mr. That's Sullivan, great. but feel free to contact Mr. Sullivan offline for this. But I would like to say one thing as far as just the, we are concerned about the hillside across. If that came came down, that comes right into our home. We're right there. Um, and also the traffic, like Sandra mentioned, is worrisome because it's already very difficult. We have been hit before just pulling out of our own driveway. If there's more there, that also is a little worrisome to us. Um, and so just want to make sure of that. And also I have a very big love for the protected trees. So that does worry me to take down all 16. There are a lot of junk trees, but the good trees are, um, I would love to see about saving some of those. Thank you for your comments. Thank, thank you. Uh, the next on my list here is uh, Jeffrey Stafford. If Zoom team can unmute Mr. Stafford. Hello, can you guys hear me okay? Uh, yes, we can, thank you. Great. Hi, my name is Jeffrey Stafford and I live at 514 South Street, uh, next door and uphill from South, uh, 215 South Toledo Boulevard. And I would like to open just by thanking the commission, um, agreeing with uh, their assessment. I also wanna say that I, I do welcome development on the property and uh, fully respect the owner's right to develop it reasonably. Uh, I've reviewed materials in the application and have definitive concerns, mainly having to do with the application being split into two, which was covered earlier because we really have no idea what's you know being planned behind the scenes to go on those pads. And just the amount of excavation in part one, if you want to call it that, is extraordinary. So clearly there are investors involved in this development. So I'm naturally just a bit skeptical of what they might be up to as anyone would be. Um, I'm a practicing licensed architect and so I'm a bit baffled by the ambitions of the project. You know, given how little due diligence uh, has been put into something so extraordinary. Um, after assessing the site plans and these plans, I don't believe they really work together with the site uh, in a way that feels Sausalito. Uh, the approach to the design that I see is, is making the site into something that it isn't. It's not a flat site as has been covered. It's, it's quite steep, uh, about as steep as it can get. And so the idea of trying to bring a car up to this home is kind of baffling to me, especially given the history of landslides down the street. And uh, what I see in the site plan looks like a suburban style garage home on a flat site, except that it's not uh, when you look at the heights and the driveway and everything else. So um, layers of massive retaining walls. I strongly believe there are other ways to, to get access to the home from the street. Uh, we can kind of parallel excavation. You get a couple of parking spaces there. Uh, we want him to develop something, but it just, you know, we have to look at the reality of what this hill is, um, something more appropriate to the hillside. Um, from what I could gather in the application materials, the site would go from totally stable, which we believe is, because our home is totally stable at the moment. It's a home from 1964 and it's totally level. Um, and so we don't want it to be something that's blasted away and artificially propped up with freestanding retaining walls that are going all kinds of different directions all over the site. This is totally unnecessary. Retaining walls should be used sparingly. Retaining walls should be part of the home when it's built so that if those walls fail over time, that home is the thing that you know the owner would have to deal with before it starts affecting uphill neighbors. You know, if it's a freestanding wall uphill, that thing starts to lean, it wouldn't affect his property, but it would affect people uphill. So basically in conclusion, you know, this site should be developed as a single project. Excavation should be limited. Retaining walls should be used sparingly. Find a different way to get up to the site. 
Um, use the garage area to basically flatten out the, the home so it's not three levels, bring it down to two. Um, uh, let's see what else. We haven't even seen the official plans. These are just some of the preliminary things that we saw off the record from Chris. Um, so the home can extend into that space and, and stay out of our view corridor. Uh, the home itself should be an essential part of the retaining wall and experts are needed in this process. This is not an amateur site. Uh, and there should this be no- Mr. you reached your, your three minutes, if you could just, your final thought, if you could. Uh, un, uh, unmute him. Hold on one second. Uh, can you unmute him before you can have his final thought, Zoom team? Sorry. But my, my last point, this will be quick, is that there should be no rush whatsoever to skip parts of this pro process at the detriment of others. Uh, thank you very much for your comments this evening. Uh, next person is uh, Stacy Cray, uh, Ms. Cray. Uh, the floor is yours. The Zoom team can go on mute. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, my apologies, but I've been traveling, so I did miss um, I did miss some of this conversation. I came in about three speakers ago. I live at five sixteen South Street, so two houses away from um, from the pro project site. Um, I have been in touch with Chris previously, and um, he was very kind um, and uh, actually put up some sort of faux story polls for me. One of my main concerns is, is views, um, but I, I have not seen the plans. Um, I just got, I mean, I got the notice that you all sent out, uh, but I've been traveling, so I haven't had a chance to do a deep dive. And my apologies, but I didn't submit written comments, so I'll be following up with you afterwards to see if you might take late comments from me. In the meantime, I just wanted to support um, what the previous uh, neighbors have have um, said. I <laughs> live directly and look at um, Michelle and Jeff's home, and I am concerned that um, any hillside movement over there, significant hillside movement, is going to be a threat to their home, and it's worrisome to me. That site is uh, absolutely almost vertical. Um, there's rope ladder there. You can hardly get up it. I would um, advocate for the commission to come out and do a site visit and see how steep it is, because I think it's impossible to tell just from from even from photos. Um, I agree there could be a elevator put there and and not a large driveway. We have a elevator at our house, um, um, and so does 514, if that's can be a le less impactful way. Um, I'm also very concerned about loud slides for obvious reasons that don't need to be explained to the commission, I think. And then this is a very bizarre way. I've never seen a house done this way. And, I, you know, I'm not a planner or anything, but if we're going to have a house there, let's see the plans for the house. Let's do it all at once. I don't understand why it's being split into. And I do have a lot of concerns about this being a halfway done project where we just, what we get is a bunch of scarring and um, potential erosion and, you know, uh, a, a site that's not completed because it's not economically feasible to build on it. So we're left with something that's half done. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for your comments this evening. Uh, next uh, speaker, Mr. Dixon. Uh, can Zoom team, can you unmute Mr. Dixon? Oh, hello. The afternoon. I'm thanking for you guys uh, having this, so we guys can talk about this in discussion. Um, I live at 111 Marion. I am directly impacted by uh, whatever the Sullivans wish to um, design. I uh, definitely put in a letter to you guys stating it. Um, how I concerned, so I wouldn't go over on these uh, three minutes. But the thing that's really um, 
hurts is that the minimal impact to the urban fabric. I did go to school for architecture um, as well. Um, I am a real estate broker. This the this the minimalizing the the whole construction. There's there's so much delicate habitat there that it needs to be not just thrown on in the rug for concrete, but at the same exact time being considered of the rest of the Sausalito homes, there's stairs, there's a different way of doing things that makes sense. And one other thing, I do agree with the commission and their decision. Um, on Chris's Sullivan site civic plan, um, it states that we're five feet away on this property line when in fact it should be 15 foot minimalized, you know, at least. Um, people who live here who want to have privacy, who want to have um, you know, just a mental uh, stabilization of not being so close and, you know, just just being at peace with where they live at without having to um, be affected by their views and what they're trying to um, to push. And, you know, it doesn't really have to have all of this impact to the land. You know, I'm just thinking about the urban fabric in general and just the way that it can just be not harmed just for the sake of a driveway and don't even have a, a home to put on it. But, um, you know, the setbacks should be uh, looked at again. The back of his house is the back of ours. So that's 15 feet minimum. He has five feet on his. That's all. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Uh, Mr. Dixon, thank you for your comments this evening. Um, with that, I do not see any um, additional comments. Uh, uh, Director Phipps, do you concur with that? I concur. Thank with, you, Chair. With, uh, with that, I will close public comment. I will bring it back up to the dais. So at this point, what I would like to do is I'd like to entertain a motion to uh, support the staff recommendation uh, at this time, and then we can have uh, discussion and deliberation. Is somebody willing to make a motion? So moved. I'll make that motion, Chair. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. Okay. Uh, Chair, motion a second. Before you guys have a vote, I, I do recommend that you allow the applicant a minute or two to respond to any new issues raised in public comment. That is a due process requirement, regardless okay. of whether or not they've run out of time. Well, they, they ran out of time and used an extra few minutes, but I will turn it over to Mr. Sullivan pursuant to your suggestion and allow Mr. Sullivan to, uh, uh, can I, can we bring up the clock, uh, the director Phipps? Yes, yeah, so I requested the Zoom team uh, make that video live. Two, two minutes. Uh, two so minutes. Have, Mr. Sullivan, you've got two minutes to uh, respond to anything you heard in public comment. Um, I want, I'd like to pull up a screen again, if, if you could see that longward. Uh, make sure Mr. Uh, Sullivan has co-host functions so we can pull up a screen, but we are going to keep you to the two minutes though this time. The screen has long water trust at the bottom. It's a text type of document. Could you see that? No, no. We, don't, we don't see anything at this point. Okay. Mr. Sullivan, we see a Word document. Is that your intent? Yes, it is. Thanks. Fantastic. I, I strongly believe the findings 
can be made, which go back to a discussion with Rosalind Thompson in February of last year, who encouraged us to make this application. Um, then we bounced around a bit with, um, I think Mr. Moore took over, and then Mr. Hota took over, and now a, a full-time position, fortunately, with uh, Brandon Phipps. But these are the findings we discussed. Um, it maintains the prevailing design character of the neighborhood. It's consistent with the general plan and its land use. Um, it creates access to a buildable lot. General plan's intent have a mix of single and two-family structures in this zone. Um, there's, uh, in fact, uh, neighbors, the, the view is, 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 is improving from the upper lots because, um, as commented, there are a very large number of trees and vegetation that, in fact, block views at the moment and that cannot be removed until a construction permit is granted. That's the city code. And so on and so on. So it's our proposal that you can make the findings to build a driveway. So absent a prevention in the city code from doing so, we ask that our application be continued on. Point of note, if I could, um, there was a big uh, discussion in Mill Valley um, as to whether a significant, much more significant driveway and retaining walls could be built just opposite the small Whole Foods. And to quote the city of Mill Valley, the city attorney could find nothing in the Mill Valley building code to prevent the permitting and building of minor subdivision infrastructure prior Mr. to... Mr. Sullivan, Mr. Sullivan uh, your time, your two extra minutes, which was an addition of probably about Thank you. 10 minutes we gave you, has elapsed. So we're going to bring it back up to the dais at this That's point. True. And if we can stop uh, Mr. Sullivan sharing his screen. Uh, I, at this point, we have a motion on the floor and a second. Uh, I uh, uh, will ask other commissioners if they have any additional comments before I give any of mine or anybody else want to raise your hand if you have any additional comments, Commissioner Feller. I'm just really looking forward uh, to seeing this applicants um, submission of a full project. Um, we, I'm very excited about it. And, um, you know, I'm sure uh, that, uh, that, that the, whatever you design will, will be lovely, but I'm, I'm really eager and excited to see a full application. Thank you, Commissioner Feller, Commissioner Sauter, Commissioner Graff, any additional comments? Nothing uh, more to add. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Commissioner Sauter. Hello? Uh, yes, Commissioner Graham. <laughs> Thanks. Um, just uh, another thing, I was looking at the plans just a little few minutes ago, and and uh, again, this driveway, uh, if you look at the site plan, the site is really quite small, and, and the driveway itself uh, extends way out beyond the edge of the site, and it, it, it it's... Um, I'm not quite sure how that is handled in terms of encroachment and all of that, but it, it was really kind of shocking to see how much space outside the property line is, this just the driveway was taking. So, 
in any event, um, I I think I concur with everybody else that this uh, this submittal is incomplete, and there's some real issues with uh, losing a bunch of trees. So um, I would support a continuance, um, and I think that that, that we should uh, expect a, a fully complete uh, site plan, landscape plan house plan, access, all of the above, um, so that we can look at everything all together. Uh, Commissioner Fellow, uh, I saw your hand up. I'll go to you in a second. Uh, Commissioner Graff, we're talking about a, uh, a approval of the staff recommendation of denial because this is not a continuance because there is no, there's nothing, there is no house. So we, we would need to deny this and they would come in with a full package Oh, okay. When, Thank when you. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So I I would support the denial, of course. All right. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Feller. Uh, additional question? You said uh, additional no, comments? Just one more comment, and it's helped to guide this moving forward. Is that this is a great project uh, or property? Let's hope there's a project on it for a study session as well, which always greatly benefits. Mm. an applicant, um, the community, uh, neighbors, all that kind of stuff, and the commission. So I just want to put that out there as an option um, available to this applicant in the future. But um, I I stand by the motion that I made and ready to take a vote when you are. Uh, thank you, uh, Commissioner Feller. So I want to concur with Commissioner Feller on the, I'm looking forward to the full application as well. I just want to tell you, we cannot evaluate, you know, uh, shadows, uh, height, of, of bulk, all those things that are needed. Also, if you build this driveway and then decide to change the design of the house, and then you have to change the design of the driveway because you reorient the house a different way, it's just cost that you're, you know, which uh, don't make any sense for you. So I encourage you to do a, a full application and I would second uh, uh, Commissioner Fellers recommendation. If you want to come up with a de development of a plan without a, without the full the absolute design with some sketches or whatever, we would be as a commission be willing to entertain you to come before us and we'll give you a reaction to what it is so you don't spend you know a month or two designing it and then find out you know we, we you know we, we would suggest you go in a different direction. So we would encourage you, uh, to get your get your hire an architect if you don't have one, uh, and come in with a, a full package of what it is that you're proposing, and we'd be happy to look at it without it all, you know, all hardlined if you if you want us to do that. But at this point, uh, we're going to take a vote on the motion that's on the floor. Uh, Director Phipps, can you take the roll? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saab. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yes. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion carries. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to move on to the next item on the agenda, which is uh, 145 Santa Rosa Boulevard. And Kristen, that one's yours as well. Uh, sorry. Uh, yes. Sorry, Chair, before you start and forgive yeah. my, my interjection. Yeah. As I stated at the beginning of this hearing, I'm not within 500 feet of this property, but I am within 1,000 feet. And because there is no uh, dwelling that is being proposed here, it's just a tree removal, I do not see any conflicts whatsoever under the FPPC. So I will not recuse. 
thank you, Commissioner Feller, and uh, that's noted for the record. Um, uh, Kristen, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Um, the applicant, Mr. Peter Johnson, on behalf of Heather Hensley, has applied for removal of five heritage trees, three coast live oaks, one Toyon and one California Bay Laurel. The subject trees are located on the southwest and southeast rear corners of the property at 145 Santa Rosa Avenue. The applicant has stated in the application form they wish to remove the five trees due to two trees leaning over the neighbor's house and three trees uh, are within a future ADU building footprint. The arborist report was prepared October 11th, 2022 by certified arborist Zach Vaught, who seems to get a lot of business here which provides a summary of the health and condition of the subject trees. Generally, all trees were found to be in fair to good to condition. However, the arborist acknowledged the following. Tree one exhibits symptoms of fungal damage and decay in the lower trunk, and it's not likely to thrive long. Tree two is oriented completely over the property line, and these are two sizable necrotic areas on the lower trunk. It is the arborist opinion that tree one and two, two is, uh, it's a reasonable management decision to remove these trees due to the problems exhibited in both of their trunks. Trees three through five are healthy, but he has recommended their removal due to their being in the footprint of a future ADU. The Johnsons are prepared to plant replacement trees for the trees that they are removing. Generally, staff supports the request to remove trees one and two due to the structural issues identified in the arborist report. However, as there is no application filed for an ADU, the applicant is currently in the process of filing and going through review process for extensive renovation to the home. It doesn't appear, there is no evidence here that we have any imminent application come forthcoming for the ADU. So we have not recommended approval of the three trees in the ADU footprint. If and when the applicant is prepared to file for an ADU application, staff will have to ministerially process this in any event in order to, um, to comply with state law on the ADU. So we can deal with it at that time if and when the applicant's prepared to construct the ADU in the future. So staff has recommended in a resolution that we remove trees one and two and preserve trees three, four. Uh, Kristen, thank you for report. your presentation. Uh, at this point, uh, questions from, for staff. Uh, given the lateness of the hour, just raise your hands if you have a question. No? Okay. So uh, is the applicant here, Kristen? We'll move on to the applicant. Presentation. I see Ms. Hensley right here on our... Uh, I see her now. Uh, I wasn't I'm cut off on the bottom of my screen. I see her now. Uh, can we unmute Ms. Hensley so she can make presentation? Hi, good evening. Um, I just wanted to, uh, I'll reserve my time to address um, any public comments. Um, I don't need to speak to to say too much, especially given how late it is. I just wanted to, to say that we, um, we were not aware that we needed to submit our ADU application um, with the tree removal application. We um, wanted to see whether the committee would approve the trees before we went through the process of submitting the ADU application. But believe me, this call has made it very clear <laughs> to me that you should do them together. Um, so I, I don't know if um, 
you had any questions about that um, future application of the ADU, our architect is on the line if you had any questions about that and he could um, address those. But otherwise, I will reserve my time unless anyone has any questions for me. Uh, thank you, uh, Ms. Hensley. Uh, before I open up to commissioners for uh, questions from the commissioners, when do you anticipate submitting on the ADU? Um, our, our architect, Tom, could give a, a timeline, but we may have already done so or, uh, or are doing so as, as soon as possible. Uh, Mr. Akalvar, what uh, when do you anticipate the application coming? So I, I applied, or I should say, I signed up for a an intake meeting on February Thursday, February nine. Okay. Yeah. Right, um, we yeah. So the design has has been developed over the past couple of years for the ADU and um, the entire proper um, project you know, in conjunction with the main house uh, alteration. Um, we've, we've corresponded with planners for a couple of years now about that. So we're, we're ready to submit that. Okay, and you're, you're indicating that the, all, of, all of the trees, given the current design is it evolved, still all three trees need to come out to make that work? That's correct. Okay, thank you. With that, I'll open up the questions of commissioners, uh, just to show hands if you could, uh, and questions. Uh, no questions. Now I'm seeing by Commissioner side. I had one question about the trees, not in relation to the ADU, but I believe the staff report mentions that there's going to be an ex ex um, significant expansion and development of the site. Do these trees have any impact on on those plans? I know that's not in part of the scope, and we don't have them. But just trying to understand if the the tree removal has anything to do with the current existing plans. No, 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 they don't. It, I mean, it may provide easier access, but they they don't have any anything to do with it. It's all based on what our our, our said about um, the the health of the trees. Thank you. That was the only question that I had. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Commissioner Fellow? Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask what um, what what you're comfortable or or if you have a desired tree species that you want to replace the removed trees with. Um, I don't think we had selected those yet. We would work with Zach um, to to come up with the best option for the area, but we didn't have um, any one specific one in mind other than I think that he might have indicated it was something similar to what we were removing on the application. Okay, this that was one thing I didn't really see was the recommendation of a species type for replacement. Um, so I just wanted to see if you had put some thought into that. Thank you. Not at this time. I believe time. the Yarbrough's did make a recommendation that's in the report. Oh, I'm sorry, Kristen. I must have missed it. I must have missed it. I will look right now. Uh, Kristen, can you remind us, um, since we're we're sort of bifurcating this in, in a way, uh, if they're taking out the two trees, they're going to replace those two trees and then later replace the other three trees? What Can you just remind me what the recommendation on that regard is? Well, it depends on how this is 
handle. If we only approve two trees today, as recommended, then you can require replacement trees for those. But in the future, when they file for their ADU, because of the state law requirements, we will have to ministerially approve the tree removals that need to go in order to accommodate the ADU. That's my understanding. Um, so I'm not sure we can require tree replacement. You're, you're, you're not sure you can require tree replacements under a ministerial review, is that what you're saying? Yes. I, that might be a question for our city attorney. I, I'm not, with the state law requirements governing ADUs, it's been very, um, we've been very tentative about how we handle that. Uh, can we bring Sergio up and uh, ask, uh, Sergio, if, uh, even if it's ministerial approval of a tree removal, can they require re replacement of the trees, which is what the code requires when they do the ministerial review? Um, I I don't know the answer to that particular question, and I have not looked into it, so I'm not prepared to give an answer. Uh, okay, thank you. Um, uh, Forgive me, Chair, but Sergio, as you look into that, could you also see if our tree fund in lieu of a replacement would also be applicable in, in the case that a replacement might not be? Yes. Thank you. Um, Kristen, back to the question, uh, if we were, uh, what was the, rec uh, can you remind me of the staff recommendation on the replacement of the two trees uh, if we go with your staff or staff recommendation? The arborist recommended island oak, Quercus tomentella, or coast live oak, Quercus agrifolia. And would we, are you, are you, is the recommendation for two trees to replace the two trees you're recommending removal of? That's I don't, I didn't recommend a specific number. Okay, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Gray. Yeah, I'd uh, like to change the subject just slightly and get some clarification on um, when the ADU plans are submitted for design review or commission review, why wouldn't we also be evaluating the tree removal and replacement at that time? And I don't understand why that would be done ministerially and instead of uh, by the commission. If they, if my understanding and Sergio can, and Director Phipps can correct me if I'm incorrect in the way I state this, basically that if they're coming in solely for the ADU, and there aren't any triggers for design review, the ADU under state law has to be done ministerially. And therefore, our tree ordinance might be in conflict with the state law and ADUs. And if there is a conflict, the ADU law will prevail. Got I don't it. know if I described that correctly. That's a pretty good summation, yes. Okay. Thanks for that. Uh, so in, in some respects, uh, it might be better to approve the removal of all five trees and specify their their, their replacement now <laughs> if, if this is imminent. But uh, the, the question would then be if someone, for some reason the ADU um, design changed and it only required removal of two trees rather than three, then we're jumping the gun, I, I think. But um, 
Oh, at this point, we're still asking questions to the applicant. We still have to open this up for public comment. Uh, are there other questions of the applicant from any of the of the commissioners? No. Okay. With with that, let's open it up for public comment. Uh, if you want to uh, want to provide com public comment on this item, please raise your hand in the Zoom application or star. Is it star nine? Star nine. Star nine yeah, on your cell phone. I see one, yeah. one, one person, uh, um, the, the, the uh, last name is DeVille, I guess. Uh, uh, the, floor, the floor is yours. You have three minutes to come. Good time. My name is Jerome Levine DeVille. We are the neighbors um, at 136 Spencer, just above <coughs> property, uh, at 145 uh, Santa Rosa. And I uh, just wanted to say we agree with the recommendation to delay the approval of the tree removal until we understand the the construction project that's justifying it um currently there's a project application for a main house uh, major construction but we haven't seen the adu application um overall we feel that this application is part of a much larger project um that seems to be handled through separate applications and permit uh, requests so our hope and our request to the commission is that these uh, applications be reviewed together so that we can understand the impact of the entirety of the project on the neighborhood, the, the city, and ourselves. Uh, thank you. Okay, thank you. thank you for your comments this evening. Uh, are there any other comments uh, uh, for the public on this particular item? Uh, I'm not seeing any, Director Phipps. Are you seeing any? Seeing none, Chair. Okay, so we'll close public comment and we'll bring it uh, back up to the dais. Uh, but before we do that, if the applicant wants to respond to public comment or any additional comments, I forget how many minutes you have left, but uh, feel free to do that. Uh, Ms. Hensley. Um, no, I, I do not wish to make any further comment. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I'll bring it back up to the dais. Uh, let me ask, uh, uh, I have another question of Kristen is, is the house uh, renovation trigger triggering any design review? Or is it more than 50% of the walls or any of that? Or is the- The house reserva uh, renovation is extensive. I, I don't want to give you a preview of the plans yet because I don't want to bias anything, but uh, it, it's pretty extensive and with additions and renovation interior and exterior. So it will trigger design review and other permits. Oh, it will trigger, it, okay. We so, have an application filed for the house renovation. Okay, so that they're, they're gonna be coming in at that time and uh, the tree permit could be reviewed as part of the house application, possibly at the same time. Uh, well, the trees are separate from the house. They're down, they're they're in the rear yard, and their removal is not related to the house renovation itself. Okay. All right. So yeah, the more we could uh, put everything together, so we see everything at once, like the ADU, the tree removal, the house would be good. But uh, 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 keep that in mind as you review that application. But uh, what's on the agenda for this evening is uh, this one application. So. Uh, with that, I'll look for the commission to put a put a motion on the floor. Somebody. Okay, I'll. <laughs> I'll <laughs> um, 
uh, I'd like to uh, make a motion to um, uh, to ex to accept the staff report recommendations to to allow the removal of tree one and tree two uh, and identify their replacement and um, and planting at a suitable time um, where it is not going to interfere with any other construction on the site so they can thrive and be successful. And that those the replacement trees be um, uh, the a, a larger like 25 gallon or larger type um, specimen um, and not a, not a tiny sapling. Um, and then deny the other three trees uh, until such time as we understand uh, what is being built uh, on the footprint where those trees exist. Uh, is there a second? Second. Uh, thank you. Uh, is there any kind of discussion? Uh, Chair, may I just may I just make a brief uh, comment? Or maybe question to commissioners. Um, I just like to be clear on how many trees we're recommending for replacement. Um, my understanding is is two. Is that is that um, or was that the will of commissioners in the motion? I, I believe that is in line with the staff recommendation. So yes. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. So we're going to replace with two trees. To take out two trees, replace with two trees. Uh, that's the motion. Any further comments, uh, Commissioner Graff? <clears throat> yeah, uh, in regard to the other trees, um, tying those trees into this motion doesn't seem to make sense with the fact that they're going to be handled ministerially as part of the ADU application. So where do we stand with that? Uh, I think we stand that, well, I mean, we, we don't know because it depends on what the, the house renovation is and whether the ADU ends up coming in with the house or separately, or uh, we encourage everything to come in together as best it can, but let Sergio chime in on this. Sergio. Yeah, I mean, the, the motion on the floor, um, and I can't recall whether it got a second, but the motion on the it's floor it, is yeah. to approve uh, the removal of two trees with two replacement trees as required by the city code and deny the removal of the three trees in the uh, alleged ADU footprint, um, which, you know, would be without prejudice. The applicant could reapply for those true removals when that ADU application is submitted. So. Okay. Thank you. Uh, okay. We have a motion. We have a second. Do we have any other comments? Uh, seeing none, uh, uh, Director Phipps, could you take the roll, please? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graham? Yes. Commissioner Keller? Yes. Chair Luxenberg? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to move on to uh, item. Uh, seven, which is our study session on 265 Gate 5 Road. Uh, this is a study session. This is not a public hearing. The intent of this session is to look at ideas. None of this stuff has to be hardlined uh, for uh, 265 Gate, Rye, Gate 5 Road. 
And at this point, I will turn it over to Cecilia, I believe, uh, Director Phipps, is that correct? That's my understanding as well, Chair. Thank you. Okay, Cecilia, and uh, welcome. Uh, nice to see you again. I will let you do your presentation. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. It's good to be here. Uh, with your permission, I would like to share my screen. Permission granted. Can everybody see that? Uh, yes. Great. Uh, my name is Cecilia Jaroslavsky. I am the contract planner for this project. The project before you is located at 265 Gate 5 Road. The project site is owned industrial marine ship and the area contains residential uses and houseboats along the shoreline and large industrial commercial uses along Gate 5 Road. A variety of retail uses are within the project area. The project was before the Planning Commission on September 21st, 2022, to review the requested discretionary review permit, wherein the Commission requested corrections and clarifications related to project compliance with general plan and marine ship specific plan policies and goals and a minimum of one additional plan option. While the applicant has submitted three additional design options, I will only be presenting four plans and the applicant will go into more detail regarding the designs and materials of their design concepts. The commission may remember this was the originally proposed site plan consisting of four detached structures on the first level and one larger structure on the second level connecting all first floor structures for a project total of 10,000 square feet. The roof line of the second level originally included three open areas to the ground level. Newly submitted plan option B included a more consolidated service core, as does option C, and eliminates open space on level two, reduces the east-west wing by five feet, and reduces the overhang parking lot by five feet. Plan option C also included more consolidated surface core, removal of some open space on level two, also the reduction of the east-west width by five feet, screened deck area and reduced square footage of approximately 260 square feet. Plan option D also includes consolidated service core, removal of open spaces on level two, and reduces level two by approximately 650. All submitted plan options meet zoning ordinance requirements and would only need the approval of a design review permit. This is a rendering demonstration of all four option plans. Thank you, commissioners. Please note applicants Matt, Bryn, and Takahashi have requested that they be unmuted simultaneously to better present their design concepts and to address the commission's questions. That concludes uh, my presentation. Thank you, Cecilia. Uh, what I'd like to do is uh, do this a little differently. This is not a public hearing. Uh, I will see if any commissioners have questions of your staff report, but I think what I wanna do is allow the applicant to do a presentation 
not necessarily with a clock, but to allow commissioners to interrupt and ask questions during the presentation so that uh, it, it's a working session as opposed to um, uh, taking a vote on anything. And at the end of this, we're not going to take a vote. We might want to summarize what our recommendations or suggestions are, but I but I want commissioners to feel free to uh, ask questions as they're presenting options, as opposed to doing a whole presentation and waiting till the end. Uh, with that, um, anybody have any uh, questions at the moment for Cecilia on this? No. No. So let's let uh, unmute both of them simultaneously, and they can uh, allow them to co-host and Zoom team. If you can allow them to co-host and share the screen. And who's going for Matt? Are you going first? Yes, um, I'll be presenting first, and then Takashi from our architecture team and Max Hausiger, our client, would also like to be unmuted if possible. Yes, that would be a Zoom team. If you could accomplish that, that would be helpful. Okay, great. And then I will be sharing my screen. Are you able to view the yeah. PDF that I have up here? Yes. Are you going to set it to? Great. Okay. Um, so we'll begin our presentation here for 265 Gate 5 Road. We wanted to begin by discussing some of the items that we uh, discussed at the previous planning hearing back in September. Today we'll be responding to the general plan and Marincha specific plan points addressed at that previous hearing. We have met with the Sea Level Rise Task Force and received approval based on this proposal um, as of October. We will be justifying our two-level building and our material choice here in the presentation, but we did submit a hard copy material board in October to the planning department. Um, hopefully some of the commissioners had a chance to review that. Um, it's the same chart. Can, can, can I ask you yes. a question on that? Uh, mm -hmm. So I didn't see a board. I saw some materials uh, in a bag. Is that what you're referring to? There was not a board per se. Uh, there, that's correct. There's not a physical board. Okay, I just want to make sure I saw what you were intending. Okay, thank you. Continue. Thank you. Um, and just wanted to note that that shard wood that was in that sample board, our sample bag, we'll call it, um, is the same shard wood that was approved by Commissioner Stoddengroff for 52 bar landing. Um, we no longer show any gravel in our landscaping plans. Uh, we'll be demonstrating clear pedestrian accessibility in this presentation, and we'd be happy to discuss affordability at the end of our presentation. Um, just as a reminder, we're this triangular-shaped lot in the Marinship along Gate 5 Road, uh, in between where Coloma hits Gate 5 and Varda Landing hits Gate 5. And currently on site, we have Marinship Studios. Uh, Marinship Studios is an open studio um, it's collaborative. It's made up of multiple artists working in different mediums at different scales. Um, they're housed within this one warehouse building, what has been subdivided into individual studios. Um, there's also a number of accessory structures. And then uh, most of the site is taken up by a large gravel parking lot. Um, this parking lot is utilized currently by the artist um, extensively to work outside on larger pieces. Uh, we wanted to begin by discussing a number of the general plan points that came up in the previous hearing. Um, the first one being this sense of place and recognizing the aesthetic and social value of small-scale individual activities within the Marinship. Um, you know, the Marinship is this celebrated neighborhood, um, you know, originally for shipbuilding, 
um, down the line for, you know, beatniks and hippies and artists, and now for many industrial workers and artists housed within varying shapes and sizes of different buildings. Um, but it's all about that creation, and that's exactly what has driven our client to this site. Um, and it's exactly what Marin Ship Studios is, where this collective of artists working in different mediums um, on different scales of projects, but all kind of collaborating and influencing each other. Um, the building currently cannot house um, all the artists that want to work within Marin Ship Studios. There's a long wait list. Um, the building currently floods. And this proposal is really meant to provide a space for Marin Ship Studios to thrive in the future. Um, we are trying to promote the industrial development within Marinship. Um, you know, the Marinship is this celebrated neighborhood of industrial workers, artists, and makers. Um, and that's exactly what this building is designed for. Um, this is an art studio building designed for artists. Um, we have a large freight elevator. We have a number of ramps. We have a number of forklift clearances, um, large roll-up doors, large door openings to move industrial and artistic pieces in and out. Um, we have a number, uh, we're using durable materials. We're creating a large subdivisible space that can be divided based on artist needs. Um, this is a building exclusively for artists and industrial workers. Um, another point talks about scale and architectural diversity, promoting architectural quality and innovative solutions rather than conformity while honoring distinctive neighborhood characteristics, density, and mass. Um, you know, the Marinship is made up of one, two, and even three-story buildings. Um, most of them are simple in form and simple in materials, clad in wood, corrugated metal, and concrete. Um, and another characteristic of the Marinship is that it floods often. Um, it flooded on the most recent storm. It's only going to flood more in the future. So what we're proposing here is a two-story art studio building clad in wood and corrugated metal. Um, and we're providing the FEMA required 11 foot finished floor level above sea level, um, which many of the buildings in Renship do not. And then you'll hear about it more later, but we're providing um, an idea or way for the floors to be raised in the future to keep this building usable for, for as long as possible. Um, another design guideline points out that the Marinship is urban rather than suburban in character. Um, many of the buildings immediately surrounding our building, our proposal, are two and three stories. Um, again, simple in form, clad in simple materials, and meant to house these industrial workers and artists. Um, that's exactly what we are proposing as well. This is a simply, a simply shaped shard wood and corrugated metal building meant to house artists um, that are already on site and offer additional space for more artists to join the Marinship Studios fold. Um, another point points out that we're meant to encourage the creation and enhancement of sustainable, beautiful, and well-cared-for public realm. Um, much of the Marinship is made up of simple, um, albeit beat-up sidewalks, um, minimal landscaping, and many of the lots, including our own and our neighbor here, have uh, no sidewalk and no landscaping. Um, our new proposal seeks to add a five-foot sidewalk that would connect with existing sidewalks. Um, we're adding a line of landscaping that would be native and drought tolerant. We're adding seating, and we're adding this clear connective pathway through the building towards the bay and between the streets. Um, another item in the general plan is for sea level rise um, and that the shoreline is changing and will continue to change in the future. Um, this is a recent photo from January 5th of the large storms we've been having. Our site was completely flooded. It flooded the entirety of the art studio building. Um, all the artists have to be moved out. Rent will have to be prorated. 
Um, and this is something our client really desperately is seeking to avoid in the future. Um, that's why we're providing this FEMA-required 11-foot finished floor level above sea level. Um, that will be 30 and even 36 inches above the existing grade at points, but it is the FEMA requirement. Um, on top of that, we're seeking to provide fully submersible lower level walls. And the idea with that is that in the future, if sea level rise um, brings waters above our proposed floor plane, um, we can actually raise the level one future floor up to three foot six um, in height, still provide an eight foot six lower level and keep this building usable well into the future. Um, the last point here is this neighborhood character of the Marin ship, um, just underscoring that, you know, we and all of Sausalito loves the Marin ship. We love that it's quirky and artistic and industrial and a space, you know, where things get built and done and make, you know, Sausalito the special city it is. Um, and that's exactly what we are trying to continue. Um, Marin ship studios is already this active, creative community of artists. And we're trying to provide a space um, to allow us to succeed in the future. Um, so zooming back to our proposal, this is the existing plan. Um, there's a large subdivided uh, one-story warehouse that houses a number of art studios, number of accessory structures around the site, and then a large gravel area that's both artist workspace and parking. Um, in all the design options you'll see today, we're proposing to maintain um, this as the main parking entry and parking area. Um, we're keeping, we're adding new landscaping around the site. We're maintaining lots of covered and uncovered outdoor workspace. And then we're providing this new two-story art studio building. Um, so we have four design options today. They're all riffs on what we presented at the previous planning hearing. Uh, this first option, option A, the pedestrian connection. We're adding this new clear pedestrian path from Gate 5 Road through the building and out to Bardo Landing Road. You can see in plan that ties both literally for access and figuratively for views out towards the bay um, and connects across our uh, covered and uncovered outdoor workspaces. We're also providing three larger art studio spaces and then a number of service cores. Um, this one is a kitchen for artists. And this one is an electrical room and our freight elevator. Um, and those are, again, connected by these outdoor decks, which are meant to be workspaces for the artists in these studios. Um, jumping up to the second level, we have this corrugated metal volume. And within that volume, there's one large art studio space that's meant to be subdivided into individual spaces. And the idea is that this way we can provide the most flexibility um, and the space for the most artists, depending on the scale of room they needed and also their um, financial ability. We're also providing an additional art studio here, freight elevator, and then outdoor workspaces for the individual studios. On the upper level, we're providing ample space for solar panels. These solar panels will be flat and below the level of the roof parapet. Uh, and we're providing skylights for um, daylighting for the studios below. Looking at the renderings of this option A, you can see the building is simple in form. It's a charred wood um, lower level with a corrugated metal upper level um, that ties in with the scale of other buildings nearby. Um, we are calling out this metal as perforated, and the idea is that lets light and air into these windows while tying them into the mass. 
Um, and we're also providing extensive windows on the lower level for daylighting of the studio spaces. Within. Um, looking here at an image of the entry from the parking lot, you can see that the entry is covered, um, provides access to the three studios on the lower level, the outdoor workspace, and the um, circulation corridor. And that circulation corridor has been modified in the scheme to provide clear access through the building, um, connecting Gate 5 Road with Varda Landing Road and the bay beyond. <clears throat> you can see in this image looking the opposite direction from Varda Landing Road to Gate 5, that clear connection, um, while providing, again, ramps and clearance for forklifts, freight elevator, large roll-up doors for art pieces, um, and covered and uncovered workspace for artists' work and for occasional events. Um, and you can see in this aerial image that we're providing these two simple um, masses of charred wood and corrugated metal, which tie into other masses of larger buildings in the neighborhood, while providing those um, the permeability through the building um, for pedestrian access. So jumping to our next scheme, this is option B, thin bar. Um, so with this scheme, we've reduced the overhang along Varda Landing Road by five feet and reduced the overhang along the parking by five feet to reduce the mass of the second level volume. We're also adding more clear window breaks to break up the field volume. We've consolidated the service core. Um, we filled in some of the void space, and this all amounts to a 7% reduction in the level two interior floor area and a 13% reduction of the perimeter of level two. Um, so looking here, we have the new proposed scheme with the previous scheme overlaid in red. So you can see that we've consolidated the service core. We've added this one or with the freight elevator at the corner along the circulation corridor. We're still providing three larger art studio spaces, and we're still providing this um, covered and uncovered outdoor workspace for the artists of the studios. Uh, and we've also shrank the hallway seven feet to kind of condense the building. Um, it, it should be noted um, in the next three schemes that we've moved 500 square feet from the upper level down to the lower level. That's that 7%. Um, so here you can see we've Matt, reduced it. Yes? Sorry to interrupt you. I just had a quick question for you as you're going through all of these quickly. Is this... Um, sort of what you're what you're referring to is the corridor um mm -hmm. you know sort of between these artist studios it, does that is that always in the same location it it is in each okay. scheme okay all right thank you mm -hmm. yeah um so again the thin bar scheme we've reduced the overhang by five feet along Varda landing road and five feet along the parking We've filled in what used to be void space and made this upper volume more efficient. Um, and then we're still providing this subdivisible larger space and um, an individual art studio over here with outdoor workspace for those studios. Um, looking at the renderings, you can see there's a significant effect by removing five feet of the building um, on each side in the overhang. Um, that allows the building to appear less massive from each end of Gate 5 Road. Can um, you explain the, what? Can you? I'm 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 very unclear what these windows are doing. Is is the corrugated thing over them or not over them on this scheme? Yeah. So um, it does vary by scheme, but with this scheme, we're showing solid corrugated metal 
um, where there are no windows, and then a perforated corrugated metal over the window openings. Why? Um, I think that we're trying to, or we're trying to define the volume as this industrial corrugated piece, um, but we're trying to peel away that to allow light into the, and air into the building. Um, I and so, it, off. it feels why not, like we why have, not a, have the windows open. Mm -hmm. We have removed the the perforated corrugated metal on um, other options. You'll see it in the next option. Okay. Um, in this option, we are exploring leaving it perforated, and it's okay. kind of a design trade off between feeling continuous with um, I don't know an underscored break by leaving it perforated, or a very clear punch out of that corrugated volume. All right, keep going. I'll see them on the next mm -hmm. two options, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So in this option, it's a little more subtle with the perforated strips. We'll see a different option later. Um, and then we're still providing these um, large glazing areas for the studios within. Um, looking from Varda Landing Road into Gate 5 Road, um, you can see that permeability both in the window openings and in the circulation corridor. Um, and we're still providing freight elevator, forklift space, roll-up doors, and everything that um, our artists need for their larger art studio pieces. Um, here in the aerial, you can again see how that reduction in overhang along Varda Landing Road and along the parking um, reduces the feel of that mass. Um, the vertical strips break up the mass um, and the building better ties in with the general context. Um, so for option C, two sliding bars, the concept here is that instead of thinking of our level two as one um, singular corrugated metal bar, we're splitting it into two and we're pushing and pulling those bars to open up the corners and reduce the feel of mass at the edges. Um, we're also consolidating the service corridor again, we're filling in void space, um, and that all amounts to, again, a 7% reduction in interior floor area of level two and a 15% reduction of the perimeter area. Um, so we have these overlays. The plan is shown gray. The previous plan is shown in red. Um, we're consolidating that service corridor. We have this freight elevator. We're providing three art studio spaces um, and then extensive space for work, uh, both covered and uncovered. Looking at level two, we've reduced the overhang in this scheme along Varda Landing Road, but we're maintaining the overhang along the parking area, and that's all to make up area for pushing and pulling these bars. Uh, the bar around Gate 5 Road pushes left, the bar facing Varda Landing pushes right. That opens up a deck and uh, demassing on this corner, and it also allows the face at the north corner of Varda Landing Road to appear thinner from the street and less massive. We're still providing uh, subdivisible art studio space here and a larger art studio here with outdoor work areas to serve those studios. Matt, what what are these uh, on the Varda landing side through uh, through the, the this corridor area? What what is that? Mm -hmm. So these are so Varda landing road is technically a private road. It's owned by the Clipper Yacht Harbor and it's part of their parcel. Right. And so they have these two existing. And I think you see them here. Um, kind of shotgun style buildings uh, that we actually, our client currently leases as art studios. And so it's not part of this proposal and we're not showing it in any of our drawings, but the, the hope is that once this building is built, uh, we'll be able to 
demolish these buildings um, in collaboration with the Clipper Yacht Harbor. We have that as kind of like a verbal agreement with them, um, but it's, again, it's not in this plan. That's a, an idea down the road. So, and there's no, I mean, have you checked on historic context of them? I don't, I, I don't pretend to know that they have any, but because uh, I'm just curious why this whole corridor, wh why you would want this open corridor and it looks straight at that. So we we have HREs for these um, these two buildings. We have not gained historical preservation committee approval that they're historically insignificant, but the HREs lead us to believe that they will be. Um, the reason that it's held Matt, here, Matt. Matt, can you tell me what HRE is? Yeah, uh, historical resource evaluation. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, and so the reason that we're holding this cut here is it actually aligns with um, the entry into 52 and 60 bar landing, and so it, it best ties into um, the overall context of the neighborhood. It, it would be, I mean, if that's part of sort of the your design, what you know, uh, the cornerstones of your design, it would be really helpful to see what you're envisioning. I'm I'm not sure that I'm on the same page as you, and that's um, probably more on me than it is on you, but but I, I just, I'm not really clear why you would want to align your, your walk, that walkway, that corridor uh, with, with the side of that building. So in terms, so again, we're hoping to demolish this and we, have the HRAs but not HPC approval. Um, but in the greater context of, and let me try to jump up to our site plan. Let me just interrupt you for a second. If you demolish it, what would you what would you put there? Nothing. So that's a, a great question. It's kind of needs to be determined with the Clipper Yacht Harbor. I think the hope would be that we would have some sort of landscaping abutting Varda Landing Road. Um, but the idea, the reason that we're adding the access here, as you can see in the greater context, with this building removed, we're looking straight down the entry and driveway of 60 Bar Landing out towards the bay. It's the clearest, I guess, possibility of a view that we have from Gate 5 Road. And so we feel that it's really the best location for this corridor facing straight out here because it allows to see the bay. Whereas if we moved it to here, we're looking at shipping containers. We're moving it here. We're looking at taller buildings. Um, this is really the clearest view towards the bay. You know, okay. I'm I'm sure that I mean you you've obviously spent uh, many many hours pouring over exactly where to place that. So so I believe what you're saying. It would just be really helpful to see that view corridor or or render that view corridor so there's some clear understanding. Of what you're trying to achieve with with that, um, and and even though um, Clipper uh, owns that the 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 building there, I mean, are they pursuing or are you assisting them to pursue some uh, an HPC ruling on this? Um, we are assisting them. Yes, uh, we haven't we haven't directly scheduled an HPC hearing, um, but we do yeah. have the HRE and are moving in that direction. Okay. Because I mean, if it's, I mean, maybe your design can stand with, with or without that. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that it would be useful to know that from from you. 
but um, if 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 this is if getting that removed is a key part to this design, then we'd also need to understand that as well. Mm -hmm. It will. It has been designed to function with this building in place. Um, okay. There's still six feet of pathway. This is currently all gravel fill on Clipper Yacht land. Um, and there would still be access around the building. And in theory, if the building was still there and still occupied by Marineship Studios, it would kind of function as an extension of this new building. Yeah. Um, but the, the end goal is to get this removed. Okay. I, you know, just, I guess, just maybe explain the context a little bit better when, when, you know, since this is just a study session, it's meant just to be some helpful sort of feedback and um, you've, you've been looking at these drawings for so long and we haven't seen them in a while. So it's a fresh set of eyes on them. So that would be really helpful. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's a good suggestion. Um, circling back to this option C to sliding bar option. Um, we talked about how we're pushing and pulling to open up the corners. And so you can begin to see that from the renderings. Um, we're providing this opening from the south end of Gate 5 Road, uh, where there used to be just solid face. And we're reducing the width significantly that you see from the north end here to kind of downplay the feel of mass from both these angles. Um, you can see how that opening provides light and openness, um, how we're providing or we're designing for fully open windows in this scheme, no perforated metal over them, so very clear breaks in that mass. Um, that reduction of face facing north, um, and then again, the, the large windows to bring daylight into the studios below. Um, looking from Varda Landing Road through to Gate 5, um, you can see how that pushing and pulling opens up the overhang here, um, allowing for kind of a reduced feel of mass through this connected pathway, while still providing the um, large industrial roll-up doors freight elevator, forklift clearance, and um, covered and uncovered workspace. And then looking again here at the aerial, you can see that reduced width at the north end, um, much more open south end, um, opens up the, I guess, reduces the feel of mass from those corners, um, and how this new mass ties in with other surrounding buildings. And then our last scheme for tonight is option D, on the reduced upper volume scheme. Um, here is kind of our most significant move. Uh, we're cutting out an extensive piece of the level two mass here on the corner, what we feel is the most prominent corner. Um, we're allowing the art studio below to extend beyond that second floor level. Um, and this is actually much needed. A lot of our current artists are really desiring taller spaces to work within. Um, and so this adds kind of an additional height space for the start studio below. Um, we are playing with the idea here of um, some, some strong vertical window openings, um, but then also allowing a lot of the Gate 5 Road facade to be just pure industrial corrugated metal, no openings, no perforation, nothing fancy, just very straightforward. Um, and this all amounts to a 7% reduction in level two interior floor area and a 21% reduction in the perimeter of level two. So looking at floor plans, much of the same with this consolidated uh, service core with the freight elevator here, three large art studios and covered and un uncovered workspace. 
Um, the only difference being this double height space, or not double height, but I should say extended height space um, of this art studio here. Uh, well, um, why would, okay. Uh, I was uh, in, in the prior, I, I, I thought you were showing the, the upper level and you you'd gotten rid of the subunits, but you, that's, this is the lower level plan. It, exactly, yeah. So, um, I see it to be, Never mind. Yeah. Keep Sorry, going. Richard. Yeah, this this exchange. Um, so there is that taller space for just a small portion of the lower level. And then looking at level two, we've cut out this large piece of level two. We're allowing a small piece of level one to extend um, slightly higher than it had previously. We're still providing this subdivided art studio space um, with another private art studio here. And then we're providing workspaces um, outdoor for those studios. So looking all, at all, all of these spaces, you don't have doors. Uh, don't people need lockable, secure spaces? There's no doors in any of these things. Yeah, um, it could depend on the use and needs of the individual artists, um, but doors can easily be installed. Um, I know the we plan is to have no doors. Um, I think that. The philosophy of Marinship Studios is that it's collaborative and open. Um, but if the individual artist wanted a door, we could easily add it. Um, I know we had spoken last time, um, I think Commissioner Graf pointed out um, noise issues between individual studios. Um, so that that could be a good point that maybe it, maybe it would be best to have doors to allow noisier activities to be shut behind. Are, are these full walls, the, these, or are these half walls? So the intent is that they would be partial height. And then if sound or security was an issue, we could add like a glass upper part to kind of allow borrowed light to come through into each studio. I see. Okay. But then looking at the renderings here for option D, you can see we've cut out this large swath of level two um, to reduce the field of volume from this angle. Um, it's also reducing the mass from this angle. And as we jump down here, you can see how that large cut pans out at this most visible corner, how the lower level art studio extends beyond to give additional height um, as needed for this art studio. Um, but then how we're exploring just leaving this space completely industrial and corrugated um, as opposed to adding some sort of preparation or opening to allow us to feel more industrial. So, so Matt, have if you can go back to that. So on the top rendering here, that that sort of double height studio space, where where is the floor, the finished floor level of that space compared to the corrugated mm -hmm. uh, exterior siding? So the, the finished floor for this whole glass volume would be the level one finished floor, that 11 foot FEMA required area. Um, that as is before we raise the floor in the future, like we're planning to be able to do, um, this is a 12 foot ceiling. Okay. So then beyond that, this would actually be a 16 foot ceiling. Okay. For that and lower level studio. And did you do any studies or any you know, perspectives or renderings um, sort of further up the road as you come to gate five. So I'm, I guess it's uh, Coloma. If if you are coming towards that intersection, 
because you know the this corner that we're looking at sort of in the top rendering and how you jog i think into the parking lot is a is really an important intersection uh in, in that ingress and egress of the parking and the intersection of gate five and Coloma. So mm -hmm. have you had a look at that? Have you, have you actually rendered that or? We we have, and I apologize for not having it in this presentation. We were just trying to cut down on our number of slides as we have a lot. Yeah. Um, this view is taken from the perspective and so it's kind of small, but from the intersection of Coloma and gate five. But I agree that further down Coloma is also an important perspective. Um, so we can make sure to include that in our next presentation or study it further. Yeah, I mean, one of the wonderful things about all these options that you're showing us is that the uh, how how you treat, um, you know, this sort of I guess I'll, I'll just call it the, the southern corner where you enter into the into your parking area. I mean, that's really the beacon, and you, you know, you you're fortunate because there's not much else around it that is competing with it. And, and so it's a really wonderful opportunity to make whatever statement it is you're trying to make. And, and you've given us a lot of different options here, but just something to think about um, because, you know, it, that whole going back to creating a sense of place and some of the general plan requirements that we're looking for uh, and how you announce this building or the use of the building and all those sorts of things uh, you've you've got a, literally a blank canvas here, and and it would it, I, I I'm curious how you want to treat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it it is something we have studied and tried to focus on, and it's a little bit of the play of this overhang. I know in the original proposal that overhang was pretty significant. Um, and it was something that was architecturally exciting to us, but maybe was interpreted that by the commissioners as too flashy or modern or not fitting with the neighborhood. So in studying these different um, options, I think we've been trying to play around with how different levels of that overhang feel and what that does to kind of announcing the building at this corner. Yeah, okay. Sorry, so we have that angle and then just wrapping up on um, this is our last slide, but looking at this option D with the large remove corner uh, along gate five and Coloma, we're looking back from Varda landing towards gate five. We're keeping that removal of this corner as well to open up the feel of this connected pathway um, while still providing all the industrial art um, pieces we've been talking about with forklifts, freight elevators, roll doors, whatnot. Um, and then looking at the aerial perspective, you can see the effect of that large cut and box extending beyond because um, you come from Coloma. Uh, the reduced face here at the north end and then still allowing that porosity through the building um, view to the bay and how all those moves tie into the greater context here. Um, so that was the end of our slides as we have them. Okay, do you have a summary slide that, or uh, maybe uh, Cecilia can put up that summary slide that showed all four at once? Do you have a do you have one that's all four at once? Um, I do not, unfortunately. I'm gonna okay. pull up 
pull that one up, Chair. I will stop it, Chair. So I would, I guess I'd like to do at this point is ask each of the commissioners, uh, there's, what happened? Uh, hey, there it is. Okay. They <laughs> disappear. They disappear ah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, there That's we go. Strange. There we go. Yeah. Why is it disappearing? Ah. Well, um, is that part let of? Let me stop uh, share and bring. Let me stop share and bring it back up. Okay. Can I ask a question while that's happening? Yeah. I just was unclear. Um, I'm I'm just going back to our um from the agenda, attachment nine, um, GP MSP compliance matrix. It um has a date. First of all, study session January fourteenth, twenty twenty three. But I I'm just not clear. Who is who filled that out? Is that staff or is that the applicant? I'm I'm sorry, Commissioner. Um, what was your question no, about the matrix? No worries. I'm looking at attachment nine. Um, oh yes. Mm -hmm. that, was that you, Cecilia? Who yes, filled that out? Okay. Yes, I did. Okay, thank you. I was just unclear um, on that. So I'm sorry. Oh. Okay, uh, so uh, uh, I, you know, I have some thoughts. Uh, others probably have some thoughts. I guess the best thing to do is to go around, and people can give you ideas. Into and we, all of our ideas collectively might be in conflict with one another, but we could give you thoughts on it. But I, I guess I'll start with uh, Commissioner Graf, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Um, thank you, uh, Chair Luxembourg. Um, well, let me first say that um, I was expecting some to see some different approaches. Um, but that's not what we got. We, we still have the same aesthetic. So, um, but going with that, um, I have to say that the option D that you presented to me is clearly uh, the best solution that I've seen. It, 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 has, it has much more interest in the way the forms are expressed and the scale of one part to another. Um, it uh, has... Uh, uh, I like the fact that the, the large one singular form has been kind of um, deconstructed uh, into something that's um, you know a little a little more uh, uh, well it's a little more fitting um, to to the surroundings um, and, and I have to say that I'm uh, I'm beginning with this new more more articulated. Uh, solution, um, I'm getting a little more um, amenable to the uh, aesthetic that you have here. Uh, it's looking a little less corporate and uh, and look at me and it's looking a little bit more purposeful. Uh, and I like that. Um, I like the fact that uh, some of these volumes have been reduced. Uh, 
I like the fact that uh, in the perspective from uh, the south end of uh, of it, uh, where you see the overhang and you you can really see the uh, the impact of of the uh, the high studio space at, at the corner. I think that whole view has uh, really softened the approach to the building. It's much improved. Um, I, I'm still a little uncomfortable with the uh, amount of overhang there. I think it's maybe still a little bit radical. But uh, all in all, I, I think that, that uh, option D uh, is really moving in the right direction. Um, I, I would question the uh, the, uh, the opacity of the of the um, walls, the, the upper walls along Gate Five Road. I understand uh, the intent there uh, is to define them, you know, uh, uh, you know, pretty clearly. But um, I'm concerned that that. Um, there would be it would be nice to see some sort of window pattern in there um, that doesn't disrupt the shape but allows light into the studios. I know um, there are skylights, um, but I'm thinking you know uh, with the uh, with the use of the perforated um, metal. Um, uh, and that that play of the perforated and the opaque metals might might give uh, more opportunity for some light coming in from that side of the building. I, I know there are there are uh, windows and some of the other solutions, and I think um, um, from 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 my standpoint uh, that uh, this concept uh, could could handle windows pretty nicely. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like the way it's going. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting uh, more used to the, uh, to the uh, kind of aesthetic that's going on. The materials actually I do like a lot, uh, all in all. So um, anyway, I, I, I think this is a good move. Um, but we could talk about it more and and um, I would, would be interested to hear uh, some of the other commissioners response and also um, uh, the architects response but um, I would say those those are my thoughts and my concerns um, so yeah Thank you, Commissioner. I'll pass Greta. it on to somebody else. Um, Thank you. Let's call on Commissioner Saad. Commissioner Saad. Um, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, nice to see you, Matt. And uh, I think you know you guys are you guys are trying really hard here. Um, and I think you're also trying to do something in concept that's really interesting to support that area and community. Um, sticking with what Commissioner Graf just said, I I thought. We have provided a little bit more clear direction last time that um, that the mess of the scale um, was a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I, I I do think that you are headed in the right direction. I am wondering, of course, I'm not a structural engineer here, but 
to Commissioner Graf's point, um, I, I too am leaning towards option D as the options are presented. Um, but, you know, with the concept around what you have in, I believe, both the original plan and I believe option B, if I'm seeing correctly, with some of those um, that perforation or, or something to just break up that mass, I, I still find it um, a little bit uh, jarring in scale, even though it's an acceptable scale, just my personal opinion. But in in, in the essence of, of light, um, it you know, I'd be curious to know if there's a sort of pick and choose type approach to, because I think each plan has something that's great about it. Um, I lean towards option D, but I do think, you know, having that concept of that window I see in option C, I'm not saying to replicate that over to option D, but the the concept of having that visual to the eye um, and, and in the interest of light, um, I think would be an interesting um, approach that would make, you know, a little bit more warm up to to the design that is um, here. Um, I, I like that plan of that corridor and I, I understand Commissioner Feller's point, um, but you know, as long as what she said made sense to me, you know, to, to explain its use, it seems like there's a good good use throughout the um, project for it. But if, if your intention really is to clear that additional building, um, you know, just just be clear clear about that, so we can also have the full concept uh, in mind when we um, move forward. Um, appreciate you taking that comment on the gravel, and I think the landscaping is also coming into play. Um, I think if I understood correctly, option D is is taking out 650 square feet. Is that correct? Um, I think that yeah. was from Cecilia, but I think you have percentages. But am I clear? Let me word it this way. Option D is the greatest reduction. Is that a fair, correct? So to be clear, each, yeah. each option actually provides the same overall interior square footage. Um, okay. Option D, options B, C, and D take essentially 500 square feet from level two and put it on to level one. Okay. Um, and what we are really pushing and pulling instead was kind of how this mass feels and appears in these options. Mm -hmm. um, so option D ends up with having the least perimeter of level two, if that makes sense. The mm -hmm. What we feel like is the eventual like feeling of that massiveness of level two. Yeah, okay. I think I, I understand that. Um, but yeah, I won't belabor it. I also know it's, it's late and I wanna let my other colleagues give some more feedback, but I would of all the options presented, I am most in favor of option D at this time. Thank okay, you. Thank, um, thank you. Fair Luxembourg. Thank, thank you. Thank Your you fellow is about to just like slips off my tongue, yeah. Chair. <laughs> uh, I, I did it too twice tonight, so uh, mm -hmm. I understand fully. Uh, Commissioner uh, Feller. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, uh, Matt, you know, thank, thank you and the team for um, going back uh, and and developing some some additional ideas here. Um, and and I think there are a lot of intriguing pieces and parts to different ones here. And I don't 
I don't want to get into the eeny, meeny, miny, mo. you have to choose one, because I, I think maybe what, it, it might not be any single one of these, it could be a combination. Um, the, the original feedback that, that we gave you, um, it, you know, I'm not sure that that was really fully taken, taken to heart, because I, I actually still think there's, there's a lot of mass here. However, there are a couple principled things that I would that I would want to see or or have explained a little bit better. The first is if if I'm if if I'm an artist and I'm coming to my studio here, where where do I enter? I'm assuming it's through like the parking lot area up those stairs. But if I'm a visitor and I'm coming to an open studio here, where's the front door? It's very unclear. And, and of course, you've got this interesting sort of challenging site in some ways. In some ways, it's actually a really cool site, but that's very, very long. But I think basic things like that, just to, you know, how approachable is, is this building or any building? And that, that's always a really important consideration, particularly, I will say, and, and this is my own opinion, in the Marinship where... You know, you unless you really know where you're going or where somebody is, it, it, it's not what I'd call a pedestrian-friendly area yet. Or parts of it are, but parts of it aren't. You're creating a very pedestrian-friendly area, and I applaud that. But um, it's it's a little unclear how to navigate where to go, I think, based on renderings here. I like the idea of option C from the standpoint of the windows. I, I'm not a huge, I, I'm not really in favor of this Mershabia over, you know, these, the, the windows. Um, it, it, it makes the building look far too massive, far too top heavy. And I know that this sounds like a small little nitpicky thing, but it actually really isn't. Um, you know, birds tend to nest in those types of uh, metal Mershabia coverings. And you're right on the water. We have nothing but birds. So you need to think about that. Um, and I know that sounds like a small little thing, but you will end up having a gigantic bird's nest in this thing if you're not careful. So I'd like to understand a little more about that. Um, in option D, you have a really interesting large studio at the at the corner by the driveway into in in onto this property um which which i think could be a really really exciting space uh but the one thing about about artists that we have to design for them for is they have a lot of materials and it's messy usually um and it, it's everywhere and so what is that first impression of that main corner entry off that intersection if that's going to be, you know, a gigantic, you know, glass house? Um, and, and, and do artists want, you know, want a little bit more privacy so they can work on something until they perfect it and have a large unveiling? I, I don't know. I am not an artist. Um, but I know artists and some, some like that, some don't. So I, I you know, who knows? But um, overall, I, 
I see where you're developing different ideas, but on the same concept. And I think what we had asked for were different types of concepts. Um, and I think that, you, again, you've got some really interesting things here, but I'm, I'm not sure we're, we're quite there yet. So um, I'll let my other commissioner colleagues talk a little more too. Thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, I'll start with the good things. The good things, I, I think the pedestrian access, uh, that building goes away is a good thing. I think the first floor, the wood on the first floor is a good thing. Uh, I agree with, I mean, the other commissioners were dancing around with, and I'll be more blunt. We expected other, other options, not variations of the same option. These are all options of the same basic concept. Uh, contrary to we, the you indicated that this ties in with the scale of the neighborhood. It does not stand, tie in with the scale of the neighborhood. It is extremely massive, and so I I I think option C and D are are improvements in the correct direction. Uh, I definitely think you should get the the metal off the windows so you can see windows. Uh, I think the boxes are just way too big. This is a wonderful concept. This whole artist idea is a wonderful concept. And I understand you need these high ceilings. And so you need this height to, in order to accomplish the use. But taking the height and putting corrugated metal around it makes it extremely bulky and massive. I mean, everybody's dancing around that, but that's where my head is at right now. And I think if you break up that mass, you can still have your height and it just won't look as high as it does. I think the option C windows help, the, the front part in option D helps. Um, but I mean, uh, uh, the, the corrugated is used in the other buildings, but it's not this high and it doesn't cover the windows. So you, you had a couple examples of corrugated on gate five road, but they don't, they don't, they don't jump out at you as this huge box on top. I think the pedestrian level works pretty well. Um, uh, I think that, um, you know, the, uh, I mean, I, I just, I think some use of other materials or something to break up this huge amount of corrugated metal. And again, I can't stress enough. I love the idea of these artist studios and I think the architecture I hate to be blunt, is getting in the way of, of, the, of what, what the use needs to be. So I think it's more about the artist studios and less about you know, the architecture and you need, to give the, you need to give better light inside by you know, not covering up the windows and stuff. So anyways, I think uh, I agree with um, uh, uh, the other, I agree, agree with Commissioner Saad on the the walk, you know, the pedestrian through. I agree with uh, Commissioner Graff on the on the front part of option D. I agree with I think it's Commissioner Feller on taking the, the corrugated off the windows in option C. Anyways, um, uh, the question is next steps. I mean, uh, we had hoped you were going to come up with, you know, well, what we expected here was sketches, not hardlined, whatever. We expected different options with different materials, not the same materials, just sort of moving it all around. So I'm, I'm not sure where we go from here, 
but we need to we need to get the scale of this thing down, even if we keep the square footage the same way it is. Um, Bob, let me go back to the other commissioners if they have any other thoughts. Commissioner Graff, Commissioner Feller, Commissioner Saad. Uh, not that, I mean, I already mentioned the piece about HPC knowing full well that's on Clipper property, but I mean, I think it's a really, what, what you described, Matt, with that view corridor, I think is really fascinating. And, and you know, I, I, I think uh, like to know more about it and, and see what you're seeing through that. I think that's great. Um, you know, I, I would also want to ask if, you, if you fully understand sort of the, the direction and comments that, that you're hearing from the four of us tonight, and if you have questions about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first of all, I, I really appreciate all the feedback. I know it's super late and we're throwing, you know, 50 slides at you at, at four different options. Um, and I think it's all really valid feedback. Um, I think we, we understand the points and I think, you know, we're trying to play with the volume and push and pull to reduce that mass while still providing, you know, the building and the spaces that our, our client is asking for um, and trying to balance that. Um, but I think that your comments are, are on point and I, I would hope that the next steps would really be that we can take the comments, take the pieces that were successful here um, from the different schemes create you know a hybrid of all those pieces and move towards an actual planning hearing mm -hmm. uh yeah i think if uh, i want to be careful that we you know uh camel is a, uh, is a racehorse designed by committee so i want to be careful that you don't do that but i i would encourage you you know to explore some other materials that that break up the mass because you you know, this is this core carry. This is basically the kind of the original plan hasn't really changed in in materials. Materials are the same, so uh, I'm not sure that these. The, I'm not sure that the corrugated metal doesn't make the mass bigger. And so, if you want to, you know, uh, and again, the artist studios, the size of the walls, the whole that is, I think is is needed by your by your use and can work. But you're you haven't you know you're you're breaking it up a little bit in D and C, but you're again you, the 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 driving the driving force that makes this so bulky is that corrugated metal, and I, I'm not saying it's not an appropriate use for Gate Five Road. It is, but the way you're using it makes it ma makes the mass worse, not better. Is it, if I can describe it that way. Could we look at, at, at the uh, slide that, that looks at the building from the south end of Gate 5 Road again? Could we pull that slide up? Yeah, let me reshare here. And unfortunately, I don't have it set up um, the way Cecilia did with all four options. Um, but I could flip through options. Um, this is option D. Yeah, so yeah, that's, the... Yeah, that's the one that I wanted to look at. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because that's that's kind of like one of the main views you get as you approach the building, and and uh, and I'm noticing that that you've got a stripe on the end. Is that is that the perforated material? Is that what the idea there is? That is yes. Uh huh. 
but that doesn't appear anywhere else except maybe in the corner. Um, I, I'm just thinking mm -hmm. that that um, that that's a kind of clever way to uh, to mitigate the mass um, without taking it without destroying it, but with just giving it some relief. So anyway, so in this in this perspective here, um, um, what I guess I, one of the things I'm reacting to is is that overhang. If that were a little shorter, uh, without you know maybe you'd have to squish something around inside to take a little bit away there. Maybe that's picking nits, but um, but I think the view uh, from this viewpoint is is um, you know really moving in the right way because it it doesn't appear all as one giant mass. So I think I think whatever you could do to to um, lighten the load on that upper form, I've never quite understood why you had to clad that whole upper level and uh, or put a curtain around it. Uh, and I was just sort of wondering what would happen if that went away and you um, just had, you know, your walls and your windows and your roof is, or I'm not sure anymore if this is a wall or if it's a, if it's a facade and, and, uh, Anyway, I, I, I'm just kind of winging it here, um, but um, anyway. Uh, the, 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 go back a slide you just showed a second ago when you were getting to this one, and it had the other side and had a big window. Yeah, so yeah. you see the big window, you know, how that's all, you know, that really breaks up that corrugated, that the window that's in the top in the middle, uh, on the top of the middle uh, picture. And yeah, that one. And in the, if you go back to the slide that we were just at, um, if if you could do that a little bit on this on this end, instead of that corrugated, if you did, you open this window up, then, then the corrugated isn't gonna seem as heavy. Um, and then if you can do it on the other, the you know uh, both on the end, but also in the middle, if there are windows down there a little bit, and that'll tie in with this 16 foot area windows, and then the the the, the top part looks like it's just on top of the other part, and is and it's like crushing it, and it, and it just seems too massive. And so, if you could break it up and tie the two floors together, I think the ground floor looks pretty good. So. Well, I, I think that the top rendering here, I mean, one of the things I think we struggled with before, and I think we are all in different ways struggle, struggling with here, is that this top floor and the lighter color in your rendering, it's so monolithic. And and it, it looks so solid. And so it's heavy, it's brutalistic, it's, you know, it, it's, it's an, it, it is not... I don't know if it's the rendering or 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 if it's accurate with what you're trying to convey, but I, I think that's the problem. So I think what uh, Chair Luxembourg's talking about is is actually the Varda landing side is more pleasing to the eye than than your the your gate five frontage. 
Um, and I'm assuming that in any of these options, there's no impact or effect on parking and parking count. Like the different overhangs or jutting out does not affect the parking. That's that's correct. The parking is the same in each scheme okay. and is affected. Okay. But I mean, even if you go up to your aerial photos the, or the aerial renderings, I mean, look look at the bottom one. It is so monolithic, and the the, the, the it's so top heavy compared to the base of it. And I know that we're not all flying up in the air, you know, looking at it like this. But it 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 it's a useful perspective um, to demonstrate what we also see from your ground view. It's it's incredibly monolithic. Um, um, Commissioner Feller's comment, I think, is well taken. Um, and looking at this uh, kind of bird's eye, where where the pass through is, where um, it it almost looks like a separation of those two volumes uh, in between, you know, like that that darkened area. I'm not quite sure what, yeah, that, I'm not quite sure what that means. Uh, it, it suggests a separation of those two volumes, which probably is a good thing. Um, so I'm a little unclear about how that works, but um, um, if that's a true space between those volumes, or if there's a niche or something there that really offsets then then you um yeah right <clears throat> then that would that would do a lot to to mitigate that volume and also i think you you know maybe some kind of nice uh, you know clever uh horizontal row of windows along the sides there which would be welcome in the studios i would think might really help break that up and 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 also give it um, some rhythm or something. So I, I think there's a way to interject windows along the surfaces there that that would um, uh, go a long way to sort of lighten them up. Um, corrugated, um, well, you know, <laughs> what's what's an option? I don't see, I think that's a pretty good option actually. Um, but I'm interested, I, I'm intrigued by the, um, uh, the perforated material uh, as well. That's, that's kind of an interesting, it gives another uh, richness to the surface. Uh, so it's, I don't see any of that happening here except maybe at the end. Anyway, um, I, I think there are some opportunities to uh, fuss with this and, and um, you know, take, take the onus off of the weight of that upper level. It, it's still, still kind of heavy, but, um, uh, but I get it. Thank you, okay. Commissioner Graff. Uh, uh, Commissioner Feller's comment about uh, uh, the view from Barta Landing is much more um, pleasing and not as heavy. So uh, you know, so that that is interesting. And then 
I, the, I don't know exactly what's happening between those two masses, but if you need a connection rather than metal or whatever, put glass in, like it, like it'd be a glass connection between the two boxes or whatever. So you could see through to the, you can see right through the water if you're in a building or you're up on the hill it or somewhat, you look through the buildings. Uh, between them or something rather than having uh, anything blocking that view because I think there you know, I'm assuming there's a connection on the second floor between there so you have to have something but uh, but it could be glass it could be open or whatever it doesn't have to be metal so anyways uh, are there any final comments uh, we've gotten the hours getting late and we still have another agenda item but uh, Commissioner Saad I just wanted to not to throw everything on its head, but just in if just looking at this bottom picture here below, do you see how the surrounding properties have some angling to their roof? So I'm just wondering, and it's not anything to answer now, but if you'd be open to considering some slight angles, and I feel like that might also help make it less massive in its at its face it's it looks like a you know a big block I mean it to me with the corrugated metal especially it it looks like almost like a shipping container which I also I find almost interesting just given its proximity and you know what the intent is um but if you'd be open to potentially softening some of those corners I feel like that might just aesthetically bring it um, in line with its surroundings um, as well as just breaking up that that more top heavy box feeling would be just an opinion. That would be my final comment. Um, yeah, I, I, I just want to, you know, we we I think Chair Luxembourg said it once tonight. I know we've said it in other in another hearing, but the whole idea behind this development being an artist village and co-op is incredible and I can't wait to see it built so bravo in terms of the whole idea behind this development but the fact that you that that the the idea is to develop or build um you know, an artist village, let it feel like a village. That's why I think we're so, we're, our eye is probably drawn more to the top image than the bottom image, is that the the top image is more digestible. Um, it, it, it has intricacies. It's not monolithic or it doesn't look like just a gigantic warehouse or shipping container as Commissioner Saad's reference. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to keep saying the same thing over and over again, but I'm saying it in different ways to make sure that, Matt, you and your team um, appreciate or understand the, the context of our comments or um, what we're really trying to get at. And we don't want to get into designing anything from the dais ever. You're the professional here to do that. Um, but do you um, do you have any questions back to any of us? Um, given given the the time of the night <laughs> that we spent on this, not not necessarily. I think I think your comments are are clear, and um, 
I think I've really appreciated this study session where it's a little more informal and you're able to point to individual items that were successful or areas where we could improve. So I think um, that feedback's been clear and pretty helpful. Commissioners, this is Takashi. I have not said anything and I know it is late, but I would like to just add a couple comments. Commissioner Feller, I really do appreciate your several questions and comments um, because I think part of maybe um, the hurdle for the design team actually is a matter of um, presentation. I think there are certain reasons why we've designed things and some of those things are not maybe the aesthetic choices that some of you commissioners would make, but for instance, the monolithic quality and I wouldn't say heaviness, but the, the tall spaces being on top is in response to this idea of this artist village and trying to create these studios that are maximizing walls for creating art. If you go to, for example, Minnesota Street Projects in the dog patch, those are largely windowless spaces for the display of art that are top lit and they're extremely effective. And I too am not an artist, but I have many artist friends. And those oftentimes, not always, are the kinds of spaces that they want. We have, however, and this is in response to the beautiful view that we also have in Marinship, provided some art spaces, as you point out, on the backside. So that is a, we're creating a variety of spaces, but we're also creating spaces that take advantage of the view. They're doing double duty. And so windows on uh, the street side, the front side would be less effective in that regard. So we were trying to create a variety of art spaces. And we were trying to make the upper volumes, we're trying to maximize, say, the upper volume. That is partially in response to sea level rise. So as Matt pointed out, the ceiling heights on the ground level are more than adequate today. And eventually they will be lower. And we're still, you know, accomplishing worst case scenario, 8-6. Those are perfectly habitable spaces. But what we're trying to do is um, accommodate higher ceilings on the upper floors that would not be um, impacted by sea level rise. And, you know, I think part of the massiveness or the monolithic quality, that was, you know, that, that was intentional, frankly, that we were, um, it was sort of a nod and not a literal nod, but sort of a conceptual nod to both the scale of some of the industrial buildings in the area, the shipbuilding history of the Marin ship, the, the boathouse history of the friendship, not to say that that floating volume was a direct sort of imitation or literal sort of mimicry of any of those, but they were sort of, it was a, a singular, more monolithic um, move that was sort of a, a conceptual nod to that history. And that's also the reason why we chose the corrugated. Um, in my mind, um, it, it's not, I can understand the brutalist comment in terms of like the sheer sort of singular move, but it was not meant at all to be a, a heavy material. And perhaps it, perhaps we're wrong, perhaps it is the quality of the renderings. Um, but I just wanted to add some of those things. And I think the option D, which I, I think it does in, in 
a lot of ways successfully sort of navigate this balance that we had uh, for this desire of a more singular move on the top floor with this desire to create a little bit more interest, create a little bit more nuance, create a little bit more subtlety in response to the scale of some of the other buildings in, in the Marinship. And what we actually like about it, and there was a comment about, you know, whether it's great to have an artist space in a glass box. I think it could be, it's not for every artist, but it could be a great selling point for the Marinship to show that there's great art being made in this facility. So I was going to say one of the, you know, um, silver linings of coming up with this scheme was like discovering that, oh, we could have a great space on the ground space as a beacon with a tall ceiling and create another sort of variation on the variety of, of art spaces that we're creating. And the last, you know, I, I was sort of compelled not to speak, but the, the, the reason why I was really compelled to speak, Commissioner Fowler, was your last comment about the village-like, community-like aspect of the interior of the project. And that, I really appreciated that comment because that is exactly what we're going for. So we wanted to create something. On this side, that was in response to the history. It was a bold move, a strong move. I think it is better now that it is broken down. But we actually like that it is fairly monolithic and fairly blank. And it's a little bit of a mystery. But once you enter the compound, that you discover that there is this vibrant, active village that is not, that is that is in direct contrast, say, to that more blank facade that is happening on the street side. So I don't know if any of those ideas resonate or if any of those reasons make some of our decisions uh, make more sense. I hope they do. But we also very much appreciate all these comments that you all have made this evening. We'll take them all into consideration and uh, hopefully we'll arrive at something that everyone one day will be proud of to have in this community. Thank you, Takashi. I, I, I don't think it's the renderings. I think the monolithic uh, <laughs> choice you made is something we're objecting to. So I strongly encourage you that option D needs further, further refinement and breakup. I think that on the... Um, if, if we're not saying you need windows, we're saying if you need wind, if you have windows, you shouldn't cover them up and make it more monolithic. If you don't have windows, then you can break up the corrugated with another material or a different colored corrugated or something. But I think that your concept of this monolithic thing is what pretty much uh, eight months ago or whatever it was, we objected to it then, we're objecting to it now. And we were looking for you to come up with some other options that aren't as monolithic. So, uh, you know, I think you, uh, you've heard us tonight. So hopefully you're coming back and you're not just going to re repackage option D and think it's okay because it's not. So um, uh, I, I do appreciate very, very much, Takashi, your comments back. And, and thank you for them. Thank you very much for them. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, with with that, uh, any commissioners have any additional comments before we uh, move on to uh, another item? Does Max want to say something, or does uh, uh, Max? Hi, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think uh, the residential side of the at Varda Landing is really pleasing to the eye right now, and everyone who lives in the Brinship doesn't want 
foot traffic. They don't, don't want tourists. They don't want retail. They like light industrial things. That's why they live there, but they live on the eye pleasing side of it. And our building has done an amazing job of um, keep giving artists the privacy uh, that they need, you know, and we have people that are successful artists um, that have following. They don't want to tell people where their studios are. They don't want to, they don't want studios in an artist village that a bunch of people are going to, uh, even if it's gated or something, they're going to try to walk up into. Um, and yeah, I think I think the renders do, because you see the building all at once, do make the second floor feel more massive and more heavy. But that material actually does reflect what it's reflective. So whatever the light conditions are, uh, the color of the sky that day, it's we actually chose the lightest material we could think of without doing something like all glass or uh, some more reflective, like mirror mirrored material. Um, because we're really, really, really conscious of not wanting to design something that looks like an office building, something that looks fancy, something that doesn't look like the marine ship, um, but still accomplishes all the things that we've been talking about over and over again, like sea level rise, uh, making, taking advantage of the inspiring views, um, and yeah, I guess I'm, I'm glad that there are things that you liked about option D. I also could see why that feels a little bit more like Marin. Um, but I also just, I don't know, I live behind the building and feel like I know the friendship and, and that all the artists that are currently there, all the people that live around me and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different potential opinions on what is, it's light industrial and we designed something light industrial and I, that's why you haven't seen the materials change to wood or something like you see in Mill Valley um, or some other fancy material like you see in downtown San Francisco. Um, so yeah, I guess the words I'd like to leave people with is, you know, if you design things with overhangs instead of eaves like buildings have in California since mid-century, um, and you design things with industrial materials that are sea level rise resistant. Like, what is the marine ship? What is the future of marine ship? What is light industrial? Um, and what what kind of space do artists and innovators and makers want to live in? Are all questions that we need to be constantly thinking about. Um, and I, yeah, the more you add windows and glass and uh, office building and expensive materials, also the smaller we make the building, the less affordable it's going to be because we'll have less space to rent to artists who are giving really subsidized rates. So we didn't even talk about affordability today, but um, we're trying to make something robust and sizable that works with our formula of renting to artists and makers and innovators. Um, that's all. Thank you. But the square footage is the same though, right? That's what uh, that's what Matt said, right? I mean, you're, we're, we, you didn't reduce the square footage, right? We did not reduce the square footage, right. but I think a lot of the feedback today was reduce, 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 and... Um, no, I, I don't think we're saying reduce, reduce, reduce. I think we're saying break up the mass of the second floor with materials. We're not saying take away your square footage. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're okay with your square okay. footage and we love your concept. So the, the, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. We don't love the, 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 the monolithic thing of the corrugated metal. If it was okay. different colors or something, we're not even saying add glass. We're saying if you have glass, 
don't put materials over it, which just costs more money. I mean, we're saying let the glass breathe, but if you don't have glass, even if then, it, yeah. I mean, just to be fully transparent, I have, I did see options with more glass windows and it, you know, we had an office building. It looked, started, it quickly starts to look more like an office building. And like I said, I live in the Marine ship and I have, a, I feel like a passion for light. I think light industrial is a really, really um, magical zoning, which is why we bought the land in the first place. Um, and so we're, yeah, just, maybe we have different perspectives on what light industrial means and looks and feels like, but I, I understand we can try and make it feel less monolithic and less massive, uh, or, or, or lighter weight. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to also say that, yeah. Um, yeah. kind of keep, I was just echoing things that Takashi said, but from a person who lives there perspective, and also, yeah, just someone who really, really lives in and loves the marine ship and loves this idea of light industrial. And so then thinking of things like, like making it look like Mo Valley or making it look like downtown San Francisco, I'm just like, I feel like we've spent five years on this plan, during which time our building flooded for the first time, even though we've spent a ton of uh, time and blood and sweat and tears to get it to a point where it didn't flood like it used to. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a little bit at a loss, to be honest, but... And EYRC sounds like they're confident they can make more adjustments. Um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. I, I just suggest you, you had a slide with the heat placed on it and two other buildings. If you were to compare the scale of what you're proposing to that, it, oh, it's not about light industrial. I think it's the, it's the scale, it's the massive scale and the bulk of the building, not the square footage, not the height. Right, but it's we are- the materials. We are looking at the future of the marine ship, which needs to be higher up. If you took the Heath building, if you took the building next to us and put it at the flood-proof levels, it would be the same. Yeah, no, I, again, I, I say this again. We're not looking to cut your square footage or cut your height. We're looking for you to take the materials and in some way reduce the mass looking of it, not the, not the actual size of it. We think it's the, it's too monolithic. You, you may you had a kind of, your architect had a concept to make it monolithic. That's what we're objecting to, not the height, not the not the size, not the square footage. Chair Luxembourg, okay. if, if I could maybe um, make make a, a request of uh, Matt and and Takashi and, and and Max or maybe Cecilia, you can make a note of this. Is the, the material, I, I know you've dropped materials off at, at City Hall, but if you have actual photographs of uh, built buildings that use the same sort of screening marshabia materials that it's actually built, that might help communicate better than the rendering of, of you know, how, you know, what, what the frit is on, on the, the perforations I don't, it, it would probably help um, explain how you're using those materials um, because how we're looking at them in a rendering, may, maybe that is part of the problem, but I just think it, it might be useful if, if you've seen it somewhere else, which is where you're getting the idea or there's some application from the manufacturer that you're looking at, uh, that we could actually see that, you know, day, daytime shot, nighttime shot, 
um, uh, that might be helpful um, when we see all see each other again. Okay, uh, any final comments before we move on to the next uh, Commissioner Grill? Yeah, um, uh, everything being said, um, I'm gonna trust the designers. I, I think they've listened to us. As far as the monolithic part of it goes, I think there's a danger of trying to deconstruct it too much. I think there's gonna be a fine line to where um, the form of the building might get lost and, and then you know and then you get a salad. So we don't want that to happen. Um, it's just maybe it's some finessing somewhere that's that's gonna take the edge off of the the uh, monolithic. Uh, I was wondering what what was the finish? I, I looked at the corrugated uh, not yeah at the corrugated material sample and it looked like a paint finish or a, or a, a powder coat finish or something. What is your is is that the color you're looking at that kind of putty color, uh, or what about uh, like um, galvanized or zinc or something like that that uh, you know kind of has will get a patina. Just a thought. No more to say. You you guys are doing great. All right, with, with that, hopefully you've got some guidance. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, I would suggest you maybe you bring in a preliminary to the CDD department who knows what we're looking at or has some idea what we're looking for uh, before you hardline it and all that so that you're not, we're not sitting here in a public hearing going over this yet again. So uh, uh, why don't you, uh, you know, uh, touch base with CDD before you, you, you know, when, once you take all these comments in and they'll tell you, hopefully they can tell you if you're heading in the right direction. So uh, with that, uh, if we have no further comments, let's move on to, I think it's uh, item eight. Maybe. Uh, Thank, item you, eight. Thank, Thank you, commissioners. Thank you. 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 Uh, Thank item eight. Uh, Brandon, do you have any staff updates at this late hour? No, I'm going to keep it brief. Uh, council meeting earlier this week, I presented an update on parklets. Next step is to follow up with the working group, and that is what I will do. Jeffrey, we've already had an opportunity to connect, and Christina, um, I think I mentioned that in our discussion earlier today. That'll do it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Sergio, do you have any uh, comments from legal? I don't think he's here. He's not here. Okay. Well, he doesn't have any comments then. Uh, we have our various groups. Uh, 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 the odds was before the council yesterday. Do you have a, a uh, director Phipps, you have any update on odds on timeline or whatever? Thank you, Chair. Again, I'll keep it brief. Update on odds is that Bob Brown is working on it. And we are going to bring a revised version of the odds to the planning commission, um, I believe, at the earliest sometime in February. Okay, thank yeah. you for that. Um, Hold on, there's there's more. Um, uh, yeah. the, the city council has also requested 
that we develop further more detailed odds for SB9 or single family uh, to include. So that will be a, a separate parallel effort. Okay, yeah, that, that, uh, that was mentioned earlier in the housing element presentation, I believe. Um, okay, so that we're, we're talking about February for odds, uh, California housing legislation. Hopefully they haven't created any new laws given that everybody's trying to finish the housing elements. Uh, uh, standard conditions, we're gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna do that sometime in March. Uh, Ferry Landside Working Group, uh, is that Commissioner Feller? Yeah, so we've requested uh, that Director McGowan bring um, a, the, the revised plan uh, back to the Planning Commission uh, for Planning Commission review and approval. Um, we've encouraged him to uh, um, encourage his team to stay within the scope and not have a lot of scope creep. I think there's been a lot of scope creep in uh, what he's been trying to get done. Um, and uh, we gave him some options for circulation that would uh, achieve everything. So at this point, I would just ask perhaps uh, Director Phipps send him a reminder um, to to bring that back to the Planning Commission. Uh Director Feller, uh, if I may, just briefly, um, Director McGowan and I are very much in touch on that um, presentation. Should be pretty much ready to go from the perspective of DPW, so we should bring that to a planning commission agenda in short order. Um, looking at the calendar, you know, we could uh, come before commissioners as early as the meeting on eighth. Yeah, I was going to say if there, because there's not, you know, you were trying to do 70 74. So it, on that one by itself. So yeah, that might be a good meeting. That yeah, meeting. I, I agree. It would be a good compliment. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, he agreed that we already talked to at length tonight. Barclays, we've already talked about master plan working group. Uh, Commissioner Feller, Commissioner Saad. Well, we, we haven't actually met yet, have we, Commissioner Saad? <laughs> We are waiting to meet. We're waiting to meet. We, I mean, I, we've gotten a little bit of obfuscation from the city manager on this, but we're going to go ahead and meet and, and hopefully director Phipps, you can, you can meet with us when we do that. The purpose of, of the meeting is to actually scope what a master plan scope would be for professional services and, and, and try to get some metrics in place uh, for budgeting for that. So uh, I think once um, we have our housing plan completed, let's let's put a date on the calendar for for us to meet. Yeah, I think it would be good to get a uh, if we get, if you get a scope, then we can get an estimate, and then we can be help. Yeah, because they're just going to say, well, what does this cost? So I think it, the scope is critical. So. Uh, all right, so uh, that will we'll, we'll put that on the agenda uh, for not put that on agenda. We'll, we'll plan for that to uh, be happening probably more February, March, and then we can. When, when is the commissioner fellow? Do you know in the budget? Um, when do they establish their budgets? Because that would have to be need funding. I think they have a retreat next month. Um, it, it, yeah, I see Director Phipps shaking his head. They have a retreat and budget is is on there. I think we would be able to develop a reasonable range 
and um, I'm sure we can pull some sample scopes of you know what what that buys you in essence. So um, I, I need to double check when that retreat is, but um, so I can report back at our next meeting. Yeah, that would be great, and we could yeah we can target it so that uh, we have a we have a, an estimate with an outline of the scope, if not the actual scope before they start to make budget decisions. But uh, it's probably gonna be a tight year on money, but uh, we might be able to you know, get this going or at least get get it in process or get an RFQ out or something like that, so. Commissioners, the council retreat is scheduled for February 10th. So we have one meeting before then, don't we? Mm, no. We don't Next need a planning commission meeting to, for the working group to put a budget, you know, a budget request together. I mean, that should come through staff anyway. Yeah, no, we don't need, a, right, meeting. We don't need a meeting for that. We just need a, Is that right, need a meeting. So. Uh, I would have to speak with city manager Zapata as to how he would like the mid-year budget and the special council retreat um, to be coordinated um, as far as my ability and willingness to attend a meeting um, with members of the working group, very much um, enthusiastic. Okay, thank you for that. That sounds good. Uh, are there any other items anybody has? And uh, we're finishing before midnight. <laughs> Three minutes. <laughs> Which actually, not <laughs> too bad given what we had to cover tonight. So uh, we, thank um, you. I did tell uh, Director Phipps earlier today that he was saying, well, what time will this go to? I said, well, we did have one meeting that went to two in the morning. So hopefully it won't be that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all for your your efforts, uh, Commissioner Feller and Commissioner Saad, especially on the on the housing element. And uh, again, this has been a long night, but I think uh, we got it done as best we can. Well, we'll see all of you again on Monday night, uh, Monday afternoon. Actually, it's like three thirty. This meeting's at three o'clock. Three o'clock. Three o'clock now. Yeah. Okay, three o'clock on Monday. So motion to adjourn. Uh, yeah, thank you. second. <laughs> uh, all in favor. Bye. Bye. Thank you all. Have a good rest Bye, of the day. Bye, guys. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye.